This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allows members to request future stories and themes. Thank you for listening. This podcast contains mature content and is intended for an adult audience only. It contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of all stories is fiction with any similarities to real people or events being purely coincidental. This podcast is not intended for anything but entertainment of the listener, and if you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. Endangered Part 6 by LTPC Chapter 07 Between fight and flight, Chris was indeed in flight. Well, free fall anyway. He plunged downward through gray nothingness, nebulous swirls of thicker shadow occasionally illuminated in passing by his purple aura. Anger, fear, and frustration had taken him into the ether whilst the fierce internal debate raged between his dragon instincts and his human fears. Michelle's words were simply the trigger, the proverbial straw on top of his ever-growing burden of responsibility. Responsibility to protect and provide whilst his once simple goals in life were thrown to the wind and he found himself inexplicably involved in world-changing events. In short, Chris was afraid. He wanted nothing more than to retreat from it all, to take his brood someplace safe and ride this out, even if that was the cowardly, ignorant thing to do. His dragon had different ideas. Strength was the key to staying alive, to protecting his loved ones. Burying one's head in the sand would only work if everyone left them alone. To truly make sure that he and his beloved brood were truly safe, they must embrace their rightful power together. Too long had dragonkind been hunted. Too long had greed and short-sightedness dominated both human and being society. Something needed to be done, they needed to help. What sort of world did he want his children to inherit? They needed to grow stronger, and Chris needed to embrace his non-human heritage rather than babble his toe in every now and then. Objectively, Chris knew his dragon was right but it still scared him. It took only a few more moments of slightly gentler coaxing and encouragement, the dragon promising guidance and friendship, a sharing of his burden. Chris ceded control, fully this time, trusting the dragon. He merged back into the norm. An ominous crackle of purple energy heralded his sudden arrival, tendrils of raw magic leaping between thin air molecules and a raucous flash. A chill shiver racing up his spine was the first sensation he noticed. It was bracing but also exhilarating, it felt right. With detached curiosity, his eyes opened. He was high, high above an enormous range of snow-covered mountains, with the ocean to his left. Something buffeted him lightly as he fell, gaining speed now outside of the ether. The air was so thin it only whispered around him. It didn't really bother Chris though, he was in the back seat and his dragon had firm control of the wheel. Trust, if they were to be one, they must trust each other. Clear membranes slid into position across his eyes, protecting him from the thickening atmosphere as they dove earthward. It was night but from this high up, he could see a golden glow on the western horizon. The curve of the world stretched away to either side but was becoming flatter as he plummeted, his wings swept back like a falcon, striving for swiftness. Magic began to well up from within, the dragon burning it like a volatile fuel, sacrificing it to produce speed. He shared in the dragon's delight, their first real flight together. Now he was going too fast, way faster than terminal velocity. Instead of being cool, the air fought them, becoming warm and thick behaving more like a syrup as they battered their way groundward. At this speed it seemed like he'd hit the ground in a matter of seconds. Something swept up at him from the ground like an angry hornet. It raced directly towards him, leaving a barely visible hazy trail in its wake. At the last moment, the dragon contemptuously rolled to the right, narrowly avoiding the fast but less maneuverable object which swept past with a snarl. Chris thought the whole thing very unusual in a removed sort of way but gave it no more thought as the approaching landmarks registered in his memory. The Alaskan Peninsula stretching out into the ocean to his left. Below him, a long lake surrounded by great snowy peaks spread out, his enhanced vision let him see every detail even as he approached with unnerving speed. He began to worry as he dropped level to the tops of the mountains, 
the rich conifer forest taking over from snow and scree on the great slopes. If he ditched into the lake at this velocity, it would all be over in a flash. His dragon had other plans and his wings gradually extended. Little by little, his headlong dive turned into a glide. Wing membranes shuddered, his muscles burned under the tremendous load as speed shed and he flattened out. His whole body strained and his back burned from the effort. For several moments, all he could hear was the angry howl of the air he so rudely disturbed, reverberating harshly down the great valley. With mere moments before impact, they leveled off, bodies shaking in relief. It felt joyous though. The pleasure of flight was a pure, instinctual draw and the dragon made sure that his first real experience would not be forgotten. A bellowing roar issued unbidden from his throat as he finally soared above the still, dark water. It felt too loud to have come from him, but somehow triumphant, defiant. Lo he swooped, almost caressing the water. In fact, an extended splash and an unfamiliar, cold sensation shooting right up from the base of his spine caused him to sweep his neck around in surprise. There, slicing the water and creating a small wake behind him, was a tail. Things got weird pretty quickly after that dot he had it all wrong. His neck wasn't flexible enough to look down and back like that. His wings seemed much too big stretched out to either side. He balked, suddenly feeling dizzy, faintly nauseous. His mind questioned for familiar responses but in a body so foreign, many did not connect correctly. This body felt deeply alien, and it was a very unsettling feeling. I in an attempt to calm his discomfort, the dragon relinquished some of his control, sharing the reins with the confused young man. It would be a lengthy process for Chris to adjust. Unfortunately, Chris was not at all prepared for even the slightest role in managing flight. The strange sensations from novel nerve connections intensified, overloading his already struggling brain. His vision darkened, flight faltering, mind retreating. It was his human consciousness that needed to adjust. Indeed, in this form, even his brain was structurally very different. Thankfully, the dragon was there to catch him. They weren't far from the lake's edge now so the mighty creature flared his great wings with two stalling flaps before plummeting into the black, frigid lake. Back in Denver, everyone was still at the table. They were processing the harsh words and Chris' sudden departure but it seemed no one wanted to speak first. Michelle's phone practically blew up, startling everyone and breaking the silent stalemate. She mumbled a curse and picked it up off the table, looking at the caller ID. She grimaced. She really didn't want to answer right now but this was her high-priority ringtone. Hello? Michelle's mood did not improve as she listened to Robert Falconer splutter apoplectically for a few moments before gasping and standing from the table. He proceeded to recount that somehow, a purple, fully-fledged, 45-foot dragon had narrowly avoided being shot down over Alaska. She tried to explain the argument between herself and Chris. That he felt cornered into this involvement in the revelation and unready to face the dangers and responsibilities. Heated words had been exchanged and he had dramatically disappeared. However, there was a disconnection between said argument, the deployment of a three-and-a-half-million-dollar surface-to-air missile, and the satellite images President Falconer was looking at of a very large reptile resting on the shores of Chakachamna Lake. To cut a long story short, Chris had a lot of explaining to do. Chris yawned lazily as he awoke. A burst of wonderful sense blossomed into his mind as he closed his mouth. Everything was so intense and recognizable, from the smell of nearby vegetation to a whiff of the delicious, edible deer that had drunk at the lakeside hours ago. MMHH, deer. He felt like he could gulp down at least two, maybe two and a half if he was greedy. The waters of the lake lapped his lower half gently. Caressing him with a cool touch dot he didn't want to get up but he knew it was time, the sun must almost be rising. He was just so sleepy though. Besides, lying there in what should be a freezing cold lake, fantasizing of chasing deer just seemed so comfortable and lazy. Wait, what? Chris snapped out of his dragon-induced stupor with a startled snort, his head rearing up to assess his surroundings like a submarine's periscope. What the fuck? He shouted internally, half panic, half amazement dot I thought we agreed. His dragon answered sleepily. We needed to be stronger dot as he carefully inspected his new, sleek, reptilian body he couldn't help chuckling, a deep breathy rumble emanating from way down in his throat. I didn't imagine it would feel like this. He spoke. He knew the words came from his own mouth but they couldn't be reconciled against the rumbling sibilant voice he heard. Before he could debate any further with his other half, he felt a warning tingle on the back of his neck. Instinctively, he knew someone or something was approaching. Reactively, he leapt from the water he'd been using as a bed with a snarl, 
presenting his side towards the trees where he felt the danger approaching. Hawk-like vision swept the undergrowth for the threat. His foreleg raked the earth and stones on the shore in warning as his lithe purple tail swished and arced. Internally, he marveled how the dragon controlled this body. So long as he just relaxed and let it the dragon have control, it was seamless. He felt so effortlessly powerful. The great, bone-white spines his tails and slashed dangerous in the air. Both ends of the dragon were ready for a fight, his wide mount, snake-like head held low and ready to strike. This was a natural defensive stance, presenting a large, imposing figure whilst having his two weapons ready to bear against anything foolish enough to engage him. His musing was cut short when the growing presence abruptly popped into existence in front of him, flapping her little blue wings tiredly as her dark blue hair trailed behind. Alaska! Why did you have to run so far, master? I've been flying all night. Imianth began to complain before she realized she was talking to a giant dragon. Oh! She squeaked, halting her advance to hover for a moment before hesitantly inching forwards with clear awe on her beautiful little features. Master, I... Oh! You've... Yes! Chris laughed in a deep rumble as his posture instantly relaxed. Yes, I have. Come here, little sprite. Imi let out a delighted squeal and fluttered forward to his outstretched paw. Chris curved his long, serpentine neck to look down at his diminutive companion and was thankful to notice that he still had all his digits in this form. He could even manipulate them like a hand, albeit a rather large, clawed, and exquisitely scaled hand. A as she landed, Imianth couldn't help but swoon as the great serpent swept his head down to her, a look of concern somehow visible in his gold and purple eyes. He sniffed her carefully through his silted nostrils before flicking his great forked tongue out in her direction, waving it back and forth in front of her and just barely feathering her with its tips. She giggled and batted them away playfully. Satisfied that his sprite was okay, he swept her up with both paws and sat back, upright, using his tail as a handy support. He let out a great sigh, accompanied by a startling puff of smoke as he looked out across the lake with her. Master? Go ahead, Emmy. Are you okay? I mean, it couldn't have been easy to hear what Michelle said, even if she was right. You know that, Master. You must embrace this so-called revelation and do whatever it takes to see it through or it will surely fail. All beings must. I realize that, Emmy. It's not as if I didn't know it before I just don't want to put any of you in danger. You have to understand, I may be a dragon now but a few weeks ago I was just an average human. I was sure that if they forced this role upon my, I wouldn't be able to protect you and someone I love would be hurt. I was terrified of my inexperience. Still am, I guess. What about now, master? Your transformation is. The sprite trailed off. She looked up at his new body as it towered above her. If she thought he was big compared to her before, now he was positively monstrous. This is a good start. Chris looked down at her with a smile, which translated into the exposure of a wide row of terrifying razor-like teeth. A start. Emmy spluttered once she got over the frightening thought of him devouring her like a tasty crumb. You do not understand because you have no point of reference. Your power is immense and quite frankly frightening. I followed you here through the ether like I was being drawn to a raging bonfire. As I got closer and closer it got so intense I had to close my eyes and follow my other senses. I was stopped and nearly eaten twice along the way until I explained that I belonged to you. It's not a lack of raw magic I'm worried about, Emmy. In truth, I feel an almost primal energy raging inside me. It's the things I cannot control which scares me the most. How can I protect my own when I've only just opened my eyes to this world, when I have so much to learn? There are so many things to worry about, from a zealot with a gun, to this rotic character, or just a pissed-off being. I've barely learned to stand up and I'm being told to sprint. Imi considered his words, running a tiny hand softly across the scales of his own before she replied. All of what you've said is true. Yes, you have a lot to learn, but you will be astonished what you can accomplish if you let your instinct guide you. I and others will help. Simply ignoring these threats is placing all our lives in the hands of fate. It could end up being far more dangerous than facing them head-on. Besides, you are a dragon, a hoarder and greedy protector. You will not easily let anything that belongs to you come to harm. Her words struck a chord and he hummed a noise of approval deep in his chest, making the tiny woman shiver in delight. I suppose that includes you? He looked down fondly at this little creature who influenced his life so greatly already. He caressed her naked form delicately with the back of a claw. Yes, master, I strive to be one of your most precious belongings. 
Amy whispered breathlessly as the great beast manhandled her with his terrifying talon. Yet he was so tender that she was quickly aroused. HHMMM. The dragon mused teasingly. You have some value, little one, but I would always consider replacement. Perhaps a fairy? No. Never. Filthy creatures. Amy shrieked indignantly, fluttering quickly up to his head to pound upon his snout with tiny fists. All troubles of their previous conversation were momentarily forgotten as mock battle ensued between the two unlikely opponents. Okay, okay, I relent. No fairies. The dragon surrendered in pretend fear as the blue streak zipped angrily around his head, coming to a breast-heaving hover at his words of capitulation. Besides, what dragon in his right mind would want fairy when there's sprite on the menu? Exactly. She agreed, smiling from ear to ear as she fluttered back down to her perch in his hands once again. And don't be shy about getting a refresher on just how good I taste. Mmm, a delightful thought but highly impractical in my current form. I don't know. She replied impishly. I could always ride your tongue all the way back to Denver. Chris had to laugh at that image. Creatively greedy and mood-lifting as always, thank you, Emmy. You never seem to disappoint. You're welcome, master. I do try my best. Chris looked to the horizon. The sky was getting rapidly brighter. Speaking of Denver, I suppose we should head back soon. I don't want to worry the others. It may be a little too late to avoid that, Chris. However, once they see your magnificent new form I am sure all will be forgotten. In fact, I am almost certain that hot, steamy, dragon sex will ensue. Emmy chirped. Well, that's about the best possible outcome, I guess. However, I can think of several others which involve me being beaten within an inch of my life. Chris said quite sheepishly for a giant dragon. So before we go, let's get some breakfast. Yummy. Yes, please, I'm starving after flying all the way here. She chirped enthusiastically. You're always starving. He replied humorously. But it's somewhat endearing. He was about to start drawing magic in the usual way he fed Emmy, but he felt an instinctual tug from his dragon and decided to follow it. Placing Emmy gently on the ground beside him, he raised his reptilian arms in front of him and felt a tingling sensation in his fingertips. Little tendrils of purple energy sprouted forth, traveling a short distance before coalescing into a pulsing, black orb about the size of a soccer ball. This was all well and good Chris supposed but he didn't understand what it meant. He was acting under the dragon's prompt he glanced down at the sprite briefly who was watching in open-mouthed shock at the frivolous display of magic. Following the feeling further, he aligned his head with the orb, opened his wide jaw partially and watched in amazement as what could only be described as two beams shot instantly forward into the dark orb. They were bright purple, almost pink. An intense heat was building in his mouth where they originated, one on each side of his tongue from tubes he was suddenly aware of for the first time. They lead back to some sort of special glands towards the back of his jaw which he could feel pulsing. This certainly wasn't how dragons breath fire in the books Chris had read growing up. Thankfully, the beams extinguished after a few seconds and he closed his mouth experimentally. He willed the orb closer, until it hovered just above his paws. To his astonishment it was emanating an intense cold, and he got the feeling it would be a bad idea to touch the substance directly. However, he found himself releasing his hold on whatever spell had created the dark orb and it faded away. A smaller core of grayish-purple was revealed in the dawn light. Solid and highly volatile, faintly pulsing energy. Imianth was spluttering as he turned and placed it gently in front of her. The sphere would easily have reached halfway up her foot-long body, had she stood next to it. It also clearly outweighed her several times over. The sprite understood what it felt like to be a dung beetle, for she wanted to roll this far oversized meal away and hide it until she was ready to birth a healthy clutch of spritelings and have it ready for them to devour. Putting these thoughts aside, she turned back to the dragon and looked at him skeptically. To think you are concerned about protecting your brood when you show off with magic like that. I'm thankful, master, but this is far more than even I can eat and you just used defensive magic of the highest tier to convert plasma into solid energy. Chris took a moment to decipher her almost scolding tone. Ha, huh, plasma beams. Well, does it make it any less impressive if I tell you that I didn't know what I was doing? He asked in his deep dragon voice. No. She shrieked. Because think about what you could do if you didn't know what you were doing. I see your point. Chris nodded his big snake-like head. Okay, well, enjoy. I'm going to catch a fish. With that, the dragon got down on all fours and slunk gracefully into the lake, leaving the sprite to dig and greedily on the shore.
A few bubbles marked his passage beneath the calm water until he swam out further and deeper in search of prey. By the time he returned with the tails of two juicy fish hanging out the side of his jaw, Imi was absolutely stuffed. She couldn't take one more bite of the delicious orb in front of her. She tried and discovered that she did in fact have a gag reflex, something she assumed was impossible for her species. Now it hurt her to even breathe as she slumped forward, resting against her meal in defeat. The worst part was that she'd hardly made a dent. It was so rich and heady, filling her right up to the point of bursting and then stretching her so deliciously further. Her normally svelte tummy bulged as if she was in late pregnancy. She was defeated, and she was one very, very spoiled sprite. Still, it wasn't as debaucherously satisfying as the time he'd almost drowned her in his spunk. What's the matter? The dragon leaned down after gulping his slippery aquatic meal whole. Too much for my little piglet. Wink. She panted. You did this on purpose. Maybe. The dragon smiled. I just thought you deserved a reward for coming all this way to find me. Ugh. Well, this is too big, just like you are. She gestured at him half-heartedly. Too big, huh? That's a matter of perspective, little sprite. The dragon looked down indulgently. Semantics. Immy quipped, patting her rounded stomach almost tenderly. Okay, we need to go, Immy. It's getting pretty light now. The sprite started to rise with apparent effort, only to topple over comically and sprawl on the small rounded stones of the shore. Can't. Move. She rolled over to see the great dragon chuckling down at her. Come on, Immy. He laughed with a deep rumble. Just lie on the back of my neck and hold on to the big scales. He knelt and placed his thick neck as close to her as possible. She managed to get up on shaky legs and flutter her wings, but it was hopeless. In the end, she had to climb a small rock and use its added height to claw her way on top of him. Chris couldn't help but laugh the whole time as she whined in overstuffed misery. Once she was safely on board, he raised his neck and turned out across the lake. He tried thinking of a safe place that was large enough for them to arrive back in Denver. Unfortunately, only one came to mind, as well as the painful memories associated with the last time he phased there. We can't leave it behind. Immy suddenly wailed, scuffling as if she was about to flop off him and crawl her way back to the chewed-on ball of energy. I'll make you another, Chris said as he flicked the ball into lake with a talon forelimb. It skipped across the water's surface unnaturally as he focused his mind on a useful purpose for the magic it contained. In the end, he willed its energy to clean and freshen the waters as well as imbue all the organisms calling the beautiful valley home with vitality. It floated away as Immy reached out desperately. I'm sorry, she murmured as if leaving behind a cherished friend. Wilson, Chris finished with a smirk before they vanished, a crackle resounding up the valley. Lillian opened the huge courtroom doors and Annabelle looked up nervously before getting the attention of the rest of the ladies. Thank God we didn't have to wait until court started at eight. Susan said, relieved to begin the process of contacting Chris by magical means as soon as possible. She's going to be angry though. Annabelle whispered, mostly to herself. Nonsense. Petra strode forward confidently, her tall, beautifully full figure echoing the strength of her tone. She is charged with his protection and is no doubt just as eager to find out if he's okay as we are. That doesn't mean she won't be pissed, Mom. Claire pointed out with a smile towards Annabelle. The dragon's brood fell in, following the mature dragoness into the massive chamber. It was much darker inside than during regular hours. That made the opulent stone columns and the atmosphere of subjugation presented by the throne even more intimidating. The great glowing globes above were dimmed, allowing shadows to prosper. As Claire entered the grand room for the first time, she clutched her tummy protectively. She'd heard stories about Rayla Nalakis. It would be safe to assume she's pissed. Lillian smirked at them as they passed the portal and shut the thick doors behind them with a low creak. The vampire was always cheerful when the elf was upset. The dark elf could barely be seen, pacing back and forth on the rich carpet set below the throne. She was only conspicuous against the murky background because of her snowy hair. As they got closer it was revealed that she wore a short silk night robe which completely matched her midnight skin. She must have been roused from her bedchamber to attend the disappearance of her most troublesome subject. You foolish girls! She rounded on them abruptly with rage in her gray eyes. That foolish dragon! Lady Narlakis! Susan began apologetically before she was completely cut off. Shut up! The elf screamed, anger rolling off her in waves, infecting the air. This is inexcusable. 
He cannot simply leave whenever he pleases and cavort around exposing himself to humans. It looked like she might start into a real tirade and everyone in the room except Lillian and Petra seemed to recoil as if waiting for a blow. Even Michelle, who thought she'd grown used to the elf's short temper hadn't seen her like this before. They were spared her further displeasure when the atmosphere in the room changed abruptly. Those with magical senses felt an alarming tickle on the backs of their necks. Moments later, an enormous purple serpent materialized behind the now-frozen ELF.NO1 moved, gazing in awe at the spectacular being before them. In the case of the elf, watching the surprised faces whilst the beast moved almost silently behind her. She didn't have to see the dragon to know he was there. Senses held wide open to detect the arrival of the dragon were now struggling against the magical outwash of his presence. Even to Rayla, an ancient elf, his presence was astonishing. It seemed like she was a comet straying too close to the sun, slowly ablating. She watched her dark aura bend and trail away from him, bowing to his immense radiance. Whilst concerning that the young dragon had grown so, the sensation of basking before him was all too pleasant. It was like the warmth of first light on a chilly morning, caressing the soft skin of her neck. She was awash in magic. The dragon was a chalice overflowing, power bubbling forth and overflowing onto her, into her. An involuntary shiver ran up her spine, the anger she'd experienced moments before vanishing in his presence. Vexingly familiar, even subservient thoughts replaced her rage, stunning her into momentary impotence. Claire dropped to her knees, moisture welling in her eyes as she beheld the truth of her mate for the first time. A king among dragons. This was truly the salvation of their race and pride welled within her to know she carried his wealth. Annabelle, unable to comprehend what the other women were experiencing was still awed by his physical form. The purple dragon could only be Chris. He moved so effortlessly towards her, possessing an alien grace. The beginnings of instinctual fear stirred in the pit of her stomach. Before her was a predator, pure and simple. A sinfully beautiful predator to be sure but a predator nonetheless. The warm, tingling sensation of Bartholomew racing across her skin in excitement steadied her emotions. A glance at her protective tattoo reassured her that she couldn't be safer than in the company of her dragon. Susan stared in wonder, dumbfounded that this was what truly lurked inside her little boy. The sweet child she'd raised as her own all those years couldn't have contained this magnificent creature bottled away. Could he? It didn't seem possible, yet here he was, undeniably a dragon of unprecedented strength and aspect. Michelle studied the faces of the other women, assessing their reactions. She saw a myriad of possibilities etched there. Fear, worship, love, awe. She saw hope. Hope that she had finally found her vehicle to make a difference. The full-bodied vampire simply wet her sinfully red lips and used them as a plush resting place for her snow-white fangs. She took a dangerous step forwards before she stopped herself, clutching a nearby pew like an anchor, battling to prevent her beast from taking control and flinging herself at him. Petra was another matter entirely and lacked the vampire's self-control. For a few seconds she stood rigid, still as a stone while her senses adjusted. It was as if she'd been walking around in the dark her whole life and someone had just switched on a light. Only it wasn't her eyes that were being assaulted, it was her sensitive nose. Power and sex literally oozed off of him. It suffocated her, infected her. This was a male truly worthy of her, there was no doubt. And where there is no doubt, there will be no hesitation. Her dragon surged forward, wrestling control from her so abruptly she didn't even come close to resisting. Never in her 450 years had she felt anything like this as her dragon leapt forwards. They were usually so in sync. Chris saw it happen as if in slow motion, the beautiful blonde springing unnaturally towards him. She shimmered. High in the arc of her great leap, clothes smoldered to nothing and her form grew. She elongated, bulged, and refined until a silver dragon was sailing over the top of the startled elf's head on a collision course with him. Oh crap, what do I do? Chris asked his dragon. It was all well and good to be a human in control of your dragon body, but he wisely differed to a more knowledgeable source when it came to dragon on dragon combat. I'll handle this one. His dragon answered smugly, taking control. Petra lunged, extending her whole sleek silver body in a rapid strike at the larger male's neck, trying to gain the upper hand quickly against a clearly more powerful foe. To her surprise, her teeth connected, sinking into the scales of his shoulder near the base of his neck. He bellowed angrily but stood braced against her as momentum carried her body crashing directly into his. It felt like she dived headlong into a mountainside. Still, she held with her teeth and raked her claws down his flank nonetheless. Her powerful wings buffeted, claws scrabbling against his lithe, scaled body. 
Her efforts were short-lived as his mighty tail swung in from behind her, crushing her against him again and knocking the wind from her lungs. She knew this would be over soon but she must prove her worthiness. She bit deeper into his flesh, tasting his thick, rich blood, as it spurted hotly across her tongue. The startled screams of the women fleeing the savage growls and flailing reptilian limbs were drowned in the male's roar of pain. Everyone had the sense to flee except Claire, still on her knees, awed by the majesty of the spectacle before her. Left unpracticed for centuries, it was a tradition rooted far back in the old ways when dragon society was strictly hierarchical. A mating battle.at the sight of the pungent blood trickling down to the marble floor, Lillian fled the scene with a strangled hiss. She would be lost if the scent of his fresh blood hit her. She abandoned her duty to protect Rayla and the others. Protecting herself from the madness that raged inside was all that mattered. Losing herself to that screaming darkness within would do no one any good. She didn't know where she fled, only that she couldn't stay. Chris could feel the pain of Petra's teeth but his dragon was not overly concerned, he had her right where he wanted. With a mighty heave, he slammed his body sideways into hers. The shove knocked her back the way he just hit her with the blunt side of his tail moments before. She wasn't ready for the blow, expecting another strike from his tail. He felt her body slacken, her jaw loosen as momentum separated them. Petra's grip on his shoulder was torn loose, leaving a bloody mess behind as she toppled heavily into a marble pillar, stunning her again. It was no use. He used his superior strength and size masterfully. She wanted to give in to the inevitable right now, her nethers boiled in preparation to be ravaged again and again. Her muscles ached but such a mate deserved her full effort. She must fight on. Somebody stop them! Annabelle gasped as the larger dragon stalked towards the smaller silver. I don't think they want to be stopped. Susan murmured, still slightly mesmerized by the aura of the purple dragon. She could even feel his energy trickling into her passively. But they'll hurt each other, pleaded Annabelle, looking around for Lillian who might have some chance of intervening. The vampire was nowhere to be seen. She looked to Rayla, Michelle, Claire. No one seemed to care, they all just watched, eyes glued to the spectacle before them. Unable to help but reluctant to turn away, it didn't take long to spot what she'd been missing. Her Chris, her future husband in dragon form, advanced on all fours, a gargantuan dragon erection pointing directly towards his target from between his hind legs. No way. Her eyes widened in shock. A high-pitched melodic voice spoke from above as the overfull sprite fluttered clumsily down from on high. I have returned with dragon in tow, you will all express your undying gratitude I'm sure. She panted. Thank you, Emmy. Annabelle held out her hand as a landing zone. But did you have to bring him back so, dragon? Well, of course I did. Oh, this is about to get good. You'll see, it's just as I predicted. Imiant squeaked, kicking her legs excitedly as the male towered over his soon-to-be newest conquest. You wouldn't need to be gifted with the sight to see this one coming. Rayla muttered as she caught up to Annabelle. Dragons, honestly. She jumped aside when the action started and made a retreat towards the doors with the other women. Looking back on the commotion, his radiating presence hit her front on. It was like nothing she'd felt since her childhood when she'd witnessed a live sacrifice at winter solstice. However, it carried none of the cloying stench of death. Only pure, almost loving energy which trickled steadily into her core, feeding her incredible capacity to carry magic. Lillian! The elf croaked, stumbling into a nearby pew and collapsing lazily. Get security down here at once, get everyone who can cast a ward, start sealing this room. We can't have this leaking everywhere. She gestured vaguely up towards the dragons, a lazy smile on her face. Lillian? She repeated. She left. Michelle stepped in. Should I call Tim? Hmm? Yes, call him. We must contain this as soon as possible. It's like a beacon. Something unpleasant is bound to investigate. Despite the seriousness of the situation, the elf couldn't portray it well. It was just too delicious to relax and be fed great dollops of soothing magic. It was effortless. Petra lunged again, as best she could anyway. She was panting to regain her lost breath as he stalked toward her, his golden eyes boring directly into her with obvious intent. She had to distract him and get away from the wall. Chris saw her attack coming this time and instead of avoiding it, tucked his head down, butting her directly on the stout with punishing force. He seized the moment to grasp high on her neck as she recoiled from his blow. His powerful jaw locked dangerously around her in what could easily have been a killing grip. Instead he pushed her brutally to the ground and he growled dangerously into her ear. 
Petra struggled one last time, crying out a piteous whine of defeat as her huge body writhed helplessly, trapped against the marble columns. Her tail sent pews into disarray as she lashed about but it was no use. She froze as his teeth clenched perilously on the most delicate part of her long neck. His fangs pricked, sinking deep to her flesh to begin pumping her full of his venom. Her wail transformed into an animalistic cry of joy as his itch hit her bloodstream, claiming her as mate. He didn't let go, giving her neck a few shakes between his jaws for good measure. He must make sure she didn't have any fight left. There was absolutely nothing to worry about though as the older dragoness was reliving the first delights of being mated once again. The male wasted no further time, rolling her body slightly on its side and pinning her down. She instinctively held her tail up, exposing her hot slit as he shuffled into position on top of her. It was like this, pinned down against a pillar, next to Lady Narlaki's throne that Petra felt his massive cockhead rub against her opening. The engorged organ pulsed in need, jetting large spurts of precum in excitement. She moaned in exquisite frustration as he pumped more of his potent itch deep into her bloodstream, preparing her for breeding. Her wings twitched, her spine tingled, she was ready. His thick, insistent member prodded enthusiastically for the right angle, not an easy feat for creatures so large. They both froze as the very tip of his flared head suddenly found the right point, nestled just so between the puffy, dripping flesh guarding her opening. He pushed, gently at first but not to be deterred when her resistance proved too great. He sought a slightly better footing behind her and thrust harder, slipping inside with the help of her copious, warm lubrication. Chris couldn't believe what he was feeling as he thrust himself further and further into her incredible body. She was so slick and hot on his hard shaft that he had to slow, savor the feeling of initially spreading her open. Her tight insides yielded before his dragon cock, squeezing deliciously against the most sensitive parts of his head and basting him in warm, thick juices. Oh, that's it, young one, now show me how you bred my daughter. The sultry dragoness' first words to him rang out around the grand chamber. If you are so eager, I will put a child in you as well. He heard himself growl in his deep, sibilant voice. Oh, fuck. Yes. Do it. Petra chortled gloriously in reply, her body shivering in pleasure as he secured himself ever deeper within her. He was seriously testing her limits with that thick member of his, but she fucking loved it. Slow, please, sire. It's been over half a century since I made it in this form. His response was a savage thrust, spearing himself deeper and making her yelp as her tight insides had no choice but to part before him rather painfully. Oh! She spun her long neck to snap at his snout indignantly, but he brushed her aside, holding firm deep within her, stretching her to the limit. She panted, knowing it was best to relax as she adjusted to being stuffed so full. She didn't expect gentleness after attacking him, but she tried again to appeal to him. You're fucking huge, Chris, stop. Give me a minute. He chuckled down at her infuriatingly, rolling his hips and stirring her hot, juicy channel. He even had the audacity to hunch slightly higher inside her, bumping against her already dilating cervix. No. Fucking Jesus, what are you doing to me? She screamed in her deep feminine growl as he wasted no time, pushing incessantly at the opening to her molten womb. Despite the pain, her body was responding eagerly. He was laying the foundation for the orgasm of a lifetime. Already her vagina clenched and spasmed in bliss, responding instinctively to his rough treatment with further lubrication. There was none of the hesitation he'd felt with Claire, this time his dragon amused himself in the exquisite sensation of fucking her tight inner ring of muscle with just the thick tip of his huge weapon, piercing slightly in but never enough to spring her trap. Snaking his serpent-like head around to look at their joining, he still had what looked like a foot and a half of dragon cock before her clinging lips would encounter his thick root. His head came back to level with hers and he nuzzled affectionately at her panting, draconian countenance. What do you want? He whispered to her darkly. I want your thick fucking load plastered inside of me. Petra hissed in response. I want you to breathe me over and over. She arched back into him, pleasure rising at the debauchery spilling from her own mouth. I want that whole fucking prick of yours up inside me until I'm so fat with cum I can't move. Chris always did believe that action spoke louder than words so he thrust forward more firmly, feeling her elastic cervix struggle to accommodate his prodigious girth. He was relentless, giving no quarter, as he slowly wedged more of himself inside the tight dragoness. She squeezed him savagely making him feel like his cock was going to be raw and sensitive for sure. However, his persistence and her slick, oily juices won the day, 
Suddenly, the flared ridge of his glands slipped through and he felt her tighten instinctively behind him, trapping him in that boiling inferno of pleasure, her fertile womb. Fuck! He hissed. Now it was him that needed a moment to adjust to the new, wonderful sensation as she contracted her insides, undulating against him. He could feel the thick, spongy walls of her uterus rippling against his ultra-sensitive cockhead while her vagina below began a practice, easy milking along its stretched walls. Oh yes! Petra moaned in ecstasy. I want that come right now, sire! Chris, eager to oblige and already beginning to feel his immense cock harden and thicken a little further in preparation, thrust forwards, feeding her the remainder of his member. There's fucking more? The mature dragoness squealed as he finally seated himself fully, that massive arrow-like head pushing rudely against the roof of her womb. Jesus, you're fucking ruining me! Good! The larger male panta he jerked his hips back slightly, pulling against her massaging, oily tissues before thrusting the relatively short distance back to full depth. Ang! She grunted sexily beneath him, so he did it again. Mmchhh! Oh yeah, that's it. Petra continued to grunt and moan as each heavy thrust brought her nearer to that sweet oblivion lurking just around the corner. She was already so close. Chris submitted to the pleasure gladly. It felt like his sensitive, throbbing knob was being bathed in hot, liquid butter and polished with a velvet cloth at the same time. Something enormous was growing inside of him in response to this beautiful fertile creature. He could feel a great mass of energy collecting. The more he thrust, the more intense the feeling became. He began to lose the regularity of his rhythm, panting and fucking her wildly. His abdomen gave great shudders, almost cramping as coiled energy grew and grew in his groin. It was almost too much. He shut his eyes tight in pleasure, as his cock began twitching rhythmically, spitting runny streams of precum inside her. He kept thrusting, bucking into her heart as he held her body pinned against the floor and kept drilling with his massive tool. Oh fuck! Sire, I'm C, coming! Petra moaned hoarsely as she felt his first little shots of runny seminal fluid scalding her insides. At the same time, it was soothing, beginning to satisfy the potent venom circulating in her bloodstream. Her raw, stretched tissue seemed to relax momentarily before spasming in climax, sending jolts of pleasure up her massive, writhing body. It was as if they both just relaxed into the orgasm after such an intense, rapid buildup. Their release started quietly but kept building and building with no end in sight. It wasn't until several thrusts later that Chris, mostly along for the ride, even realized he was really coming. The powerful twitches originating in his abdomen became full-blown contractions. Thick, potent, cum started to truly spray from his shaft, jettisoning violently into the dragoness ripe womb. The male roared in triumphant pleasure as his whole body tensed and thrust with each voluminous ejaculation. Instinctively, he found her neck again and bit in, injecting more of his itch to help his chances. Petra squealed and moaned as he began to fucking hose her insides. Her skilled channel milked and squeezed him automatically as she bucked and cried out in ecstasy. He was force-feeding her a huge amount of raw power and he just wouldn't stop dumping his seed into her beleaguered womb. To Chris, it felt like his entire essence was being milked dry through the swollen tip of his cock. He grunted deeply with each burst of sticky semen firing his wriggling sperm on their way and basking in the relief and ecstasy attained with each massive spurt. He gave her every scrap of magic he could muster. Petra groaned in both pleasure and pain as she began to be overwhelmed. Both physically and magically, he was filling her well past capacity, stretching her limits. Thick, potent cum sloshed in her womb, sticking to the sides of her uterus but having nowhere to escape with his massive arrow-like head blocking its path. As he refused to stop seating her, it had nowhere to go but up into her tubes, violently surrounding her egg and beginning to thrust their way inside. The sheer flow of magic was frying her. She could feel it roiling and sizzling inside her. She closed her eyes and relaxed, letting it all just flow through her. A huge spasm of pleasure tingled all the way up her spine, almost breaking her concentration. She was a conduit, a vessel for this male to fill again and again. However he desired that he shoved home one last time and with a victorious growl, giving her last jetting squirts of his potent seed. A final shudder of pleasure made him quiver right up to the tip of his dribbling erection as his heroic orgasm finally died down. He was left panting and drained on top of her, supremely satisfied. The detonation of powerful new life erupted below him. It instantly passed through the astonished onlookers, a magical wave front announcing to the world the miracle of another dragon conception. Chris felt the change as if he had a barometer attached to the tip of his cock, 
the pressure and heat inside her womb became almost crushing. Petra was knocked from her blissful, fuck-drunk state to gawk up at him in disbelief. The male looked down at her affectionately before moving to rub his serpentine jaw against her own. I told you I would give you a child. He murmured in her ear. Too blissful, tired, and astonished to reply for the moment, Petra simply cooed lovingly back at him. She was spent. Her cervix was already loosening its tight hold on his overthick weapon, unwilling to withstand any more punishment from the large male. Besides, it was mission accomplished as far as her body was concerned. Life blossomed inside her. As he withdrew the thickest part, her unusual anatomy closed behind him, sealing her womb in preparation for their child. Any excess energy would be absorbed to feed the new life clinging tentatively to this world far up inside her tubes. Soon it would travel down and lodge in the thick, rich tissues of her uterus to grow strong. The thought made Petra shiver in delight. She was a mother again. Retreating from her cervix, he drew out his extraction with several playful thrusts, obviously pleased with the way she felt wrapped around his member. She indulged him with an absent-minded moan, her thoughts distracted by the gravity of the situation. He was two for two at knocking up dragonesses. Perhaps her daughter's case could have been written off as exceptional circumstances. A second success was no coincidence. She'd just been mated, gloriously fucked to impregnation by the savior of the dragon race. Chris was on cloud nine as he dismounted her. His whole massive body vibrated with wonderful post-codal twitches, throbs, and tingles. He was drained, sure, but basking in the dragon's cocky pride. With mere hours in this form, Chris was going to love it. It didn't feel wrong or even unnatural having sex like this. It felt amazing. Already he idly wondered if Claire might be interested in a playful tumble as dragons. His thoughts flew to Petra, his wonderful new mate. Human concern seeped into their shared state at the memory of her imploring him to be gentle. A plea the dragon had lustfully ignored. He sidled around in front of her, protective and fussy. Despite the violence that preceded their mating, he would regret any hurt he'd caused her. He instinctively rubbed his head and neck against her, a dragon's show of affection. He probed along her sides with his snout, sniffing out any signs of blood. Satisfied she was mostly unscathed, he lapped at the small wounds on her neck left by his fangs. I'm fine. She reassured him, returning his gesture and flicking her forked tongue lightly across his snout. Just coming to terms with all this. Chris, you do realize what this means, don't you? That we're mated? Well, yes. But I was thinking more about the fact that you just successfully impregnated both Claire and I. It's very unusual. That's as many baby dragons conceived in a week as have been in the last century. How did you do it? I'm not really sure I can give you an answer, Petra. When I was with you or Claire I was just doing what came naturally. I know it takes a lot of energy to overcome the resistance, so I mostly just throw everything I have into you and pray it works. My dragon seems to know what he's doing and I'm coming to trust that. With you it got very intense trying to contain all that energy. It kept building and building. I didn't think I could hold any more but the magic kept swelling. It felt amazing when I did finally release it though. That it did. She mused, raising her neck to look around at the destruction they'd caused. She inhaled sharply at the sight of sturdy wooden pews strewn around like matchsticks. There was even a great crack in the ornate pillar that he'd thrown her against. I'm sorry I lost control. It was rude to attack like that, very uncivilized. I was just so surprised when I saw you in this form. Instinct took over before. It's okay. Chris chuckled, saving her as she babbled on. I'll take it as a compliment. I'm just glad my dragon was there to help. We're much more in tune now, I think. That's good. We can help you get used to this form and your abilities when things settle down a bit. Ahem. Claire announced herself before rushing forward to latch around her mother's neck with an excited squeal. Oh, Claire. Petra embraced her gently with a clawed forelimb. Mom, I'm so excited. I told you he was special, didn't I? Yes, dear, although I certainly didn't doubt you for a second. Petra replied. I'll go check on the others. Chris excused himself, wanting to give the two women some space. He turned his massive yet flexible body around and homed in on the huddle of somewhat nervous-looking women. He padded forwards, body undulating as he fell into an instinctual gait without thinking that he was now coordinating four legs instead of just two. He proceeded down the carpeted aisle, avoiding the pews lest he do any more damage. It was interesting to see their reactions as he approached. Rayla seemed to sit up straight, composing herself but looking more than a little flustered. His dragon couldn't help but grin at that. For all her haughtiness, experience, and superior attitude she was affected by him just the same. 
Michelle was talking into her cell phone, eyeing him with caution but not seeming too perturbed. Susan had a supporting hand on Annabelle's shoulder, a warm loving smile on her face. Annabelle's eyes were downcast and she held the little sprite gently against her chest. He stopped several meters away and dropped his head low to the floor, staring up at her with his best attempt at puppy dog eyes. A plaintive whimper attempted to tug her heartstrings. He thought he saw the twitch of a truncated smile at the corner of her mouth but she was being obstinate. He inched closer on his belly, flicking his tongue at her hopefully, playing it up to the max. She didn't budge and refused to acknowledge him even though his head now filled her vision. He knew she was definitely playing with him now. He'd known this lovely creature for years. His muzzle was almost about to touch her when he let out a great snort and a billowing cloud of purple smoke. Annabelle squeaked in shock, jumping backwards half a foot as the cloud rose harmlessly around her. Chris! She retaliated with a firm slap on his snout. The dragon reared back with a booming laugh, shaking the sensation from his sensitive nose. You could have set me on fire. She looked up at him playfully. I believe there's a saying regarding the foolishness of teasing a dragon. He replied, leaning down to send her closely. Are you okay? I'm okay. We were all really worried about you, Chris. She held still indulgently, quivering nervously as his hot breath brushed across the side of her face. It was so strange, this humongous beast, her boyfriend. Yet she could hear the tender concern in his deep, growling voice. It was one thing to get used to his half-form. This was an entirely unreal experience. I really didn't expect you to show up like this. Believe me, it came as a surprise to me too. I certainly didn't expect the ah, uh, warm welcome from Petra either. Public sex bordering on bestiality. Tasteless as usual, Chris, but your lack of dignity gives me hope that you are still in there somewhere. Is this how you raised him, Susan, to be a boastful exhibitionist pervert? Annabelle asked. Well, I tried my best. Susan beamed cheekily. But you see, he picked up with this awful girl at school and he's never been the same since. As if. Annabelle retorted indignantly. I was the one trying to stop two dragons from hurting each other. Everyone else was practically cheering them on. I suppose another conception is cause for celebration, though. Yes, sorry about the spectacle. It must have been quite the barnyard education. I can only plead that dragons don't put much stock in human taboos. Chris couldn't help himself feeling embarrassed now that the heat of the moment had died. I could have watched all day, Amy said regretfully. I've got no doubt about that, little one, Chris rumbled. I'm glad we can joke about it at least. It's fine, Chris. Petra must be very pleased. Annabelle reassured him. I'm just glad you're back. It's amazing to see you like this. I guess I'd sort of imagined what you would look like as a dragon, but I never did it justice. It's incredible. You don't know the half of it, Annabelle. His aura is also impressive. Susan stared up at him, soaking it in. It would be frightening if it didn't feel so good. It's not just about transforming into a dragon. Chris explained. I've accepted this, embraced it. I didn't realize I was still fighting the merge between human and dragon. He paused and turned his head towards his favorite secret agent. You were right, Michelle. I didn't ask for this power, but if I have it, it's my responsibility to make use of it. I won't be so afraid to get involved from now on. I'm glad to hear it, Chris. You won't be alone. I'm here to help. We all are. Michelle smiled. Chris was moved, the strength of her devotion clearly visible in her eyes. As he looked back to Annabelle, Susan, and even little Emmy, the same look was mirrored. Thank you, Michelle. I felt like my life was spiraling out of control these last few weeks, that I couldn't possibly live up to the expectations. I also wondered what I'd done to deserve the love and attention of such wonderful women. I didn't have any answers to a multitude of questions and doubts. That's understandable, and I'm sorry I had to push you so hard. It's easy to forget how young you are when I see the power you wield. People defer to you, listen when you talk. Just remember that you have us to rely on, it's not just you. The silver dragoness chose that moment to sidle up beside her new mate, purring happily with her daughter in tow. Petra spoke softly to him as she rubbed up against his side, lovingly intertwining her tail with his. And I am sorry for piling more on top of your situation, Chris. We were so eager to find a mate for Claire, Elizabeth, and I didn't consider how stressful it might be for you. I'm happy you're both here. Chris' throat felt thick with emotion he tried to contain. His two dragonesses and thoughts of their burgeoning family fulfilled a deeply instinctual need he hadn't comprehended until his recent transformation. Well, I'm not sorry at all. 
Claire laughed. It's worked out great for me so far. Chris was trying to think of a witty response for the lively redhead when the great doors creaked open and Tim Garrow peeked inside. The elemental did a brilliant double-take at the sight of the two dragons just meters away but managed to compose himself after a few seconds. Behind him, excited voices could be heard in the waiting area. The compound was starting to wake up, being hopeful for an audience with Rayla were already starting to queue. Court didn't officially start for another hour at least but waiting early could save the plaintiff's time on a busy day. Of course, it didn't help that anyone with enhanced hearing or magical senses could clearly tell there was something important going on inside already. Tim slipped inside to receive his instructions from Rayla as he did so, the gap in the door opened further and someone caught a glimpse within. Eager to confirm what he thought he'd seen, the young elf noble was bold enough to push the doors open. Soon, curious beings crowded the great doorway despite Tim's best efforts to manhandle them shut. Their looks of awe made Chris uncomfortable. Petra seemed to sense this and nudged him encouragingly. The crowd stood mesmerized by the two dragons, such rare and powerful beings. Seizing the opportunity, a harried-looking warwoman pushed her way to the front, dragging a small boy of perhaps six or seven behind her. Please, great dragon, my son suffers horrible fits when he tries to change with the moon. The pack has begun to think he is cursed or worse yet, infected. We are to be banished if he cannot run with the pack on the next moon. Please heal him. I don't know how we could survive without our pack and surely none other would take us in with his condition. At the end, the woman prostrated herself before him. Chris was taken aback but moved by her desperate plea. Initially he thought of turning her away but instead steeled himself to his recent resolution. His power was there to be used, hopefully constructively. He took the few careful steps forward and snaked his head down to the level of the crowd, looking at the woman. Get up. He spoke to the woman. Do you know I've only recently come into myself as a being? that I have no training in magic or healing? Would you still ask for my help and accept responsibility for the outcome, whatever that may be? I had heard rumor of you. The woman looked up at him hopefully. Although I didn't know the full extent of your situation. I just thought someone of your power. Yes. I will accept any help you can give. I have no other hope for my boy. Everyone looked on in interest as the dragon brought his inquisitive gaze to bear or the child in question, who quivered a little fearfully as he was looked over by the great serpent. Rayla was especially interested to see how things unfolded. Throwing the woman and the others out had been her first instinct. She'd been on the verge, but her attuned senses picked up on the root of the issue. A malignant enchantment lodged deep within the boy, advanced dark magic. A curse was indeed involved. She couldn't imagine what a mere child could possibly have done to warrant such a punishment. It was certainly within her powers to help the child, but the toll on her resources would not be insubstantial. She would normally demand a steep price for such a favor. By the looks of it, the woman couldn't possibly hope to pay what it would cost here in Rayla's court or elsewhere for that matter. What's your name? I'm Chris. The dragon asked the boy. While he waited for the boy to gather his courage and respond, Chris searched his small form for traces of magic. T. Thomas. The boy responded with reluctance after his mother prodded him gently. Well, Thomas, let's see if we can find the problem. I should be an expert at this. You see, I had an enchantment holding my dragon locked inside me until just a few weeks ago. But hey, look at me now. You, you got fixed? Thomas asked. He certainly did not. Claire whispered with a smirk, poked her mother's silver flank to emphasize her innuendo. I did actually. Chris ignored the dragoness's mirth as he continued his inexperienced examination. I'm hoping I can help so you can transform too. He could sense a dark area in the center of the boy's chest, but it was vague. His dragon took over, cocking his great head to one side, bringing one gold model eye to bear up close. What he sensed disgusted him. Who would do such a thing? A twisted morass of malicious energy was entwined within his core. To his senses it seemed to spread like dark tree root, snarling and entwining tissues and organs. No doubt it siphoned away any power the boy could muster as he tried to shift, causing the fits as it fed and grew. Hold him. Chris told the boy's mother before looking the boy in the eye. Thomas, I'm going to try to fix you but I think it's going to hurt a lot. I want you to try to be brave and we'll have you changing like everyone else in no time. The boy nodded, accepting the challenge with the hope of being able to run with the rest of his pack as his instincts told him to. Annabelle came forward as well and placed a comforting hand on the boy's shoulder while his mother held his hands. The other onlookers watched closely but maintained the distance, perhaps cautious of the untrained dragon practicing magic. 
Chris gave Annabelle a thankful nod before focusing back on the problem at hand. He didn't have training in healing, nor any knowledge of spellcraft to be able to counteract the evil inside the boy. If he'd learned anything about his abilities so far it was that he could depend on brute force. He was also good at burning things. Although tired, he gathered what reserves he could manage. It came slowly, tingling along his scales, across his body, and towards his solar plexus. That central hub of his magic began to warm and splutter, eager to be expended. It dawned on him how much he'd grown in the transformation. Even as he felt exhausted from his efforts with Petra, it came to him. A fine trickle of energy, leaking into his being from some unknown wellspring. Focusing back to the task at hand, he outlined his intentions against the dark tendrils. A stray thought or distraction could spell disaster but the dragon lent him steel nerves. Finally ready, he sent a tentative stream of magic to do its work like a fine blowtorch. He started at the edge of a hyphae-like tendril and watched anxiously. It smoldered first then flared and crisped to nothing. The boy seemed unharmed. Chris' design relied on his connection to the ether, that shadowy realm where magic seemed to have a presence partially detached from the physical. That way he could destroy the spell but not the boy. Encouraged, he unleashed a larger flow of magic, burning back the spell like a twisted bed of ivy. Thomas cried out, shaking as sweat instantly formed on his small brow and his body flushed hot. Chris almost lost his concentration but refocused his efforts and slowed the magic. His mother and Annabelle whispered comforts and braveries but the uncomfortable heat inside his chest dominated his senses and their words fell on deaf ears. Somehow, heat was being translated into the boy's body. He didn't know how, perhaps his own workings weren't precise enough or the malicious spell had a defense mechanism. He was hurting the boy though it didn't seem anything too life-threatening. He was loath to stop before all of the malicious branches had been charred to nothing. Thankfully, his method seemed to be effective and it was less than a minute before the last of the spell, a gnarled bowl of woody blackness, was being thoroughly incinerated. Finally, he stemmed his efforts and let his hold on the magic slip away. It's gone. Rayla assured him as he began checking the boy over again to be sure. What was it? Chris asked, annoyed that the elf hadn't offered to help if she had followed his progress so closely. I suspect something passed on from his father. It appears to have grown with the boy since birth but there's no sign in the mother. She explained with an inquisitive cock of her head. Not the method I would have chosen to remove it. Unrefined, wasteful, and painful for the boy but to each their own. Chris rolled his great golden eyes in frustration, turning back to Thomas who was thankfully recovering quickly now that the magical flames had done their job. Thank you, dragon. His mother clutched her son to her chest. If there's anything I can ever do to repay you I will. I won't forget what you've done for us. It's okay, I am happy to have helped. Chris didn't want to make a big deal about helping the boy but it seemed like his mother was not going to let him get off so easily when she opened her mouth to protest his humbleness. Leave the dragon be. Rayla cut her off, quickly back to her authoritative self. She recognized the need to manage the gathered beings before they overwhelmed the dragon with requests now that they had seen his work. You should take the boy home to recover. As for the rest of you, leave us. I don't know why I haven't thrown you all out myself. Barging in on a private meeting, I should have you all in shackles. The crowd quickly retreated, casting furtive glances over their shoulders but intelligent enough to take Rayla's threat seriously. Once the doors were again closed and the group was left in relative peace, Annabelle reached up to touch the dragon's snout affectionately. I'm so proud of you, Chris. She murmured. Yes, that was very sweet. Susan agreed. She couldn't help the warm feeling of maternal pride inside of her. It was obvious that the woman and child had been in desperate need of help. Chris had offered it freely as too few beings would have in this day and age. Yes, yes, that was all very moving. Rayla's tone left no doubt that she understood the definition of the word sarcasm. In time you'll come to learn not to give handouts. Handouts lead to entitlement, and soon you'll be swamped with requests for this and that. One day you'll find yourself weary, sucked dry, and unable or unwilling to continue. You'll have nothing to show for your efforts other than their undying gratitude. On that day, they will forget everything you have done for them, for their ancestors, and turn against you for their immediate gain. Such is the way of the young races. The humans even have an appropriate children's fable. Be careful, dragon, lest you be mistaken for a golden goose. Petra snorted, her chest heaving as beautiful musical laughter sprung from her throat. She arched her wings and laid one possessively across her mate's back before snaking her neck down to confront the lecturing elf. 
All eyes turned to the majestic silver serpent as she trailed off with a chuckle, then a throaty purr of contentment. Are you blind, elf? Does he not, at this very moment, wash over you like the first warm spring breeze after winter? Here I stand, new life growing in my womb, proof that he is no ordinary dragon. Can you not read the signs? Something is changing in this world. You should be thankful he is a generous soul. Perhaps one day he will show that generosity even to you. I am not blind to these unusual circumstances. Nor do I take them lightly. Rayla countered. However, your race stands on the brink of extinction at the hands of greedy fools. Chris would do well to remember that. Sound advice, Lady Rayla. But how will this world be healed unless those with power are generous and seek goals other than their own gains? Rayla cocked her head speculatively as they all waited to hear her response. Dragons, honestly? If there was a race more caught up in idealism she had yet to encounter them. However, she could not deny the logic. The world suffered at the hands of both beings and humans. Generosity and sacrifice by all would be necessary to heal the damage, to come together peacefully. Did it not stand to reason that the generosity of those with the most to give would be most important? I cannot fault your spirit, Petra. The world would be a much better place if everyone thought as you do. Philosophy aside, we should coax Christopher back into his human form immediately. There's no telling who or what will catch wind of his spring breeze as you so eloquently put it. Hopefully that will mute his aura to more reasonable levels. Then you can be as generous as you please, so long as you consider his safety at every step. A fair point. Petra seceded. Chris, would you mind? Damn, I was just beginning to enjoy myself. Chris chuckled. Sire, if you were just beginning, I pity myself for mating with you. The mature dragoness purred contentedly. Susan and Annabelle shared a smile, knowing how Chris became embarrassed when the innuendo started to fly. It was white from their faces when his dragon outline started to shimmer. As he and the dragon worked together to change back, skipping their half-form completely and aiming for their human guise, he imploded that he was amazed how easily the transition occurred. Compared to that fateful day when he'd first awakened, it was almost seamless. Now that he and the dragon were in tune, it was a painless process, a team effort rather than a struggle for dominance that a startled gasp made Chris open his eyes to looks of bewilderment and shock around the room. Even Tim Garrow was eyeing him from the doors with startled appraisal, one eyebrow raised in an almost comical expression. What? Chris looked around, smiling. Did I grow two heads or something? There was a pause before anyone answered and typical of the naughty sprite, she went straight to the heart of the matter. No, master. She pouted. But you certainly did grow. Grow? I would call this a massive setback to my plans. Emmy paused, her frown turned comically into a mischievous grin as a lewd thought crossed her ever lascivious mind. But at least I get to see how the rest of you handle it. Chris followed her gaze down his body and quickly realized he was naked. Shit, should have thought of that. He murmured, reaching forward to cover himself automatically with both hands. It was then that he first realized something was different. Annabelle couldn't believe what she was seeing as her fiancé attempted to modestly conceal himself. The exact details remained a mystery but having been intimate with him over the last year, she knew he'd somehow experienced a growth spurt. With the shocking parts mostly concealed by his hands, she looked over the rest of his naked body, realizing just how profound the change was. Her heart went out to him, knowing that he would struggle with this final aspect of his union with the dragon. She stepped in front of him, wrapping her arms around his middle. The hug, apart from comforting also allowed him some modesty by blocking his privates from the room. She looked up at him, towering above her like never before, her head barely reaching his neck, her arms very nearly failing to encircle his massive barrel chest. What the fuck? He mouthed down at her, disbelief written all over his features. Don't look at me. Annabelle replied, trying to make light of the situation as she turned to address the others. A blanket? Some clothes, please? Anyone? Everyone sprang into action, looking almost guilty for gawking. No one would have blamed them. There was nothing that could easily be used to cover him nearby short of ripping up the lush carpet so Rayla thought quickly and summoned a rich, furry blanket from her own bedchambers. She handed it to Annabelle with eyes averted. Any thoughts she might have entertained previously about coupling with the boy were now tempered with apprehension. Susan quickly shook the folded blanket out and hurriedly helped Annabelle wrap him up under his armpits. Her hand rested on his chest as she shared a meaningful look with her son's fiancé. She rose on her toes and spoke softly into his ear, trying to convey the heartfelt love she felt for this man. We'll get through this, Chris. 
Rayla watched the doors close behind them, still shocked at the profound change the young man had experienced. She'd never heard of a dragon undergoing anything like it. Only as the doors closed and the group proceeded on their way back to the hotel did she suddenly realize his magical presence was completely undiminished, only ebbing slowly with distance. This presented an issue. Detection was a foregone conclusion that ship had sailed. Now she must prepare a response for whoever came to investigate. Timothy. She spoke suddenly. Quietly activate your best people. We need to have a good team dedicated to this around the clock. Maintain your distance. We don't want anyone else getting dragonstruck if it's avoidable. The witch, Susan, may be able to give you an antidote if it's an issue. Yes, my lady. What did you make of him? She asked as he turned to carry out his orders. He paused, seriously considering what he'd seen and felt. Honestly? He glanced sidelong at the elf to assess her legendary mood. Yes. Rayla sighed. It's a good thing he doesn't know what he's doing. If that boy had the experience to wield magic as you do, I'd be working for him. Annabelle hustled him through the door, through the living room, their bedroom, and straight into the bathroom. On the walk back, she'd soon spotted a jagged red zigzag on the back of his shoulder. A little dried blood formed a small trail a few inches down his well-formed muscles, showing how quickly he'd healed from Petra's love bites. He assured her it was fine. She still marched him into the shower under the pretext of getting him clean, determined to be alone with him. Reassure him. It was a large shower but it felt smaller to Chris as he dumped the blanket and entered the warm spray. Annabelle wasn't far behind him, stripping efficiently and following him quickly inside. She squirmed in close to access the broad stream of water, letting it flow over her scalp, into her hair and across her face. Breathing deep, she enjoyed the pattering warmth for a moment. When she moved a little to the side and opened her eyes he was watching her with the faint traces of that cautious look she'd grown to know. She grinned up at him. Let me guess. He chuckled. Bridges? That's right, babe. She beamed. I'm glad you're finally getting it. But fuck me, look at the size of my hands. Chris held them up in disbelief. He'd heard of dustbin mitts before but his definitely qualified now. It's not your hands I'm worried about. Annabelle smirked. If she had to describe what she was seeing, she'd say he was somehow just, bigger. Whatever the dragon had changed inside of him, the outcome was clear, he was now built like a tank. Annabelle estimated he stood at six foot six at a bare minimum but that wasn't even close to the most notable change. His entire body had grown, broadened, and clearly thickened. She didn't think for a second he had become grotesque. His skin was still pale and smooth, a small layer of fatty padding where it was appropriate and deliciously little where it counted. He was just really big, broad, and well-built. She was reminded of what she assumed a mighty ancient warrior would look like. The conquering Viking types. What Annabelle was most worried about was the slumbering monster hanging between his legs. She looked down between them at it. Perhaps their new height disparity exaggerated the effect a little. It was, after all, a few inches closer than she was used to but there was no doubt that his penis had grown with him. It's like almost as big as you used to be hard, only soft. Bullshit. There's no way. Chris balked at the thought. Annabelle caught her inquisitive little companion barreling down her forearm towards the huge member and quickly scolded the little dragon. Time out, Bartholomew, give us little space here. This is serious. He looked up at her balefully, before complying with his mistress' wishes. The tiny tattoo retreated slowly to his resting place around her belly button and became still, sulking. Annabelle returned her attention to the problem at hand. It's not like you were small beforehand, Chris. Fuck, look at that thing. You didn't do this on purpose, did you? She knew a lot of guys had fantasies about having larger penises, but that just seemed silly, especially when Chris had already been more than big enough. Of course not, D. He looked down at her, clearly worried. She bit her lips speculatively as she considered what she was going to do about this situation. She could already feel herself becoming automatically aroused, being in the shower with him, touching him. Those thoughts made up her mind for her, and she decided that there was no use worrying about how she was going to handle this until she tried. Besides, reassuring him would do a world of good. She slid her hand down across his toned abdomen, coming to rest against his thick root before slipping underneath to cradle the massive shaft. Her other hand joined its sister, and she held it up, warm water pooling around it. It flopped heavily, the head dangling flaccid over her palm. You don't have to. Chris started. Shh. She looked up. I want to see what we're dealing with. 
Okay, I guess. He murmured. She smiled and ran a hand down the shaft to tease his testicles, stopping abruptly when she encountered her target. Holy shit, Chris, they grew just as much. I can barely get one in my hand. Annabelle couldn't decide if she was excited or terrified, perhaps both. But as the words left her mouth, she felt the shaft twitch under her touch. He seemed to like what she was doing. She smiled and gave it an experimental tug. It throbbed back, the first pulses of blood becoming trapped inside. She kept it up, bringing the other hand back to the base to provide firmer stimulation. She looked up at him mischievously, and it was like a flip had been switched. The girth expanded like an air tube hooked up to a powerful compressor, surging in her hands and forcing her grip further apart. It quickly poked her in the tummy, she giggled and shifted backwards to give him space. Perhaps most sinister was the massive, blunt head that reared at the tip. She could tell it was going to be just as thick if not thicker than his root. Like an angry red apple, it continued to throb and grow. She kept up her gentle ministrations, running her hands around it as the warm water caressed it on all sides. Soon enough it rose under its own steam, and she followed it up to about forty-five degrees from his body where it bobbed proudly. Her body couldn't help but react to the beautiful if terrifying specimen of masculinity. Perhaps it was his magic acting on her again, but her greedy snatch began the incessant moistening she'd grown to love. She almost felt like scolding herself, but what was the point? This was just the same as what they usually did in the shower. Only now he was inhumanly large. Chris watched in disbelief as his penis, which he'd grown to enjoy just fine thank you very much, transformed into a veritable weapon. Annabelle's hands looked absolutely tiny stroking it, and wherever she gripped, she didn't come close to encircling its girth. The thing looked brutal, and the cockhead perched at the end of the thick shaft was positively obscene. His foreskin rested snugly behind an exaggerated, dark pink ridge. It was sensitive as all hell too, the exposed, throbbing tissue tingling maddeningly as warm heavy droplets fell on it from above. His recent union with his dragon was now affecting his human body, drastically. That much was clear. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Chris asked incredulously. Well, there are going to be some challenges. Annabelle began using both hands more forcefully now that he was completely hard, jacking up and down both sides of his cock. Chris sighed. What she was doing felt really good but he was more worried that this change would prevent them from having sex. Look how long it is, Annabelle, you're not going to. Fuck, even Petra and Claire are going to struggle. He complained even as she jerked him harder. I'm afraid the length is the least of our concerns, Chris. It's way thicker than it used to be. Maybe if we get some proper lube we could try but even then, I'm not sure. You could easily tear me if we weren't careful. One thing's for sure though, I'm glad you weren't like this our first time, I'd have had no chance whatsoever. What are we going to do, D? I can't believe my change would actually stop me from making love to you. It's not right. Me either, Chris. Annabelle assured him. Maybe I can still suck it. Before he could object, she quickly dropped to her knees in the large stall, closing her eyes against the droplets pelting her from above. Chris reached up and adjusted the shower head, directing the flow away from her face. She felt her way into place, soft lips colliding with his shaft just below the head. She kissed him there, puckering her mouth and flicking her tongue out across the edge of his sensitive ridge. He hissed appreciatively, and ran a large hand into her clinging brown tresses. The monster twitched its approval too. He still felt just as she remembered, steel wrapped in satin. Still tasted and smelled just as intoxicating. His pheromones were thick around his equipment, and Annabelle was getting a heady dose in the warm, enclosed shower. She kissed down one side of the fearsome erection, crossing underneath and getting her first glimpse of the fat tube running up the length. It looked so wide and rigid. He groaned again as she kissed her way back up the other side, coming to a halt and looking up wickedly at him as she reached the engorged crown. Now comes the real test. She purred, unable and unwilling to fight her arousal. She could feel herself flutter inside at the prospect of tackling this monster, her body preparing the copious lubrication it knew it was about to need. Fuck! Dee, that feels amazing! Chris watched as she slowly placed a soft, warm kiss against his very tip. Wrapping her sweet lips up and down several times, she began drawing him in her hot embrace. Annabelle was just getting warmed up and soon she was being bolder, trying to get more and more of the fearsome knob into her mouth, sucking, spitting and eventually licking her way further down onto him. He thought she might tease him forever, but eventually Annabelle buckled down to the task at hand, and he watched her lips thin, expanding around the thickest part before sealing behind his ridge. 
She'd actually taken him inside, more than he'd hoped for. Now the challenge was to provide pleasure, which was proving problematic given how little room there was to spare for movement. She pushed downwards but instantly felt him but up against the back of her mouth, triggering her gag reflex and forcing her to back off respectfully. Her eyes scrunched in concentration as she got a hold of herself, extra thick saliva was being secreted in response which she used to bathe the angry beast in consolation. She let it slip the seal of her lips and run down to slicken her hands as they struggled with their own challenge. His bulbous knob was much thicker than she was used to. Before all this, she'd been making progress on getting him down her throat because she knew he loved it. To be honest, she also loved that look on his face when she was swallowing him down. She was going to have to start all over again with this larger version. This time, her work was really cut out for her. Resigned to only service his crown for the time being, she explored the possibilities. Her tongue could flick around his sensitive underside well enough and his groans left no doubt he appreciated her attention. She sucked hard, caving in her cheeks and teasing her straining lips back and forth on his sensitive ridge. Shit, that's good. He rewarded her with a cry of pleasure and a runny spurt of tasty precum across her tongue. His essence was deliciously spicy and stimulating, setting her body tingling and her insides a quiver. She couldn't help but grin lewdly around him as he continued to dribble his excitement in response to her tender ministrations. Unfortunately, she couldn't continue forever. It was like the dynamic in her mouth had changed entirely. No longer was her tongue the dominant player in their blowjob, that role belonged to the mammoth dragon-enhanced cock she yearned to please. Her tongue was being overwhelmed and her jaw was becoming sore. It was a constant struggle to keep her teeth out of the way and it became clear that felleting him for any length of time wasn't going to happen without practice. She reluctantly pulled back, taking deep breaths through her nose and teasing him with tender parting licks. At least she knew it was possible. I can't keep that up very long, sorry. She admitted. But I have another idea. Don't apologize, that was awesome. Do whatever you want, D, just don't hurt yourself. Chris panted, a shiver of pleasure running up his spine as she continued to jerk his shaft. Annabelle rose slowly, turned, and presented her spectacular rear end. She placed her feet close together, arching her back. Her shoulders, chest, and face pressed up against the cool wall. Chris marveled. Water droplets glistened in the light, trickling down her soft skin, marred only by those tattooed digits along her left shoulder blade. The dewdrops rolled beautifully to her slender waist and flared hip before running off down her toned legs. She flicked her wet, dark mane over her opposite shoulder and looked back at him provocatively. Come on, babe, slide it up against my pussy. Chris looked down as a hand emerged between her legs to guide him. He pushed the truncheon-like erection down into her tender grasp and it was quickly drawn up against her weeping little slit. She held it there, savoring the heat given off by the massive head, running her puffy vulva back and forth across it a couple times to tease him. It felt like the head was thicker than her entire mound but it was wonderful to slide her sensitive lips across the top, splitting them apart, and squishing down onto him. Chris groaned at the sensation, jettisoning more slippery precum against her tender opening, wanting nothing more than to push forcefully inside his brewmate. He kept his cool, enjoying the stimulation as much as possible but letting her control everything. Annabelle adjusted her stance a little, one hand gripping the underside of his head, the other cradling the shaft just below. Her smooth thighs and springy ass cheeks completed the sensation. As she bucked backwards, sliding him against her smooth, warm, flesh, he finally understood what she was going for. You always said you liked that gap between my legs, now you're actually going to fuck it. Annabelle gasped out he took up the gauntlet and began flexing his cock back and forth. She was getting quite a lot of stimulation herself as it rubbed against her juicy sex. Her clit especially was getting even more attention than it was used to, the huge penis rubbing directly against it again and again. It feels great, D. He groaned back, flexing forwards a little harder to see how she responded. Soon enough he took up a steady, measured rhythm fucking in and out of the warm little pocket she engineered just for him. He had to love her even more for trying. Don't worry, Chris. MMMHHN, we'll get there. Trust me. Chris looked down across her superb rump. It jiggled enticingly with the motion of their bodies. Below, the length of the turgid shaft was left mostly unattended but from this angle it did almost look like he was fucking her. Despite how nice this felt, he had to admit that it paled in comparison to the sight and feeling of her pussy spread tightly around him, welcoming him into its warm embrace and pulling him deep inside. What had him so worked up was her. She astounded him again, embracing every problem he brought to their relationship. 
He loved her so, rocking her wet body against him and making little noises like this was the best thing ever with each of her eager, small hip bucks. I'm struggling here, D. He warned, his thoughts and the sensations at his tip proving to be more than adequate to bring him off in his aroused state. Good. She encouraged over her shoulder. When you go, I want you to. Fuck. I want you to push it up against my hole, okay? Unguy. I want you to squirt it up inside me. Fuck, that's hot, Annabelle. You're gonna make me come. He moaned, her nasty words exciting him beyond belief. His already dangerously large cock was hardening and expanding. They both knew exactly what that meant. Sensation raced down his shaft and into his nervous system, the pleasure of hot friction against her smooth, wet flesh. He could feel his testicles tensing, churning, as a massive orgasm reared up in his abdomen. That's it. Annabelle cooed as she pushed her hips back, her hands massaging his organ while her vagina soaked him in hot, slippery fluids from above. She could feel his own fluid leaking from his tit too. You still get to shoot all of that massive load in this little pussy even if you can't put it in there yet. Nga! Fuck! Chris cried with his eyes squeezed shut, finally feeling the first pulse of climax race up his shaft. He pulled his head back slightly and with the help of her dexterous hands slipped the tip up against her weeping slit. The crown parted her gooey petals, nuzzling into her juicy heat. It felt incredible as the first massive jet of his viscous semen spat violently from his tip, directly into her pink, dripping fro. Just as she knew it would, Annabelle's orgasm caught up with her instantly with that first shot of virile dragon spunk. A wide grin passed her lips as her entire body tensed in anticipation. Whatever magic she was gripped by tore through her body. Pleasure spread across her frame and blossomed deep in her core as the massive cock coughed up more semen. Gods, Chris. You're not even fucking me. She screamed as she came undone, more and more thick cream being pumped into her welcoming vagina. Chris couldn't help but push enthusiastically at her stretched entrance, trying to worm the massive head just a little further inside her tender folds. Annabelle surprised them both when she began pushing back too, forcing her pleasure-racked quim to stretch obscenely around the spurting weapon. She's trying, Chris, my little pussy is trying her best for you. Annabelle wailed, a mix of pleasure and pain addling her mind. Her hands still gripped his shaft, firmly aligning their mismatched sexes. Just as it began to feel decidedly unbearable, a final buck of her hips forced his enormous crown past her opening. It shouldn't have worked but they were just so slick with their combined fluids that he popped inside. Jesus. Annabelle. Chris grabbed her hip firmly to stop her movement. His spongy knob felt incredible, crushed just inside her little love box and still firing away to his heart's content. He didn't know if he'd ever come this much before as it began to run out of space inside her quivering channel, squelching back out her entrance and onto the tiled floor below. It's so goddamn much. I can feel it. Annabelle moaned, experiencing his hot, magic-rich spunk fill her beyond capacity. It was wonderful, forcing her orgasm into a slow, gentle boil. It was rolling over her in blissful waves, her whole body shaking and twitching in magic-induced ecstasy. However, she couldn't ignore the head of the massive shaft wedged inside her, pushing her to the absolute limit. It was going to take some serious work before she could fuck him properly again, too. Are you okay? Chris panted heavily as his cock finally gave up the last of its load, dribbling into her drenched hands and washing down the drain in great gelatinous globs, so wasteful of the magic it contained. Yeah, I'm fine. She looked back over her shoulder with an obvious flush across her pale skin. She was out of breath, too. Just hold still for a little bit. It hurts, but it's definitely in there. We are going to have to take it slow, but this is a good sign. You're fucking crazy. Chris looked down at her. He could see the rest of his long, fat shaft emerging from between her supple butt cheeks and couldn't help but question her optimism. It was almost torturous being inside her as his sensitive, post-orgasmic glands was being fiercely squeezed by her flooded entrance. It would tense down on him weakly every now and then, squeezing him as echoes of her orgasm bounced back and forth with her. That she came at all he would be ever grateful for. Annabelle held still and tentatively felt between her legs at their joining, almost wishing she had her phone so she could assess the situation down there properly with a picture. It was a slippery mess, their fluids coated everything and made a mat of her finely trimmed pubes. As it was, her labia and the entrance of her vagina felt like they were being split apart. Thankfully it wasn't as bad as in the beginning. Maybe all that come of his was making her relax. Perhaps it was blind hope, but she thought it didn't feel impossible now that she'd straddled the biggest hurdle, so to speak, 
With a sigh, she pulled up and off him. Gasping again as pain shot through her abused sex, Chris moaned as well, feeling her slip off his end was almost a relief, but he knew he'd be wishing himself back inside her soon enough. Annabelle cupped her vulva gingerly as his thick, sperm-laden semen began flowing back out of her reluctantly. She winced, there was definitely soreness as her body tried to readjust back to her natural shape. Fuel, she said jokingly. See? That wasn't so bad. Chris just shook his head as they briefly cleaned themselves up. He'd seen the pained look on her face. When they turned the shower off he guided her from the stall and out onto the fluffy white bath mat. It was obvious she'd gone too far. In the moment he was too distracted to stop her but now he felt wretched. It was clear he'd hurt her dot he dried her off gently with the plush hotel towels. Annabelle complied contentedly, perfectly willing to submit to a post-orgasm pampering and a little bit of manhandling. Chris noticed she still cupped her sex, he thought it was probably a good thing. Maybe his cum would help soothe or even heal whatever pain she felt. He fervently wished it did that he caught several reflections of his body in the partially fogged mirror and ignored them, unwilling to confront reality for the moment that he led her back into their bedroom and they lay down together. The bed creaking, protesting under his increased weight as he spooned in behind. Holding her close, he sighed and took a deep breath. Don't even start, Chris. I did what I did because I wanted to and we're going to goddamn keep doing it until I tell you to stop. Okay? Annabelle preempted his hand-wringing. Chris didn't answer. Sure, it was her choice but that didn't mean he was okay with hurting her for the sake of having sex. Okay? She raised her voice a little and looked up at him indignantly. Okay. He murmured. Jeez. Good. The young vixen settled back onto the pillow, grasping his great big hand and pulling it to rest on her tummy. Now, it wasn't even that bad so quit beating yourself up. Besides, what's the point in living in a world full of magic if we can't come up with a solution for such a minor setback? Minor? He smirked, unable to help himself. Fuck off, Chris, or I'm going to have to assume you're enjoying this. She laughed at her poor choice of phrase. Okay, let's grab a nap. She settled down into the bed contentedly, enjoying the warmth and sensation of having so much of his tingling, warm spend inside her. He definitely hadn't come that much previously, not in human form anyway. She spared a worried thought for Susan. From her illicit chats with the witch, Chris seemed to take pleasure in force-feeding her more magic than she could handle, and it was a very intense experience. What would it be like for her now? She could feel him scenting her hair behind her and let out a soft sigh, her eyelids feeling so heavy. A as she nodded away, tired after a night spent worrying about him, Chris considered what she'd said. What point indeed, was a penis so large it caused this much trouble that he'd been blindsided by this latest change to his physique? Sure, when he'd first awoken back on the farm with Annabelle, it had taken a while to adjust to his new stature and strength. No one had told him he'd turn into a fucking giant when he finally merged completely. In fact, his dragon was curious about the changes too, unusually stumped compared to the reason for everything attitude he'd grown to expect. Lillian's training was going to be vital for him to get used to this body and build new muscle memory. He resolved to throw himself into it wholeheartedly tomorrow. Shit, he probably had to buy an entirely different set of clothes too. He mused sleepily about who he could talk to about his new penis. Obviously Susan and his dragonesses would be supportive but he doubted they knew the sort of spell craft that might help. Come to think of it, he had no idea what sort of spell craft that might be. He relied entirely on his focused intentions, knew little to no real theory whatsoever. Hold on a second, he thought. I should be able to fix this myself. The tiredness fled his body as he started gathering energy hastily. He grasped roughly at the magic inside him but found that exertion of force was unnecessary. It came to him smoothly now, flowing from that trickling stream dwelling within him. Already it had started to refill his empty reserves, but he reached into the ether to help expand the flow. He quivered gently with coursing power as he began considering what he wanted. He wanted to change his human form back to the way it had been before. Especially, he wanted loving, fun, hassle-free sex with his partners. Those thoughts focused inwards on himself. Concentrating single-mindedly, he tried feeding energy into them. He was met with fierce resistance. Unsure what to do, he foolishly reached for more power. It was no use. He only felt the resistance flex or perhaps bend a little but ultimately hold firm. The energy he'd gathered vibrated angrily. Nothing grounded it that he tried again, suddenly frightened at the sensation of his magic, failing him for the first time. 
It felt like a swarm of angry bees had taken up residence in his chest. Worse, he had no easy outlet. This was exactly what Emmy had warned him about. Why wasn't it working? Could he not change himself? He had to do something with the energy soon. The first true embers of panic began to smolder and glow in his mind. An errant, fleeting thought popped into existence. Annabelle. It was crazy, it was stupid, but at that point, Chris was grasping for any lifeline. All that magic had to go somewhere, and quickly. His hand slipped down her soft tummy and into her short curls, cupping her puffy mons. What did he want? Wonderful, slippery, hot, satisfying sex. He wanted to slip deep inside her and have her love every second, not hurt her. He hoped she would be resilient and ever eager for more. He could sense the remnant of his freshly deposited come inside her. There was a well of power there, and the unstable energy he called upon leapt eagerly towards it like lightning to a grounding rod. It was working. He quickly tempered his intentions, infusing the enchantment with patience and painlessness. Hurting her now with his hastily prepared spell would be inexcusable. The magic slowed in response, but the draw increased, becoming a steady stream towards her sex rather than a mad rush. The enchantment demanded more, and he happily called upon that unknown trickle as his reserves well and truly ran dry. He spent more than ten minutes feeding the spell as much as it needed, chanting his intentions like a mantra all the while. He felt it churn lazily, anchored to her body by the thick semen still filling her vagina. Finally, it was done. The magic broke contact on its own, leaving him light-headed and bone-tired. He never felt that truly drained in all his life, not even after a full day of stacking hay bales by hand in Jethry's barn. First Petra, healing the warboy, and now this? What was he thinking? He shook his head at his own eager foolishness, praying for the best. He hoped like hell this was going to work. She'd be mad enough as it was that he'd been experimenting on her in her sleep like some sort of pervert. A further wave of unrelenting tiredness swept through him. It couldn't be denied. His head lolled back onto the soft pillow. Eyes fluttering closed, he nestled into the unruly river of her still damp hair, scenting her. Sleep quickly embraced him with its gentle ardor. Chris became aware of the presence as soon as he slipped into the ether. Something alien brushed momentarily against his consciousness, questing, seeking. It felt like the disturbing, fleeting touch of a fish against a leg in murky water. Everything appeared how he'd come to expect it to, gray-toned and insubstantial. Still, there was no doubt he was being observed closely. A shiver of apprehension ran up his spine. He sat up cautiously, head on a swivel as he looked for the source of the disturbance. When he looked at Annabelle's slumbering form he paused. She was not the ghostly form he had thought to find. Instead, she had far more substance to her ether presence than normal. Resting on her side, he could see that although her extremities seemed normal, the area around her groin and tummy were more present in the ether. The area was giving off a telltale purple hued shimmer that instantly placed the blame for the irregularity squarely on his shoulders. Before Chris could begin to wonder if that might mean his enchantment had been successful, the presence returned in force. It seized him, he was helpless to resist. He gasped aloud, his bulky body crashing to its knees on the nearby floor. The presence was vast. It encircled his consciousness and laid him bare like an open book. Chris looked on with enforced detachment as it read everything that he knew, everything that he was. It understood him completely in mere seconds. There was no option for resistance or struggle only to wait as it took from him what it willed. When it was done, the presence somehow loosened its grip on his mind and he began to feel again. He wished it hadn't. Tears welled unbidden in his eyes and a wrenching sense of violation settled deep in his gut. Throat thickening painfully, he should have felt anger. Instead he somehow knew it would be pointless. The presence was simply observing on a level he couldn't understand with a simple term like curiosity. Whatever it was, this thing could crush him like an offending insect if it chose. That was not its choice as his body stiffened a few moments later. The sensation was reversed, and it started feeding him information instead. Chris' stomach churned as the first blurry images entered his consciousness. This was almost worse than before, his stomach now wriggled dangerously, and a nagging pain grew at the base of his skull. He groaned aloud as an image flashed into his mind. Perhaps image was the wrong word, impression would be more accurate. Half of his awareness saw pure darkness, the other half, light. It wasn't as simple as that though. It wasn't black versus white, it was presence and absence. It was opposed forces. It was balance. Chris could sense frustration coming down the line. 
Evidently, he hadn't comprehended the message correctly. Next, he saw a light so blinding that from his limp kneeling position, he instantly shut his eyes. It made no difference, of course. His eyes had nothing to do with what he was seeing. However, after a moment or two the impression was mercifully dimming anyway, fading into darkness. For a while, there was a pleasant balance but ever the darkness grew. Finally, the light was no more. Darkness was all there was. It was as terrifying and empty as the light had been blinding. All he wanted was to shut his eyes and look away. The presence knew he didn't understand. Chris could feel its frustration. It could have made him understand in an instant but such contact would utterly destroy him. His thoughts were too simplistic. The entity weighed its next move carefully. A woman Chris instantly recognized from forgotten childhood memories flashed into his mind. His mother. She lay naked on a white stone floor, breast heaving, sweat on her brow. Her body was flushed beautifully, and seed dripped between her thighs. His father was there, lying beside her, his member slick and softening against her warm skin. Around them, symbolic rings of various construction nestled in expanding layers on the floor. Some looked wooden, a few metal, and there was even one that was clearly liquid, somehow contained into the outline of a perfect sphere. To Chris, it was obviously part of some spell or ritual. The presence was there too, hidden from sight but blindingly bright in his mind's eye nonetheless. His parents kissed lovingly, pride and happiness evident in their expressions. The presence descends into his mother, sparking what Chris instinctively knew was his own life. What did it mean? His dragon was just as confused. The presence had tampered with his conception? You did something to me? Chris asked, suddenly finding his unsteady voice. Affirmation? He felt the response immediately, though it was followed by the sense that he grasped only the most basic aspect of what he was being shown. The presence changed topic again, encouraged by the recent success. It brought forward all Chris knew of magic. So began a review of every time he'd used it, intentionally or not. He saw from the dragon's perspective for the first time. Felt how he used iron-willed intention to direct energy. It was so instinctual, so ingrained. Suddenly he grasped that the dragon had no understanding of the process, only that he had the ability to do it. What then is magic? How does it work? Next, memories from his high school textbooks flashed into mind. Pages of text and colorful images depicting things like molecules, atoms, and waveforms. He'd never been much of a science buff, though he had found the subjects interesting enough. His knowledge there was also sadly lacking by the entity's estimation, but Chris still managed to draw a tenuous connection. How the hell could science explain magic? Wasn't that the whole point, that it defied scientific logic? A resounding yes echoed back at him as the presence read his confused thoughts. Chris knew he was asking the right questions, but goddamn his head was really starting to feel like it was being split in two. The presence began withdrawing reluctantly. It sensed an approaching threshold, a limit to his feeble endurance. It didn't want to damage him. Wait. What am I supposed to do? Chris asked as it slipped away from him. The only response was a faint glimpse of that first image, half darkness, half light. He slumped onto the incorporeal floor, staring up at the gray ceiling. He lay there for a long time, muscles occasionally twitching as his headache gradually faded. Eventually he got up and made a start on getting his life back on track. The sound of chirping night insects filled the muggy air and created a relaxing melody. It soothed the man in the cheap suit as he considered the news that had been trickling in all day. Denver was abuzz, the dragon grew powerful. The heat didn't seem to bother him one bit as he sat on edge of the old wooden porch, a dilapidated mansion behind him. Every now and then, a deep red glow bloomed around the tip of his cigar. With it, thick smoke would cling near his face before dissipating reluctantly into the moist night air. Roddick sighed, faced with a difficult decision. He always had struggled letting go of things. He'd been held back by this flaw of character before. He had that nagging sensation that it was about to do so again if he wasn't careful. Still, he knew only one of the paths before him tickled his cold heart to the utmost dot he lay back on the rickety boards, stared at the stars, and let himself fall into fantasy. He followed that devious path, frolicking with childlike glee, a huge smile on his face. Yes, this was the path to take. Up ahead, as if seen through a shimmering haze of possibility, he bathed in a pool of rich gore, triumphant, and once again master of his true form. He saw the pool ripple and twitch near the center, something grew within. His heart soared as he recognized her by only the tips of her spiral horns, watching in awe as her resplendent form breached the thick surface. Her eyes were open even as she rose through the blood. 
The pleasure on her usually terrifying countenance told him instantly that he had indeed earned her favor. That she would sully her perfection by taking physical form was a temptation calling to him like a siren. Those eyes. Those all-seeing, lidless eyes were the most beautiful thing he would ever behold. Behind him, the great purple beast keened his death note, the last of his lifeblood gurgling richly down into the pool to mingle with that of the insignificant others. How fitting that a glimpse of her perfection was the last thing he would see. Roddick smiled wistfully as he found himself back on the porch, an incessant erection tenting his suit pants that he chuckled. The bright presence he detected earlier, that telltale trace of the enemy, was cause for caution. It had disappeared so quickly that he was inclined to disregard it for now. Besides, the reward he'd seen down that wonderful path would have had him swimming through acid if he thought it would bring him an inch closer to fulfilling his goal. He looked down at his crotch again, still tinted and not showing any sign of going away. Who could blame it after catching a glimpse of her? Perhaps it could be put to use though, he did enjoy the effect his enthusiastic attentions had on these pitiful human creatures. Their screams were music to his ears and their life force would provide him rich sustenance, prepare him for what was to come. Besides, it was time he started collecting. It was delightful to once again bask in his true nature. The careful tiptoeing he'd been forced to for the past two years disgusted him. He picked himself up and brushed the dust off his back. Briefcase in hand, he snubbed the cigar on the desiccated wood of the porch and turned towards the faint lights of the small town just a few miles away. Lillian was back the very next morning, dragging Chris' bulky frame to the gym and putting him through his paces over and over. She didn't volunteer where she'd been and Chris took that as a sign to not ask. Her glee in punishing him out on the practice mats seemed to have grown if anything. His ill-fitting clothes distracted him, making him an easy target for her blows. A couple t-shirts still fit, the ones with elastic materials integrated into the fabric, like the one he wore now. The rest of his clothes looked comical, if he could even get them on. Damn, he was going to have to buy more shit today. Pay attention. The full-bodied vampire landed a smarting blow against the side of his head, sending his ear ringing. She missed seeing him change back into this larger human form and was interested to assess his new limits. Sorry, there's a lot rattling around in here this morning. Chris replied, tapping his head and recovering his stance just outside her range. She lunged forward immediately with a wicked knee and Chris barely recognized her intention to grapple him. His training took over. He stepped slightly to the side, absorbing part of the impact with his thigh, turning her aside. He slipped away from her grasping, deadly fingers and managed to find a firm grip on the back of her neck. As she sailed by, he added his strength to her momentum and rode her down onto the floor, hard. He landed on top of her, a knee in her lower back and his other hand locking one of her fingers threateningly in a hold she'd taught him. Lillian was surprised to find her face pressed firmly into the mat, its plastic, sweaty scent smothering her senses. Her breasts throbbed painfully, having received much of the impact. She ignored the discomfort, and quickly attempted to throw him off with a powerful buck of her hips before he had a chance to secure his position. Unfortunately, her strength didn't avail her this time. Instead his grip simply got tighter. Interesting. She drew more strength, digging deep enough to feel her inner beast stir and rumbled dangerously. She wriggled powerfully, attempting to get one of her knees under her. All it got her was a warning growl and a very sore finger. If she'd been fighting for her life, embracing that darkness and sacrificing her finger would have been the natural choice. Locked in such a compromising position, Lillian might have conceded the dragon a point and reset their practice bout. The very idea chafed her, a frustrated grunt escaping her, as she struggled vainly. Perhaps it was his obviously increased strength and her own answering draw of vampiric power which drove her to it but silently, a twenty-kilo weight ring from the stack servicing the bench press in the adjoining gym room rose into the air. It was heavy, at the limits of her ability in both weight and distance. She pulled it to her roughly with a mental jerk. Give it up, Lillian! He chuckled maddeningly. I've got you trust like a... The way struck his shoulder, thankfully flat face first before it grazed over the top of his head to clatter into the opposite wall. The impact sent him sprawling across the mats, stunned, the breath whooshing from his lungs. She was on him in a flash, straddling his chest then wrapping her entire body around his arm and falling next to him on the floor. Her live form contorted, tugging his limb in way that left his foggy mind no doubt she could and probably would break it if he didn't submit. Still, it wasn't all bad. The luscious skin of her bared thighs almost smothered his face. He could smell her sweat and excitement, she was getting off on their mock battle. Even better, 
His forearm was lodged snugly in a plush valley of cleavage, separated only by the sweat-moist gray cotton of her sportswear tank top. What a way to lose an arm. Who's trussed up now, young one? She panted. Me, I guess. That was dirty, Lillian. He accused groggily. He hadn't seen what had hit him like a freight train. His head was still ringing, but he was sure it wasn't part of a fair fight. Yeah? What are you going to do about it? She laughed at his accusation and flexed her torso up to contort his arm a little more. Chris let out a hiss of pain and thought back to what she taught him about getting out of such a hold. It wasn't going to work, she had him good and was his equal in strength. That left, he smiled. Whilst his arm was painfully immobilized, his hand still had a little wiggle room. He pinched the soft upper swell of her left breast, eliciting an indignant screech from the voluptuous vampire. He'd never been that bold with before and it clearly startled her. Her grip loosened, and he used the opportunity to vanish into the ether. Lillian looked around the now empty room, a bemused little smile on her lips. The air was still thick with his heady scent, and she could feel his muted presence lingering nearby, stalking her from his mysterious realm. Her body quivered almost imperceptibly. This was a man who could match her. I can fight dirty too, he said with amusement from directly behind her. She whirled to find him ready, in a fighting stance, a snarl on her face. They stared at each other for a few moments, two deadly beings squaring off. To fight or fuck neither were sure in that moment. Lillian was about to spring at him when she recognized the feral instincts coursing through her for what they were. The vampiric beast inside her was dangerously unchained and taking hold of her body. She began fighting a fierce internal battle, forcing the writhing, screaming, dark entity back into its prison deep within her. Her body slackened with the effort but she was ultimately triumphant. It was a frightening experience, reminding her that she must always be in control around the temptations of the dragon. The boy had a worried look on his face, he'd obviously seen something of her internal struggle. His concern both touched and shamed her. Good thing she'd indulged in fresh blood last night, borrowing one of her few friends' familiars to quell her cravings with the gluttony of fresh blood. Without it, who knows what she might have done a few moments ago. Sink slightly lower on your legs, Chris, and pull that left elbow in a little. She critiqued his stance harshly to distract him. No more abilities for today, I got a little carried away there. Okay. Chris agreed a little confused with his vampire instructor but letting it go. There was something else going on, he could see it in her eyes. Good. Your strength has obviously improved but that's to be expected I guess. She paused, cocking her head as if to assess him in a new light. The boy, no, the man was almost as broad as Oslo across the chest. Oslo was a goddamn werebear. Chris was taller now too, meaning his muscles had increased in both length and volume. This body of his was her canvas, and she was going to paint a masterpiece of combat. She smiled viciously, the tiniest hint of her Russian heritage seeping into her voice. Okay then, let's see how you handle my speed. Without any more warning, she launched into a relentless series of lightning attacks. This time, she kept hawk-like focus on her task and a savage grip on her treacherous instincts. She didn't let up for half an hour. Chris was wheezing when she finally called it quits after taking his breath from him with a skillfully executed strike targeting his diaphragm. How? He panted. How can you fight for so long? I could keep up in the beginning but you just wore me down again and again. Oxygen. You need it, I don't. She replied with a broad smile, releasing her sweaty brown hair from its ponytail and shaking it out in preparation to hit the showers. You did well to keep up for so long, I admit. However, I run on blood whilst you need oxygen and have to wait for your cells to convert food into energy. You'll only tire a vampire by forcing them to use their reserves to the last, at which point they will become very weak. The best way to do that would be to force them to regenerate. It requires a lot of energy. So there you have it. If you're fighting a vampire, don't draw it out and don't hesitate to get brutal. Rip an arm off or something. That's messed up. He watched her run her fingers through her long hair. Hang on. If you don't need oxygen, why are you sweating? Good observation, Chris. It's interesting, actually. Our cells are technically dead by human standards but retain a lot of their function through the parasite that is transferred in our venom and our blood. It takes over the functions of the body at the moment of death using an entirely different biochemistry based on the life force of the blood we consume. The longer a vampire lives, the more potent they become. They've had more time to consume blood and the parasite has multiplied and strengthened for hundreds of years. We still sweat as a cooling method, as using energy creates heat. 
As you already know, we don't fare too well with heat, fire, and especially sunlight. That's sort of cool, I guess. It would also be a bit of a giveaway if all you needed to do to spot a vampire was force everyone on a five-mile run and see who didn't shed a drop. Yes, there was a time several hundred years ago when some powerful vampires were reckless in their habits. Humans were on the brink of catching on to us. They were dealt with eventually and a dedicated misinformation campaign soon took care of any suspicious humans, leaving behind all the myths and vampire culture you see today. That's the basis for garlic, crosses, and holy water which are entirely ineffectual. Though I admit that too much garlic contained the flavor of a human's blood. I'm sure Annabelle would love to hear that. I bet she'd start feeding it to all of us just to tease you. Chris chuckled tiredly. I suppose she would. Lillian smiled. It would do the girl no good, the dragon's scent would still intoxicate her. Okay, Chris, let's get cleaned up so we can get breakfast. You did tire me this morning, I just don't show it until I've got nothing left. When they got back to the hotel suite, Chris went to the bedroom to change. He quickly spotted Annabelle's handiwork cello taped to the headboard of their bed. She printed something that looked like a warning placard. It was complete with a big red cross ring and warning in large type across the top. He didn't recognize the picture inside the red ring from across the room, so he moved closer. It was a stylized vagina. The fine text read, warning. Tampering with pussies is illegal. Common fucking decency provides for penalty of blue balls until the end of time, or a $3,200 fine for tampering with pussy in this bed or disabling pussy tampering detection devices. He howled with laughter, and Susan popped her head in the door to see what the commotion was about. Chris couldn't spare the breath, so pointed to the sign. Soon Susan was laughing too which brought Annabelle from the kitchen where she'd been preparing breakfast. We'll see who's laughing in a few days. She threatened before scampering back to monitor the stove. It wasn't very thoughtful, Chris. Be careful with magic, please. Susan cautioned him when they'd calmed down. I know, Mom, it was stupid and dangerous and disrespectful in the extreme. I keep apologizing and she says she's forgiven me but that I can't go unpunished. Which is fair, I think. Well, I've been asked to support your punishment as a show of solidarity. No nookie for you. She spoke before leaning down to whisper hotly in his ear. But if it gets too bad you know where to find me. After gathering for Annabelle's delicious French toast and berry compote, the dragon's brood split to their various appointments. Michelle was about to go back into planning meetings. Allied governments worldwide were allocating resources to the revelation, and it was a huge undertaking. Her goal for the morning was to screen three key candidates, and work on updating the dossier given to new recruits. That would be relatively relaxing. The afternoon, however, was going to be high-strung. Yesterday she, with Rayla's help, had soothed things over between the Synod and some ruffled higher-ups in the government military complex regarding Chris' unauthorized activities above Alaska. Michelle's plan had gone well so far and Rayla even seemed a little impressed. After a little colluding with some of her counterparts in other organizations, Michelle convinced her superiors to push for Chris to answer to the U.S. government for his actions with Rayla having the final word on the execution of any suggested reparation. This was all very new to everyone. Such an event would previously have been charmed out of existence by a Synod-appointed specialist or left in the hands of the local territory authority such as Rayla herself. Also, now that the humans were involved, there had to be some sort of communication whenever an issue arose from a being-human clash. As Michelle left the apartment, Chris, Annabelle, and Claire were preparing to hit the being district's shops in search of larger clothes for Chris. Susan had suggested over breakfast that they inquire about altering his existing wardrobe magically so that was on the list too. It wasn't a particularly warm morning but felt like it could get hot later. The sky was clear with barely a whisper of a breeze as the trio exited onto the quiet street at the back of the hotel. Their invisible vampire shadow followed closely, but tried to be unobtrusive preferring to watch the dynamic between the three rather than participate. Annabelle quickly inserted herself against the dragon's side as they began to walk the short distance to the highest concentration of stores. The young dragoness, bedecked in skin-tight stretchy jeans and a thin turtleneck sweater on top, held back a few steps. Unsure if taking his other side would be appropriate. When he noticed, Chris looked back over his shoulder at her and beckoned her closer. The beautiful redhead beamed at him as she pushed in close and felt his large hand settle on her lower back. Claire couldn't help her heart fluttering, her hand hovering over her belly button as she caught a thick waft of his scent. This is what she'd been missing all these years, a mate. 
It was extremely satisfying to her dragon instincts to be held so possessively and sensed the new life growing inside her. Annabelle was a little surprised to see Chris openly display such affection in public but she realized this was part of his being. She didn't expect him to ignore the other women in public. That would mean they were ashamed or hiding something. Besides, she thought with pride, one look at the body trying to rip that little t-shirt to pieces would leave no doubt in anyone's mind why he had a woman on each arm. She smiled, marveling at the masterful, unobtrusive way the magic surrounding her boyfriend was altering the very way she thought. She could recognize the influence but there was no sense of insidiousness or control associated with the thoughts. They felt genuine and usually delightfully sinful. The trio did get a few looks from passerby but they weren't so much disapproving. Surprise mixed with a hint of envy or admiration seemed common as well as gaping at Chris' sheer size. Soon they arrived at the shop where Chris had purchased Annabelle's wonderful black dress from. The little bell on the back of the doorway jingled happily to announce them. Mary looked up from her sewing machine in the back of the shop. An excited tingle caressed her skin and goosed her arms wonderfully. She sensed that a powerful aura had just entered her wards. Interestingly, was fluctuating unsteadily, dipping up and down in intensity, as she cautiously peeked her head out onto the shop floor. The witch couldn't help an excited squeak when she saw who was back in her shop again. She rushed forward to greet them. Chris, Annabelle! I was hoping you'd return but this is a lovely surprise to have you so soon. What can I do for you today? She paused, cocking her head towards the dragon conspiratorially. Are you trying to hide your presence from me? If so, it isn't working. Not from you specifically, Mary, I'm just trying to practice masking it out in public. Chris said. I'd like to introduce you to Claire Godran, we're recently mated. Hmm. The witch sighed dreamily. It's nice to meet you Claire and congratulations, I heard some very joyful rumors floating around yesterday morning and I do hope they're true. What have you heard? The redhead asked having a sinking suspicion that the chicken had flown the coop. Well, that you and your beautiful mother are both pregnant by this hunk of a man, of course. The witch was clearly excited at the prospect of getting a scoop on such a juicy piece of gossip and wasn't afraid to come right out and ask. That's a little rude, don't you think, Mary? Lillian startled everyone as she emerged from invisibility and spoke for the first time in the morning's outing. Jesus, Lillian! You're going to give me a heart attack. Mary held a hand over her chest. Claire glanced up at her mate quickly and decided to come out with the truth. There was no use trying to hide now. Once the bean gossip mill started up, you were better to get ahead of things. It's okay, Lillian, Claire said. It is true. We were planning on keeping it quiet a bit longer but after Mom and Chris were seen together yesterday, I guess it wasn't hard for people to figure out what was going on. Yes, Han, I'm afraid the floor of Rayla's court isn't the best place for a discreet encounter. Mary teased Chris. Honey, you don't have to hold yourself back in my store, it's warded. Whatever goes on here is only barely detectable outside. I guess it would be nice to take a break, it's not easy holding it all down inside me, I don't have much practice at it yet. He replied that as he slowly released his magic back up into its resting state. He could feel the uncomfortable fluctuations ease. It was content to no longer be imprisoned in his belly. Mary was stunned to feel the radiance of his aura. She'd heard about this effect too but experiencing it firsthand was the only way to do it justice. The dragon's warm magic flowed around her, trickling into her veins effortlessly. She sighed, feeling like she could happily float away into this warm embrace forever. Mary? Chris watched the witch's eyelids flutter. Mary! Oh, I'm sorry. She seemed to come back to herself. Mm, that is lovely, Chris. I'm so sorry you have to hide it. I wish you could share your gift with everyone. Thank you, perhaps one day I will. Listen, as you can see, I've grown a little since our last visit and not much fits anymore. I wasn't looking forward to buying a completely new wardrobe so Susan suggested I come here and ask if you would be interested in doing adjustments for me. I'd pay, of course. Chris asked politely. I'd be delighted to, Chris. Mary had to admit she would have struggled to refuse the dragon anything at that point, especially as his scent was now beginning to seep into her system too. She caught herself falling dangerously close to a state of intoxication and briefly warded herself against his influence. Unfortunately, this negated much of her ability to absorb his aura too. I would be willing to waive my labor fees given your previous generosity. All I require is a payment for or even a direct trade of energy. I could get onto it right away. How does that sound? It sounds fantastic. Thanks, Mary. I'll need to take your measurements, of course. 
The witch flicked her dark hair over her shoulder and gave Annabelle a friendly smirk. Of course. Annabelle rolled her eyes. You'll get used to this soon enough. Claire whispered into Annabelle's ear, placing a friendly hand on her hip. Doesn't it excite you, though? Seeing her fawn over him but knowing he's all ours. Annabelle gave a tiny, hesitant nod of her head and returned the dragoness' friendly smile. Mary quickly retrieved her tape measure and notebook from the counter and sidled up to Chris with mischief in her eyes. From behind she measured across his shoulders, down his arm, around his neck and chest before scribbling down some figures in her little book. She glided in front of him and pulled herself close to reach around and measure his proportionately narrow hips, brushing her body into him ever so softly. Finally, she sank to her knees, running a hand down the outside of his powerful, denim-clad thigh as if she needed the support. Looking up, she made a show of holding the notebook between her teeth to free both hands. She held one end of the tape low on his ankle. The other slid slowly up the inside of his leg, contacting him occasionally and sending nervous jolts up his body. Chris couldn't help watching her full, red lips as she blatantly teased him. His primal instinct was to reach down and guide her to something that would really smear that sultry lipstick of hers. It was much stronger than he'd felt the pull before whilst in human form. He was very tempted indeed, knowing with the dragon's confidence that he could pull such a bold move off. His human side still had a say in it though, and was nervous to feel that gentle sensation of her hand creeping up his thigh. When his member gave a mighty twitch right next to her hand, he lost his nerve. His hand shot forwards to prevent her touch, embarrassed and unwilling to continue her game. I'm sorry I got carried away. Mary blushed, dropping the notebook onto the floor as she looked into his face and saw his discomfort. It was so easy to forget he was so young, so easy to get swept away in his presence. It's not your fault, Mary. Chris diffused as he released her hand. She finished more professionally and darted the two women and the vampire a guilty look as she finished her notes and took stock of his full measurements. Damn. You have been eating your oats, haven't you? Hmm, let me think about this. What sort of items do you want modified? Pretty much everything I have here in Denver. It's two suitcases full. Chris answered. Okay, and how would you like to trade? She asked. We came better prepared this time. Lillian brought forward Chris' little black bag and placed it on the nearby counter. She'd been concealing it along with herself. Chris revealed three medium-sized quartz crystals, the product of his efforts with Susan over the last week or so. They were faintly infused with his purple essence, indicating that they were saturated with energy. The bag still held his treasure trove of dragon gold but he was resolved to hold onto it for big-ticket purchases. Besides, it was good to be self-sufficient, using the magical currency of his own creation. Mary held her hand over each crystal in turn, enjoying the sensation of the rich, vigorous magic. It was vital and eager to leap up into her fingertips, superlative quality. Two will be more than sufficient. She sighed, almost reluctant to admit it. I should be able to resize and make your clothes stain-proof. I will return the empty crystals, of course. Great. Thanks, Mary. We'll get them sent over to you right away. Perhaps you could work on a set of jeans and a few shirts first thing so I can wear them to this meeting I've got in the afternoon? Oh, can you do shoes too? Yes, that's fine, Chris. I'll have you something to wear by midday and I'll throw in some shoe resizes on the house. They aren't my specialty, but I'd hate to send you somewhere else. Mary smiled and picked up her two chosen crystals, placing them delicately on a velvet-covered tray she kept just behind the counter. Thank you, Mary. Annabelle spoke as they turned to leave. It was nice to meet you. Claire smiled. After returning to the hotel and handing over Chris' suitcases to the concierge service for delivery, Annabelle dragged them all back out to a beautiful cafe she'd spotted previously. They sat enjoying the late morning sunshine for well over an hour in a little back garden that Annabelle instantly fell in love with. Claire ordered a fresh juice but Chris and Annabelle sampled the cafe's wonderfully smooth and skillfully brewed coffee. They chatted amiably as the girls took the chance to get better acquainted. Lillian assured them that the cafe was fully shielded from casual human suspicion. They were free to talk about anything they didn't mind being overheard by any nearby beings. Both women were highly passionate in their own ways and clearly driven. Chris could already see Annabelle beginning to look up to Claire as a friend from some of her mannerisms he'd observed during high school. They discussed their plans for the rest of the summer. Claire was happy to take the time to get to know Chris and the new city she would be living in. Besides, she would be settling into a long pregnancy. All too soon, her nesting instincts would kick in. Still, she hoped to find some online courses to enroll in. 
Eventually, she wanted to return to a position like she'd had at the medical clinic in San Diego before her move. The urge to provide aid to all, being or human, ran strong in her veins. That would be on hold indefinitely though, she was soon to be a mother. Chris wanted to continue absorbing as much information and training as he could before the hectic and uncertain times the revelation was bound to bring. He also recognized the need to provide for his growing family. They couldn't rely on Rayla's generosity and protection indefinitely. Annabelle, on the other hand, was still keen to find a kitchen job before her classes started in the fall. If she could stay on part-time while she attended cooking school, that would be a huge financial boon. Chris tried to persuade her to consider holding off on the job for now. He wanted her to learn more about beings and magic, especially her link with Bartholomew. Ever since she made that heartfelt plea to her little protector and felt him respond, he'd been very obedient and agreeable. That didn't mean he wasn't still mischievous as hell, but he would listen to her and follow instructions. There had also been no more unexplained outbursts of magic, which gave Annabelle a lot more confidence to be in public without him causing trouble. Annabelle was torn, she understood the importance of learning more about this new world but she was also passionate about continuing her dream. Going to culinary school and beginning her career as a chef would give her something productive to do. She didn't want to let go of that because she knew it was her calling. Midday was upon them before they realized it. They collected Chris' first installment of modified clothes from Mary. He changed in the back room and couldn't help but wonder at the witch's skill to get everything so perfectly sized. The clothes fit like they'd been tailor-made, which he supposed they almost were. They parted ways back at the hotel, Chris receiving affectionate kisses from both girls before Lillian had to strong-arm him down to one of Rayla's offices for this meeting. Young man, Michelle speaks very highly of you and your commitment to this process. President Falconer addressed Chris sternly through the video call. I understand that you were in a satiation of duress when the event happened, and it was part of you coming into your powers more fully. Heck, I remember the turmoil I felt at your age and I was only worried about girls and fast cars. However, we can't be seen playing favorites, and you did give our boys up in Alaska quite a scare. Thankfully we got control of the situation before it spread too far but this could have been a disaster. We're calling it an emergency intervention against a malfunctioning satellite. I'm always amazed by these cover stories they come up. The Russians didn't buy it so we had to tell them what really happened but everyone else seems to be in the dark. Thankfully they're fully on board with this revelation. It sure helps that the vampire families have got deep connections over there. I'm sorry sir. Chris was truly repentant. It was only now that he'd had it all laid out before him that he realized how much trouble he could have caused. Not to worry my boy. The wonderful Agent Hammond has convinced me to try this her way so here's what we are offering. You're going to work for us. As well as these promotional thingies those media airheads have cooked up, you're going to start training to deploy with some of our field teams. My generals are bugging me about the need to have beings we can count on to assist us if we come up against supernatural threats. You spook them pretty good and they seem to think anyone who can dodge one of their thad missiles is worth trying to recruit. Aren't you worried about my loyalty, or what people will think when they find out you're using beings offensively? I'm not going to be some mindless grunt who goes around doing your dirty work, sir. Chris didn't like the sound of this idea very much. It's not going to be like that, Chris. Michelle placed her hand on his forearm to calm him. You'll be working with us at the Being Interaction Agency. You'll mostly be doing public relations stuff and helping wherever you can. We would only ask you to go into combat in the direst situation and you'll be fully briefed beforehand. That's right. The president continued. From what I understand, we couldn't very well order you to do something you didn't want to do anyway, given your abilities. We need someone on our side, Christopher. We need someone who is willing to help us if the Synod is unable or unwilling to, especially when it comes to some of the more unstable governments around the world. Michelle tells me you care about humans more than most. I think this is a good way for you to help your country and make sure this revelation is as smooth as possible. Oh, did I mention you'll be paid top dollar with diplomatic benefits? No, you didn't. Chris raised an eyebrow and glanced at Michelle. I've been brought up to speed on your species endangered status, Chris. The president continued, eager to sell the young man on the idea now that he'd gained his interest. I understand you're going to be a father soon too. We will do everything we can to keep you safe and make it worth your while. Your beautiful lady Nalakis has agreed to provide resources for your protection while you're with us too and you'll be surrounded by our very best. Chris now looked over to Rayla, seated silently by the door with a look on her face that indicated her mind was digesting other things. She nodded subtly to him. 
What about if this whole thing went to shit, sir? He asked. Robert Falconer sighed heavily and rubbed the bridge of his nose. Even thinking about that possibility gave him nightmares, he was still half expecting to wake up one morning and not remember who he was. I would expect you to protect your family above whatever agreement we work out here. I wouldn't ask you to betray your people but I would also hope you wouldn't actively attack us. No one wins in that situation. Good, Chris said. He was starting to see where Michelle had been going with this all along. It was clear the U.S. government was desperate to get their hands on some supernatural resources. He couldn't blame them but he could take advantage of them. It was just as Michelle suggested. Okay then, why don't we get all this in writing and we can go from there? Done. The president couldn't contain his smile. With the meeting over, Rayla retreated to her study, brooding over current events as she had taken to of late. The dragon was an anomaly, dumped unceremoniously in her lap on the eve of this debacle with the humans. The entire situation stank of a larger scheme in play and it maddened her overactive mind to not see how the puzzle pieces fit together. In all our histories, have you ever heard of a dragon like this one, cousin? Rayla broke what had been an hour's silence in her dark study. The only light source came from the suspended orb her cousin was reading by, illuminating him in sharp contrast. No. Arvel looked up over his glasses at Rayla, putting down the thick tomb he'd be scouring. I have been searching for reference of other beings who were similarly unique. Listen to this one. He picked up another ancient book, this one small with a cracked red leather cover. He flicked carefully through the delicate pages, searching for the passage he'd spied before. Though Rayla maintained her treasures religiously, books this old could never be replaced so he handled them with the utmost respect. Here it is. Ahem. In the decades of war following the Great Flight, magic was weak in the New World. The ones who had fought the darkness gave unto the elves instruction to prepare a ward, one which it was said would hold back the forces of darkness forever. Preparation took many years, for the ward was so vast it would protect the entire world, both magic and savage alike. The darkness launched mighty effort to destroy the ward before it was completed but were rebuffed, again and again. Weakened as they were by their battles with the light and the long absence from their dark realm, the dark servants still threw themselves against the elves with unholy zeal. Eventually the great ward was prepared, though the elves and allied races paid dearly in blood. Once again, they summoned those divine creatures, this time to activate the barrier. They were refused. Those great powers could not intercede directly for their own laws forbid it. The elves despaired, for all was surely lost. I in the bleak days that followed, a strange man, great of stature, presented himself to the elfin court. It was said that all who looked upon him were rendered dumb, for he was a vessel overflowing with power. He declared he would activate the ward himself. The price? To sire a child, for he had none to carry on his bloodline. The matriarch of dragons offered herself without hesitation and he took her there, in front of the entire assembly. The man wasted no time fulfilling his promise. The great ward was activated with a violent detonation of pure light. Those few who looked directly upon the conflagration were blinded and spouted madness for years to come. When the spell faded, the man was gone. His clothes, burnt and ruined, were all that was left of him, save the child growing in the dragon's belly. Interesting. Rayla purred when her cousin was finished. The barrier had been in place millennia before I was born. I remember my tutor teaching my sisters and I it was activated by a willing sacrifice, that most powerful source of magic. I have not heard the story told in such detail before, but the author of that book was known for his creative embellishments in other works. You are correct though, the man described as bare resemblance to our dragon. Still, detail is vexingly absent. What sort of creature was that man? Unknown. Perhaps we could research this matriarch of dragons? Surely there is a record of her and her offspring somewhere? Arvel loved a good magical conundrum and this was proving to be a tricky one indeed. An interesting thought, dragonesses do not usually mate with other species. If there was a child from that union, it would be incredibly unlikely it was also a dragon. If there is a record, you know where it will be. Rayla's resentment was clear in her last sentence. Ah, yes. So, we shall assume it is out of reach? Arvel asked. Unfortunately, yes. I am unwilling to pay the price those haughty fools would demand for access to their precious library. Besides, they are currently the largest threat to our dragon. I'm surprised they haven't tried to wrest his custody from me already. The one who orchestrated his father's death still lives. I know for a fact he is responsible for others too, but he hides behind his family's power. Hmm, an impasse then. 
The brown-skinned elf mused with steep fingers. It is the timing that worries me most. Rayla complained. It cannot be coincidence that he just popped up out of nowhere at this moment like some sort of prairie dog. We stand on the most monumental change to our world since the barrier itself, possibly since our ancestors' mysterious arrival to this world. True, that is worrying. There is no doubt this revelation will be written of as a cataclysmic event in both societies. I still wonder how this Radek kept his activities from the Synod just long enough to make the memory charm nigh useless. It is also concerning that the dragon became embroiled in the issue so quickly. Not to mention his penchant for reproduction. Rayla said dryly. Indeed, that shouldn't be overlooked. You've spoken with Elizabeth Guthrie. What does she say of him siring two hatchlings inside a week? Arvel asked. Ha! Huh. She clucks like a broody mother hen and considers it a blessing. There is little we can do for now except watch him closely and provide guidance and protection as we can. A fair assessment, to act rashly or in haste could be disastrous. I will continue researching and arrange for our lessons to begin shortly. Arvel paused weighing his next words carefully. For a stretching moment, he hesitated to voice them for fear of his cousin's temper. What about his power? Surely you thought of having it for your own. Of course I have. Rayla shivered. Have you not seen what he does to those women? He has bound them tighter than I have ever managed by contract, lash, or collar. I do not wish to fall into that same trap. Still, something tells me you will not avoid it forever. The smirk in his tone was subtle but apparently not subtle enough. Out. She hissed, unwilling to abide his teasing impudence in her own study. Yes, beloved cousin. Arvel stood slowly and bowed, mockingly deep, before taking his leave. Rayla fidgeted uncomfortably, simmering, knowing she had only risen to his bait. Still, he raised valid concern. Could she resist the temptation of the dragon's power? Worse, was that temptation only a siren's call? If she answered, could she maintain her independence, her identity, her power? Or would she simply be absorbed into his brood, another willing mare in the young stallion's stable? Several days later, Chris was relaxing, belly down on the couch. Annabelle's slim body lay along his back, warm, heavy, and comforting. She was using him as her own sofa of sorts. Before him, his tablet displayed an explanation of the elemental groups of the periodic table and their generalized properties. He couldn't help being fascinated by the sometimes explosive reactivity of the alkali metals in particular. Educating himself about some of the fundamentals of science had consumed his spare moments for days now. Ever since his encounter with that unknown entity, he'd been reliving its confounding messages again and again. He couldn't make heads or tails of what it all meant but it had shown him images of what he was starting to realize were the building blocks of everything. Physics, chemistry, and to some extent biology held renewed fascination for him. The format of information he gleaned from various websites was different to what had been drummed into him in class at high school. It was easy to learn when everything was right at his fingertips and a multitude of videos were available explaining almost any tricky concept he came across. Further, the more advanced concepts he was discovering, which might have been glossed over in science class, gave him a fuller picture. It was like a whole new world was waiting for him to discover, on top of the magical one he just stepped into. He was determined to up his game so he could discover why that strange visitor had invaded his mind and what it wanted. He told Annabelle about that unnerving encounter. Instantly he could tell that she hadn't grasped the gravity of his experience. Perhaps he'd explained it poorly. To be fair, it was hard to do it justice with words. She seemed to write it off as some sort of inconsequential vision or dream, distracted as she was by his unseemly use of magic on her privates. Her lack of understanding made him shy away from attempting to tell the others. Thinking of telling Rayla especially gave him an uneasy feeling, even though she was probably his best shot. Better to wait and see how things developed, the elf had her hands full. At the back of his mind, a terrible thought lurked. Had he been magically compelled? There was no doubt the entity had the means. His mind had been opened before it. Was the newfound obsession with understanding the physical universe, magic, and his inability to convey his experience with the entity his own? The thought stoked a flickering anger inside him. It made him all the more determined. Though the visit from that mysterious visitor had given him only questions, one thing was becoming clear. His transformation was not normal. Not dragon standards or any other standards for that matter. He'd only just been accustoming himself to the dragon's added strength, heightened senses, and increased. Libido brought on by his first transformation to hybrid form. Then this went and happened. Now he was a veritable giant. 
People openly gawked at him as he passed by, making him feel uncomfortable to leaving the confines of the apartment. He was sure some unknowing human was going to call him out as something alien, yell at him to fuck off back to whatever planet he'd come from or something similar. It never happened though, instead they tended to stare at him dreamily. God help him if he stayed in a confined space with a woman for more than half an hour, they became lust-filled, uninhibited creatures. Almost worse, was the open reverence in the eyes of most lower beings who felt his unobscured aura. It bordered on worship and that was intolerable. He already had Susan researching a high-powered antidote potion he would be able to carry with him to negate his own intoxicating effect. His dragon, while confused as to the how, was of course pleased with the majesty of their new form. It only confirmed what he'd known all along, that they were indeed magnificent. To be adored or feared completely, they were the superior specimen of dragon prowess. The dragon's happy conceitedness infuriated Chris at times, especially when he found himself caught up in his ever-lecherous fantasies. Daydreaming of repopulating the entire dragon race, one noble body at a time was a particular favorite. Another, becoming a total man-whore and ravaging every woman haplessly ensnared by his pheromones, being more human. His physical strength had ratcheted up yet again. He was learning to move carefully and deliberately by default after two broken door handles, a dent in the drywall, and at least three pieces of ruined cutlery. He also had to get used to the added height. At six feet six inches without shoes, he barely fit through a standard door and would bump his head painfully if caught at the wrong part of his stride. Ducking felt unnatural but was becoming part of his routine out of necessity. His skull might be thick but it could only withstand so much punishment. Annabelle seemed to be less concerned than ever with his changes. In fact, using his massive body as her personal furniture was becoming a regular occurrence. Whether in bed, sitting in his lap, or even in public she was adamant about maintaining close contact. He didn't particularly mind, except that her charms were currently off-limits as part of his punishment. Having her using him as body pillow was undoubtedly arousing, leading to mounting sexual frustration. He didn't know how much longer he could stand it. Sooner or later he would have to sneak off to see Susan in the middle of the night for some covert, much-needed release. Right now, she was using his body like some sort of heated settee. She played noncommittally on her phone whilst looking over his shoulder, as he surfed Maginet, and buffed up on the basics of atomic structure. She'd been intermittently teasing him for the last half hour and apparently it was time to begin again. She wet her lips and traced them up the side of his powerfully muscled neck from the collar of his t-shirt. Reaching his ear, she nuzzled and breathed warm across the soft skin and began lip-nibbling his lobe. Her hips bucked involuntarily into his lower back in obvious arousal. An exasperated little chuckle escaped him in reply to her excited antics. I thought I was the one being punished. How long are you going to keep it up? Chris was of course referring to his current punishment of zero penetration by order of his vengeful lover. His hidden erection was currently molesting the leather couch cushions below, but he was trying to play it cool with Annabelle. She always seemed to work herself up more than she bargained for. Until I think the magic finishes working. She whispered directly in his ear. Chris froze at her words. An excited twitch raced up his already steely shaft, probably making an unseemly wet spot in his shorts. Seriously? He asked conspiratorially, turning his face towards her, the article he'd been reading forgotten. Yeah, I noticed this morning putting my underwear on. Oh my god, can I see? He dropped the tablet and squirmed around so he was facing her, plopping her back on top of him. Now she was sitting on the impressive erection tucked up into his waistband. His hands found her prominent butt and began kneading the soft flesh provocatively. Perv. Laughter sparkled in her rich hazel eyes. If I let you see her, I know you won't be able to resist. I promise. I'll be good. Chris pleaded jokingly. He couldn't describe how excited he was at the prospect of having Annabelle again. He needed her. Mmmchh. She squirmed wantonly, enjoying his throbbing heat separated from her by only a few layers of cloth. Tempting but let's wait a few more days. Who knows, if we're patient, you might get that whole fucking thing inside of me. Fuck D. He complained. I really need you, don't you dare start with that sort of talk right now. Her response was a wickedly delighted grin before she fell upon him in a searing kiss. Her lips were warm and moist against him, her tongue playful and not to be denied. He couldn't resist. His phone rang loudly from the floor, the shrill tone indicating a Maginette connection. Chris sighed in frustration, trying to extricate himself and answer. She resisted stoically, eager to ignore the distraction, continue their passion. 
In the end he had to take a firm grip on her lustrous chestnut ponytail and firmly haul her upwards as he reached for his phone. Unperturbed, Annabelle beamed evilly down at him and began rolling her hips back and forth ever so slowly. She was so fucking horny. Thinking about what he'd done to her with his magic was making her excited these days rather than raising her anger. Bartholomew scuttled around happily too, very eager to have his mistress and creator reunited. Hello, Chris here. He answered breathily. Chris. Stefan Sybin. How are you, my boy? I've found what I believe is the perfect property for your needs. Would you be interested in seeing it tomorrow? Hi, Stefan. Um, yeah, I think that could work, so long as it isn't too far away. I have an appointment in the late afternoon. Chris' voice reflected his sudden excitement. He hadn't thought he'd hear back from the word bison so quickly. Getting stuck into some real work and helping build his own home was something Chris was looking forward to immensely. Excellent. Stefan's voice seemed to be full of vigor as well. I can pick you up at around 1 p.m. and we can take my truck. I'll drop you back off when we're done so that we'll keep the time down. That sounds great. Do you have room for Lillian and Olso? I'm not sure who will come along but they don't let me go anywhere alone. Yes, plenty of room in the truck, even for Oslo. Though I hear from a certain young lady close to my heart that you've been spotted around town and it appears you'll be the one who needs to sit up front for the extra room. Yeah, there have been some changes. It will actually be my first time in a vehicle since the change so we'll just have to wait and see. Tell Haley I said hello and not to believe everything on those goddamn gossip boards. It seems like that's all people use Maginet for. Chris hadn't been able to resist peeking in on the speculation surrounding him on the being's magical communications network. There was some serious hero worship shit rearing its ugly head. These people didn't know him whatsoever but were taking great enjoyment from dissecting and speculating on every aspect of his life. It was a little creepy, but he was going to have to get used to it. Ha! Huh. That ship has sailed I'm afraid Chris. Her mother is almost as bad and they seem to feed off of it like vampires. Okay, so tomorrow at 1 p.m. I'm looking forward to getting started. I've got a good feeling about this place and I can't wait to sink my teeth in, figuratively of course. I'm excited as well, Stefan. It's been too long since I did something with my hands. See you tomorrow. Chris hung up to find Annabelle stilled, watching him. So, when are you going to finally tell me about your plans, Mr. Budding Architect? She asked with a scowl that he lent up, kissing her cute nose affectionately before depositing her nearby and swinging his feet to the floor. You know I want to keep that as a surprise, Annabelle. He saw she wasn't satisfied with his response. Okay, okay, I'll give you the basics. My biggest concern is security and discreetness, and maybe it's just my dragon talking but to me that means building underground, like the compound. I've hired Stefan to do most of the work and planning, but I'll be helping with labor. From what Oslo tells me, he's pulled off some seriously impressive projects. Other than that, I don't know yet. See, that wasn't so hard. Annabelle smiled. I'm fine with having a surprise, but I'd rather not be kept in the dark completely. Fair enough, D. Master? The sprite flitted out of the bedroom, woken from her nap by their voices. Yes, Emmy? It's almost time for your lesson with the chocolatey elf man. I would like to be fed first, please. Her tiny eyelashes batted up at him expectantly. Chris had no intention of denying her, but it was still fun to see that she put in the effort. A few moments of concentration later, Emmy was munching away happily from her perch on his knee. She no longer pigged out quite as violently as she first had. Living with the dragon, she was growing accustomed to having as much sustenance as she could ever want. It was a sprite's dream come true. Annabelle watched her bring the cube to her perfect little lips, nibbling a corner delicately with her eyes closed in rapture. On her hand, Bartholomew seemed very eager about Emmy. He was prancing back and forth, tail wagging, wings twitching. Perhaps he was curious what the little sprite was eating, she reached forwards gently and the tattoo positioned himself right at her fingertip. Millimeters away from the sprite, a shock ran back up her arm and the room reverberated with a tiny pop the startled sprite opened her eyes to discover her precious morsel had vanished, a belligerent little dragon staring back at her. Thief! Emmy shrieked in outrage. You nasty little thief dragon! Bartholomew raced back up Annabelle's arm in an attempt to find cover in the safety of her small bosom. Annabelle squawked as the angry sprite's tiny claws were unsheathed and she lunged after the tattoo. Chris laughed, plucking Emmy out of Annabelle's armpit where she'd been trying to burrow her way underneath the Annabelle's blouse to enact revenge. Annabelle caught her breath, having almost been tickled to death by the two little creatures. Master, he stole it! 
Amy wailed, her little blue body quivering. Moisture gathered in her eyes, her pointy little elf's ears drooping dejectedly. I know, little one. I didn't know he could. Here, I'll make you another. She instantly brightened, leaving Chris to believe that the tears she'd almost shed would have been decidedly crocodilian. As Chris worked on replacing the sprite's meal, Bartholomew poked his head out from under Annabelle's clothes tentatively. Bartholomew! Annabelle scolded. That wasn't nice at all. Imianth is a friend, just like Susan and Lillian and the other dragonesses. I want you to apologize to Immy right away. The little dragon's tail went limp and his wings sagged in response. It was adorable. He clearly knew he'd been a bad boy. He looked at the sprite, holding his head low and bobbing it up and down a few times before rolling to expose his belly. Immy stuck her tongue out at him and took a greedy bite from her fresh treat. Were you hungry, Bartholomew? Chris leaned close to ask the little dragon on Annabelle's wrist. He nodded back. Annabelle, and I didn't know you needed to be fed. Please ask in the future whenever you're hungry, okay? He asked. Maybe it's because we haven't been having sex? Annabelle wondered. Susan says he grows with the energy you give me. The dragon's little head popped up at the word sex, and his tongue snaked out to scent the air hopefully. Annabelle giggled. He is definitely very excited when we do make love and I have noticed him being a little subdued lately. She mused. Okay then, I'll make another cube for him now but maybe you should reconsider my punishment. There are cute, innocent, little creatures suffering because of your personal vendetta, Annabelle. Chris couldn't keep a straight face and ended up laughing the last couple of words out. Hardy har. Annabelle retorted. You'd like the very much, wouldn't you? Of course I would, D. Chris focused on creating a third cube of the stable purple-gray energy. Completed, he placed it on Annabelle's hand. Bartholomew was quick to gobble it up with a pop. They both watched in wonder as the cube was somehow pulled into the dragon's little cartoon universe where he scarfed it down with relish. I don't know if I'll ever forgive him, but he is incredible. Amy chirped. You two need to get back on schedule with the fucking. He's a growing boy and he needs regular meals. You try waking up with your pussy throbbing like crazy and this perv saying that he's put an enchantment on your snatch. Annabelle laughed. MMHHH, so lucky, mistress. Amy purred. I would gladly endure any discomfort to be able to couple with master. Furthermore, you are his familiar, he may do with you as he pleases. I can't win, I must be the bad guy here. Annabelle threw up her arms in mock disgust. Someone rapped loudly on the front door. That will be Arville. Chris leaned over to kiss Annabelle's temple, collected Immy, and got up. We'll be back in a few hours. Okay, have fun, babe. She replied. Hey, where's Lillian? Is she supposed to come with me? Chris couldn't sense the vampire's presence in her room or any of her other usual lurking spots. Normally she would have answered the door if she'd been here. She's working with the other security guys, remember? They're planning or strategizing or something down in the security office. She said you'd be okay because Arva was collecting you and you weren't going outside the compound. Annabelle replied. Okay, bye D. Chris checked the door and opened it to greet Arville who was patiently leaning against the opposite wall. Hey Arville, sorry about the wait. I've had Emmy and Annabelle's enchantment, Bartholomew, fighting over food and Annabelle is still busting my balls. You lead a tribulatious life, young Christopher. Arville smiled at the large man. I know, right? It's not fair. Chris joked, placing Emmy on his shoulder as they strode off down the corridor, their long strides eating up the richly carpeted distance. This would be their third training session and Chris was looking forward to it. In the last two, Arville, with Emmy's insistent supervision, had been working Chris into exploring his powers. Those related to the ether were the elf's special interest. Arville himself was an experienced ether mage and delighted to have the opportunity to take such a gifted student under his wing. They'd started out with some simple tests, observing Chris and his element, assessing the extent of his natural energy reserves, basic phasing, creative movement, the simplest direct energy attacks, the list went on. Chris was also instructed thoroughly in concealing his presence and more importantly, being able to hold it in a relaxed state. It seemed like that was going to take a lifetime to master. Arville explained chuckers to Chris, who'd heard the term before but never put any stock in the idea. The elf explained how mastering the flow between the energy centers of his body would unlock greater control and finesse of his abilities. They practiced summoning energy quickly versus efficiently, both from inside himself and from the ether. The sprite and elf duo also explained the basics of different techniques which could be used to cast spells. 
through invocation of powerful ancient words, through runes and symbols, through conduit objects, through recipes and materials, and finally through intention. Chris was already using intention to guide his magic, an advanced technique. They warned up one side and down the other about the dangers of errant thoughts, distractions, and strong emotions. All of which could all disrupt his ability, or even have drastic and unforeseeable consequences when constructing a spell. Still, it was the method which dragons found instinctively at their use. Arvel was learning too. He had to adjust his lessons on the fly. For instance, it was very unusual to have a student who didn't tire or deplete their energy in just a few simple spells. Chris could stay in the ether indefinitely which was very refreshing to the experienced elf. He was used to complaints from his few students of how it sapped too much energy. Beyond that, the dragon's aura actually kept the elf's own reserves topped up during their lessons. This allowed him to demonstrate techniques without hesitation. It was a delight to use magic so freely and not be overly worried with replenishing his loss. It was a different dynamic and Arvel understood this from the start. He was instructing a being who was superior in talent but simply lacked experience. Because of this talent, the lessons seemed to progress quickly and were quite fun for both student and teacher. Arvel found he liked the young man, who seemed very grounded and extremely modest for his power. Beings like Chris were usually old, serious, arrogant, and self-centered. The boy was the opposite. They began today's session with quick fire phasing, trying to improve Chris's speed and accuracy to pinpoint levels. The key to success was clarity of the mind. The body was still involved, of course, and Lillian's brutal training helped Chris keep his breath as Arvel pushed him to phase around and around the room. He popped into the ether, sprinted to the next point, popped out, rang the little bell hanging in the corner, and popped back into the ether before running on the next bell. Arvel had placed one in each of the four corners of the rectangular chamber, as well as one suspended high on the ceiling. Chris's challenging work soon filled the space with happy jingling. Enough. Arvel called and Chris came back to stand in front of him, breathing heavily. You're doing well so we're going to move on. You can practice this in your own time. You said your vampire explained how devastating correctly controlled phasing can be in combat so let's practice an advanced technique. You could already use your ability to reposition quickly, disorientate, escape, demoralize, etc. etc. What I want you to practice now is ringing the bells with only the tip of your finger. Ideally, the rest of you should stay in the ether as much as possible. It will take a considerable amount of focus and speed to succeed. The key is to initiate the phase with your fingertip in mind, touch the bell, and at the same time abort the phasing and slip back in. You cannot purposefully leave the finger in the norm and the rest of you in the ether. It would probably fall off if such a thing were possible. However, the transition between norm and ether is not truly instantaneous across the whole body and this is what we exploit with this exercise. It was hard, the hardest thing they practiced yet. Chris took several attempts to even be able to cancel his phase before he'd come all the way across. Damn you had to be quick. He found eventually that creating a pattern and planning his exact actions in advance was the key to making it possible. After an hour he was still not there, though he had improved to the point where sometimes only his arm or upper body would be visible for a tiny moment before he phased back into the ether. What do you use this technique for? Chris asked as they took a break and he drank some cool refreshments. That one is actually why phasing is considered unsportsmanlike in any sort of duel, and why phase users have such a deadly reputation. Never mind that only a very few ever master the technique, we are all branded with the same iron. Arvil began. That sounds about right for beings. Chris muttered. It is not necessarily a bad thing. That false reputation grants even weaker ether mages a measure of respect amongst other beings. For instance, fear of my retribution has dampened the slights I otherwise might have received due to my mixed heritage. Especially when I was young, it saved me a few beatings from the older lads. That's terrible, at least it helped you. Indeed, a few demonstrations of my abilities as I grew dissuaded the bullies even further. But I wonder off topic, at least a thousand years ago, there was a young goblin who put his abilities to great use, thieving his way around Europe. He could phase so quickly in and out of the ether that it said he could have lifted the purse off even an elder vampire. By accident, he discovered that the same technique could be used to kill with deadly speed any unshielded or unsuspecting opponent. Of course, anyone who can phase can stick their hand in someone's chest and displace vital organs when they merge back. It's surprisingly ineffective against anyone with half-decent training. The resistance involved in such a displacement makes the process slow, allowing time to move out of the way or activate a defensive charm. 
The young goblin's technique is devastating because the transition is initiated in such a small area, then cancelled immediately. This means there is far less resistance to the phase and very little time to react. An accurate nick to the heart, spine, brain, or major blood vessels can be instantly deadly. That's pretty brutal. Chris frowned. He knew his skills could be used to deadly effect. The fateful trip to Scotland was still fresh on his mind. This one that Avril was teaching him seemed very unfair if it was so fast and hard to react to. Indeed. I would advise you never to use such a technique on another soul unless options are limited. Given your powers, there should always be another way to subdue an opponent. Arvel warned. That goblin went on to become a master assassin and plagued the synod for over fifty years. You would do well to use the technique for what it was first intended for, stealth. I can personally attest to its usefulness in lifting items from a person or interacting with objects whilst staying concealed. Okay, but when am I ever going to need to steal something? He asked. You never know when such a skill may save the day, master. Emmy spoke up from her perch on top of a bookshelf. I had to steal for many years just to stay alive by myself out in the ether. Your case is perhaps on the extreme end of the scale, my dear sprite. Arville chuckled. A more practical example I have found useful in recent years is to disable the human's cameras and security devices. Oh, cool. I hadn't thought of that. So, you could knock out a camera without it ever getting a glimpse of you. Chris was right on board with that. Having 007-level spy skills at his disposal sounded badass, not that he'd need to use them unless he was doing something illegal but you never knew. Correct. Have you ever read in the human's news when things go missing or get stolen and no one can explain how the thief pulled it off? It's usually beings responsible. Arville explained. Huh, I guess that makes sense. Hey Arville, I was wondering, all these times I've been in the ether why do things have a presence there? Emmy's bookshelf, you, the bells, everything has a ghost of a presence. What's the reason? Chris asked. That is indeed a mystery, Chris. The elf answered. As you know, the presence is tangible, offering some resistance to push against or work with but still easily overcome. As to what causes it? I cannot give you a compelling answer except that all matter must be somehow inherently linked to the ether on a fundamental level. At least that's how I explain it. There are many aspects of magic we cannot explain but that doesn't stop us from using them nonetheless. I understand that. It's like just because I can't explain the inner working of a combustion engine, it doesn't mean I can't drive a car. I just thought it would be cool to know. Chris couldn't help seeing a pattern emerging and wondered how widespread the issue was. How much magic was practiced without understanding? Okay Chris, I think we'll stop here for today. I'll escort you back to your room and we can pick up again tomorrow and work on your remarkable teleportation. Thanks, Arville. I had fun today. It was good to let off a bit of steam. As it turned out, the property Stefan had found was a small old warehouse just outside what was considered the Bean District. As he stepped out of the Weberson's double cab pickup, Chris got a good feeling right away. Lillian and Oslo were with them. He liked the company but did feel a bit guilty about taking up their time with babysitting him on his errands. So, what do you think? Stefan asked, enthusiasm clear in his deep voice. Once the man stuck his horns into a project, it consumed him. It was a treat to be working with the dragon, and he was really looking forward to it. His daughter Haley had certainly never taken such an active role in prodding him into a job before. I see the potential, Stefan. It needs a bit of tidying up, though. Chris noted a little warily. I agree. It's a little rough and ready in appearance, hasn't been used for a good few years. You can see some of the brickwork around the base is deteriorating and there's rust on the roofing iron. I actually think you might like it looking a bit dilapidated. It will attract less attention. Besides, when you see some of the miracles I can work on a place like this, you'll come to love the extra character. They continued discussing the merits of the place as they entered the property through a small gate in the chain-link fence keeping it separated from the road. The building was a simple rectangle, short side to the street with a long driveway leading to a graveled yard at the back of the lot. Oslo and Lillian trailed behind a little as they progressed around the building, watching for anything amiss as the two men were oblivious to anything outside their little bubble of excitement. Access to the interior was provided by a large automatic door at the rear of the warehouse. It was clear that the design allowed for a full-size truck to drive inside. Undercover. Once Stefan had retrieved the remote from a lockbox, they opened it up and they stepped inside onto the vast concrete floor. Diffuse natural light streamed in through many opaque skylights in the roof, creating a muted god-ray effect when it struck the dust hovering in the air. 
Chris wondered at the size of the place. What was he going to do with it, and more importantly, how the hell was he going to pay for it? Stefan, I like the place but there's no point in getting my hopes up if I can't pay for it. What's the situation? He asked. I hear you, Chris. The seller is a being, which really works in our favor and is why I found it so quickly. He moved out to the East Coast Territory a year and a half ago, and has been trying to sell it ever since. He even went to the trouble of stripping every shred of magic out of the place and listing it with the human realtors. I gave him a call and he's ready to make it move, tired of it tying up his money. It's a very reasonable asking price and there's always the option of writing up a loan contract. I think it's realistic. I also think you're probably underestimating your potential value. You'd make a killing if you got out and took some contracts of your own. I can see your point. Chris conceded. I haven't even had a chance to try my hand at that yet. So, who owned the place and what did they use it for? Well, you see. Hmm. I guess I'll just come out and say it. He's a dwarf, okay. Stefan seemed worried about Chris' reaction. I know you guys haven't had the best track record in the past. What with them stealing your treasure and you guys eating them. He's actually a good guy and a crafting genius. Armor, weapons, jewelry, trinkets, gadgets, you name it. Bit of a hoarder though, hence the warehouse. I wouldn't have wanted to see inside the place before he moved out. Chris felt his dragon perk up at the mention of a dwarf. Interesting. There was an instinctual reaction of wariness there but it wasn't overpowering. I don't know much of anything about dwarves. Chris replied. I've certainly never met one or been wronged by one. I'd be happy to put aside any prejudices if he feels the same way. Tell him I can pay at least partially in dragon gold. Dragon gold? Stefan's smile couldn't be contained. A stroke of brilliance, Chris. He'll bend over backwards to get his mitts on a bit of dragon gold. I didn't know you had any, but I suppose that sort of information is best kept close to the chest. Yeah, I'm sort of an amateur prospector. At least I used to be back before all this happened. When you contact him, I've got a few conditions. Rayla is worried about dragon gold getting back into the market. I wouldn't be okay with him selling it off. I'd want him to use it himself. I'm sure we can come up with a solution, Chris. Does this mean you want to move forward? Stefan asked. I like it. The industrial look is pretty neat, actually. What's your professional opinion, Stefan? Is it sound? What about the geology report? Is it what we're looking for? It's green lights across the board from me, Chris. You'll never regret picking up the warehouse at the same time. These sorts of things have a way of coming in handy, even if it's just to start a car collection. There's plenty of work to do, but that's the fun part. Lillian Oslo? What do you think? Is it a good spot? The neighborhood okay? Chris looked towards his protectors for some experienced opinions. I don't see any issues. Lillian commented. It's still reasonable to walk back to the compound and being district. The place will be easy enough to secure, especially once you go underground. Of course, Susan will enjoy living so close to her work. She's working nearby? Chris hadn't been to her new workplace yet. Yes, it's one block over. The vampire replied. Well, that's a bonus. Oslo? If it's what you want, Chris. Go for it. Stefan will see you right. The gruff bodyguard was happy to have provided the introduction leading up to this point. Thank you, Oslo, I appreciate it. You too, Stefan, I can't wait. All right, let's do this. The young man's enthusiasm was infectious and the others smiled as well, feeling involved and appreciated in one way or another. Great, Chris. With any luck, I'll have a contract for you to review within a week. In the meantime, I'll buckle down on drawing up some designs. Stefan was already planning out the tasks before him with bullheaded focus. Michelle was waiting for him when they got back to the hotel. Laid out on the dining room table around her were several important-looking documents, little sign-here tabs sticking out all over the place. She looked tired, her short black hair a bit ruffled in a darkness to the olive-toned skin beneath those piercing eyes of hers. Nevertheless, she perked up as Chris strode over to the kitchen, greeting first Annabelle, then Susan with brief kisses. When he turned back to her, eyes intent, her heart nearly leapt out of her chest. She was about to receive the same treatment. Her body tensed in both anticipation and nervousness as he approached, towering over her. What's wrong, Michelle? You look, well, you look like you've had a bad day. He asked, placing a comforting hand on her shoulder. Oh, it's fine, Chris. It was tiring, but I got a lot done. See? I have your employment agreement as well as a bunch of other bureaucratic shit for you to look at, 
Michelle relaxed, he was just being his friendly protective self. She was his familiar after all and she was coming to accept his friendly affection as well as all the magical happenings. Not before I get my kiss. Petra growled from concealment in the living room. I feel like I'm being left out. Me too. Came Claire's ever-jovial voice. Me. Me. Me first. Inianth flashed out of his bedroom, practically colliding with his face. Okay, okay. Chris laughed out he scooped the naked sprite into his hand and brought her to eye level. Hello, master. She purred, posing her sinful little body ever so provocatively, legs crossed and leaning back to thrust her proportional but still very impressive chest towards him. Hello, my little blue bundle of mischief. How are you? He smiled, bringing her closer. I'm happy to see you. May I have my kiss? Of course. Chris leaned in, bringing his lips in range for her to lean forward and give him a little peck. It wasn't the most practical thing, they both knew it, but he indulged her anyway. A shuffle of movement later, he felt a small pair of breasts shoved against his lips. He smiled around her perfect little tits before giving them a swipe with his tongue, covering them entirely. Master! Don't stop! She murmured. I'm sorry, little one, you wanted to go first which means we have to be quick. He gave her a parting lick before blowing gently across her wet blue skin. No fair! She complained as he set her down on the table next to Michelle. As he peeked into the living room, he found a rather interesting sight. Mother and daughter dragonesses were spooned on one of the rich leather couches. Even the thought of the two sultry creatures entwined so intimately made his mind come up with all sorts of depraved ideas. Petra, as the larger spoon, had her back to the couch and her hand resting lovingly over her daughter's flat torso where the tiny life blossomed. Their rich platinum and auburn hair flowed freely on the pillow they'd commandeered from his bedroom, intermingling like the waters of two great rivers. They looked up at him in unison and beamed lazy happiness his way like the reptiles they were. They were both wearing gray yoga pants which did nothing to disguise their exquisite figures and, were those his t-shirts? Petra beckoned him over, showing no intention of moving whatsoever. He knelt in front of them, placing a hand on Claire's athletic waist and rubbing softly with his thumb on her tummy, displacing Petra's hand. Doesn't he just look good enough to gobble up? The stunning mother murmured. NMMH, I'd certainly swallow whatever I could get. Claire grinned evilly. Me too, we're feeling very neglected, sire. Petra pouted and Chris quickly found himself on the receiving end of both dragoness imploring green-eyed gaze. Chris swallowed, apprehensively. Yeah mom, it was so wonderful when he made it and bred me but he's barely even touched me since. Claire laid it on even thicker. Something in Chris' jeans twitched as he looked down at them helplessly. Either of the women missed it. I know. It's okay, my beautiful daughter, we'll find a way through this together. Petra gently raised her head and Claire turned in beautiful synchronization to meet her. Their soft, moist lips barely touched while their eyes never left the true target of their lust, the man looming over them. Oh, fuck me. A whisper escaped Chris' mouth. With pleasure. Petra smirked. But it seems you aren't interested in us now that you've done your duty and planted your seed within us. It's not that, I swear. He backpedaled. No? Then what? We have needs, my beloved mate. Especially now that we're pregnant. Once our nesting instinct truly begins, we're going to need a lot of attention. Petra watched as her words coaxed his large member to expand down his leg, straining for room to grow. It must have been uncomfortable. I'm sorry, ladies. It's just been busy and then after, well, you know. I wasn't sure if you would want to. Annabelle had some trouble. Chris, I will always want to. Okay? Claire smiled. Petra could no longer resist reaching out to grasp the erection that was driving her crazy. Her mate's wonderfully arousing scent was tickling her nose as she looked directly into his eyes and gently massaged his thickening cock through the denim. Air hissed from his lungs and his eyelids fluttered in response. Yes, don't forget that we aren't human, sire. We would love to relieve some of the pressure your first punishment is building up. Why the girl would ever want to deny you pleasure is unfathomable. Petra's eyes were alight with pure lust as she continued rubbing him. Suddenly, Chris let out a groan as his still-growing member became quite painful in its fabric prison. He gently pushed Petra's hand away and readjusted himself as best he could, sorely tempted to let the monster free but knowing exactly where that would lead. I'm sorry my beautiful mates. Whilst very tempted, I feel my punishment is deserved so I am going to respect Annabelle's authority on this. However, as soon as the ban is lifted, you have my word that I will shower you in as much attention as you can handle. 
Chris' bold words were a poor consolation to the pair, who'd worked themselves up to with their little teasing performance. Damn. Claire muttered. I was sure that would work. I'm impressed by your fortitude, Chris. I can only hope you bring the same strength and iron will to the bedroom. Petra was positively squirming with arousal at being denied by him. She didn't know why but she loved it. I'm looking forward to it, Petra. Now, I came over here to deliver some kisses. Finally, he extracted himself from the dangerous duo. They'd thoroughly tried convincing him non-verbally for several minutes. In the bathroom he took in his flushed appearance, unzipped himself, and sat on the edge of the bathtub for several minutes to calm down. After peeing, washing up, and checking he was once again decent, he went back to the dining room and sat down with Michelle and Lillian. The statuesque vampire was in plain sight again and reading through the documents Michelle had prepared for Chris. You survived, I see. Lillian teased him, watching the flush spread back across his cheeks. Barely. He replied. So, what am I signing? I'm glad you're having a look, Lillian, I appreciate it. Are you okay with me taking on this role with Michelle and working for the humans? You didn't have a choice in the matter. The vampire replied, not looking up from the contracts. Michelle has worked the situation as favorably as can be expected. You are escaping the synod's jurisdiction and instead contracting yourself to serve the humans. Being paid to escape punishment seems like an equitable deal to me. Lillian, I meant are you okay with it? I'd hoped you would come with me. He asked tentatively. This time she looked up, locking his eyes in an appraising gaze. The edge of her mouth twitched into her trademark almost too wide smile. I won't be letting you out of my sight, until you're ready, dragon. I can hardly trust your safety to these humans, however skilled they may be. Besides, this will serve as an opportunity to continue our training beyond hand-to-hand -hand combat. She replied. Having said that, I cannot babysit you forever. There are ever more demands for my time these days. I'll need to wean you from my day-to-day -day schedule and start accompanying you only when it's prudent. You'll also be receiving training from us, weapons, basic field and intelligence tradecraft. Michelle offered. We don't want to put you in situations where you need to use it unless absolutely necessary, but you need to have it to understand what we do. Besides, we only want you using magic as a last resort or in situations where you won't be observed doing so, at least until the revelation. What about afterwards? How long am I contracted to the government for? Chris asked suspiciously. This contract is for one year, with the option to renew for a further two, if they want to. After that you're a free man again. Michelle explained. Chris frowned at the mention of three years without the option to get out of it. At a salary of $180,000 a year, plus travel, every sort of insurance under the sun, and diplomatic privileges you're not being hard done by, Chris. Especially as you're only required to show up three days a week. She couldn't help a smile at his look of shock when she mentioned the figure. $180,000. Fuck me. Why didn't you lead with that, Michelle? Growing up, he never dreamed of earning such a salary. That figure is almost insultingly low. Lillian drawled. About as low as could be considered legitimate, I suspect. Really? Chris looked to the vampire in wonder. Considering your capabilities and uniqueness, yes. She said. There are humans who earn far more by doing far less than you're about to. I hadn't thought about it that way. Chris mused. You have to admit, it's a pretty good start for a kid straight out of high school, though. Lillian nodded, accepting his point. It's true that the offer isn't as high as you might receive for similar services after the revelation. It is very fair for what you'll be doing. Not to mention the training and influence you'll accrue if we play our cards right. You can't easily put a dollar figure on that. Michelle explained. I understand, Michelle. I'm still thinking like a 19-year-old, and it's easy to see the money as the important part. I'm going to be relying on you to guide me through this to our best advantage. He said, laying a large hand on top of one of hers and thanks. Of course, Chris, you can count on me. This is part of my master plan after all. My career will be carried higher and higher by association with you. I'm going to ride you all the way to the top. Michelle said enthusiastically, excited by the prospect of working with Chris to push positive outcomes for both beings and humans in the troubling times they were facing. Really? Lillian arched an eyebrow. You're going to ride him. Michelle blushed wonderfully when she realized her phrasing was questionable at best. That's not, I didn't. She was mortified. Well, I suppose you won't be the only one. The vampire continued. There will be plenty of jockeying for position on the pole. God, Lillian, you're terrible. 
Chris groaned before a grin transformed his face. I love it. I try. The vampire smiled back. Don't let Lillian see you react like that. Annabelle brushed a friendly hand across Michelle's shoulder as she walked around the table towards Chris. She'll never let up once she knows your buttons. Chris knew what she wanted as he watched Annabelle approach from the kitchen, apron clinging tightly to her jean-clad hips. He pushed his chair backwards, preparing his lap for her and made a little giddy-up motion with a hand. She smiled indulgently, turned, and deposited herself unceremoniously. Hello, beautiful. He whispered into her soft hair, scenting her and wrapping his arms around her waist. Hi. She looked up and gave him the lightest of kisses, barely brushing her lips against his own before burying her face against his shoulder and doing some scenting of her own. His rich, cinnamon-like musk was as delightful and comforting as ever, setting her senses alight and a warmth into her core. I thought I might come and help you look through all these documents while I'm waiting for dinner to finish. It's all in the oven now so in about fifty minutes, we should have a delicious chicken roast ready to satisfy that never-ending hunger of yours. I'm even cooking two birds this time. You're the best, D. I have been eating a lot lately, haven't I? Chris squeezed her closer in appreciation. Well, you have grown substantially and from what you've told me, been working hard on your training. Michelle suggested, happy that the slender brunette's arrival had distracted from her embarrassment. It was very unlike her to be flustered like that. She'd been working for years in what was a male-dominated profession and thought she could give and take a bit of banter quite well. When it came to Chris, though, any suggestion of innuendo was all too real. It's to be expected. Lillian agreed. I don't think Annabelle will need to look for a job. It's going to be full-time looking after this great oaf's appetite. It's all calculated, ladies. Annabelle said in a conspiratorial tone. If my mother taught me any valuable life lessons it's that men are simple creatures, feed them well, and they'll keep coming back for more. Suits me. Chris chortled, giving the exposed part of her bottom a cheeky, gentle pinch in retaliation. Annabelle grabbed the offending hand and guided it to her tummy, where she held him until he began a soft petting motion. Truer words were never spoken. Lillian smiled, watching their unconsciously open affection before increasing her grin deep into the ominous. This time her fangs were exposed. The same also applies to vampires though so be careful how you apply the theory. Annabelle couldn't help but swallow nervously in response to the predatory look the vampire sent her way. Even after several weeks of getting used to Lillian's antics, it was hard not to react instinctively. See, Michelle? She's still trying to push my buttons. I think she likes seeing us lowly humans squirm. She imagines how it would feel sinking those wicked fangs of hers deep into our soft, defenseless skin. Feeling that thick, hot blood splash across her tongue, MMHHH. Annabelle finished off with a small moan of passion, looking directly into Lillian's smoldering eyes. Chris gripped Annabelle firmly in warning but it wasn't needed. Her demeanor changed to an impish smile mere seconds later, leaving no doubt that she'd just been teasing the vampire right back. Nostrils flaring, Lillian exhaled a long, calming breath and shook her head to dislodge the teenager's seductive words. It was fun to have the girl challenge her right back, however unwise it was to tease a vampire. It once again showed a level of trust she knew she didn't deserve. You play a very dangerous game, young lady, but you play it well. I try. Annabelle parroted the vampire's earlier words, even adding a hint of Lillian's own faint Russian accent. Chris laughed openly while Michelle's giggle slipped out despite her best efforts to contain it behind her hand. Da, I will give you that one. Lillian joined in the laughter. After that, they settled down and got into to the task of reviewing the finer details of the documents spread out on the table. There was a lot of reading to be done, and while Michelle knew there weren't any unusual legal pitfalls hidden away in the fine print, it was nonetheless important for Chris to read and understand what he was signing up for. They took a break to eat dinner, clearing the table to make room for Annabelle's delicious efforts. Chris and Susan knew what Annabelle was capable of in the kitchen so it came as no surprise that the chicken was wonderfully moist, tender, and flavorful. The others showered her with effusive praise and asked how exactly she'd seasoned the meal so spectacularly. After dinner, they resumed reading through Chris's contract. Hours later, he was satisfied that he'd gotten through the various documents with enough thoroughness and understanding to be happy to sign them. It was great to have Lillian and Michelle there to clarify certain sections when the legal jargon began making it difficult for him to interoperate confidently. The signing took forever too, with him having to initial every page and sign and date multiple different documents in various places. Overall, he thought he was getting a pretty good deal. 
revealing himself unintentionally to the military and being fired upon by an extremely expensive missile-slash-satellite interception system was a pretty big deal it turns out. With Michelle's maneuvering, he'd gotten a high-paying job instead of being brought before the Synod for his rather reckless behavior. That was doubly important seeing as he'd recently earned the scorn of several powerful members. Michelle's assurance that he'd be working with her to help the government prepare for the revelation made him feel positive about the situation, rather than that it was being forced upon him. He still wasn't 100% comfortable with her plans to put him in the public spotlight, but he was beginning to see her reasoning and understand the potential this position could offer him if he wanted to grasp it. Eventually it was over and Annabelle promptly dragged him off to bed. Wanting a snuggle buddy even if her body was still off limits to his depredations. It took an annoyingly long time to get to sleep. A naked, soft Annabelle pressed up against him would usually guarantee a tiring, satisfying encounter to help him drift off. This punishment of hers was becoming unbearable. His erection throbbed angrily between them. It had been days and he was so goddamn horny that he was about to lose this challenge he'd set himself. The thought of sneaking quietly into Susan's room and ravishing her over and over to the sound of her delighted wailing had him reaching to pull back the covers more than once. What held him back was a sinking fear that with his new, enlarged form, he would have just as much if not more trouble having sex with her as he had with Annabelle. He decided to talk with Annabelle tomorrow. His beast-like libido was getting out of hand and he needed some relief. Even if it was a little self-gratification, anything would be better than this wound-up, throbbing state. Annabelle awoke in the darkness fleeting images of her dreams still rattling around inside her skull. Her lover's huge, hybrid dragon form looming over her, dwarfing her, inside her. He'd been savage, taking her roughly in punishment for denying him her body. He'd growled, nipped, kissed, licked and manhandled in all the right ways. His huge purple and creamy white body pinned her to some sort of rich, animal fur rug that she'd loved every second of dream sex. Screamed in joy as he thrust that hot, large cock of his deep into her core. It must have been a dream because it hadn't hurt much at all and had taken her to the brink of orgasm in just a few masterful thrusts. A an incessant sensation at her nipple brought her further out of sleep, realizing that the peculiar pinching must have been what woke her. Quietly reaching for the bedside lamp in an attempt not to wake Chris, she flicked the switch. The covers were pulled back a little to find a very guilty-looking cartoon dragon staring up at her from his perch on one of her small breasts, a delicate teeth throbbing from his excited gnawing. Naughty. She scolded him sleepily, her head thumping back into the pillow, trying to recapture more of that fleeting dream. A hand traips down across her smooth tummy. It rested there in the short brown curls, a trimmed little triangle above her sex. It was all that was left after yesterday's grooming. She paused there, wondering if she wanted to take it any further. It had been a while since she'd masturbated. She and Chris had been making love so regularly. Until recently, that is. She missed the sex, a lot. Curiosity of what his enchantment might be doing to her was ultimately the excuse she used to slip her fingers down further, exploring her vulva and coming to terms with some of the changes she'd noticed a few days ago. For starters, she was drenched. It was hardly a surprise after awakening from such a dream but the quality of her moisture was different somehow. There was definitely more than she was used to, not that she'd had any problems with inadequate lubrication to date, mind you. It felt different. Slicker somehow and thicker too, adhering to her fingers and inflamed labia and oozing reluctantly from her slit. It also had been leaving much more prominent residues in her underwear, which had been her first warning sign that something had changed down there. Speaking of her labia, she ghosted the slick, plump flesh, running her fingers up and down along their engorged contours. They parted almost reluctantly under a little force, sending a spark of pleasure up her spine. Both pairs of labia were larger now. She'd been happy with how she was put together downstairs beforehand but now her outer lips were extremely full. She'd even go so far as to call them fat. Her inner pair, previously barely visible unless she opened her legs now pouted defiantly up and down the length of her slit. They didn't look out of place or anything, all frilly and pink, but when she'd first gotten a look in the mirror it had taken some getting used to. Her clitoris peaked tentative from between those lush folds of flesh, slightly more prominent, than she remembered, excited and ready for action. A little bean in need of some serious flicking. She didn't have to dip her fingers inside to gather moisture, they were already covered as her hand naturally gravitated towards that joyful bundle of nerves. She gasped at first contact, shooting a guilty look towards Chris. He was still asleep on his back so she began a gentle circular motion, teasing herself. Her eyes closed in pleasure and her vagina shuddered appreciatively, 
seeking to squeeze and coax but finding nothing there to embrace. Gods, she needed him. When her eyes opened, they again gravitated to her sleeping lover, and then down the large, blanket-covered contour she could see in the soft light dot he was right there. All she had to do was roll over into him and demand some mind-blowing sex. It would be so easy. Her eyes rested on the tent he was making at his groin. That monster was already rearing to get into the action. The changes she'd been observing over the previous days eased her apprehension at tackling his new, absurd size. One of the first things she thought whilst looking at herself in the mirror was that her pussy looked like it built to handle a good dicking. His stupid enchantment was actually doing what he'd wanted it to. Annabelle realized that she didn't want to wait a second longer to test the results. Bartholomew raced excitedly around her belly button as she made that resolution. She couldn't help the tiny giggle that escaped her at his antics. The poor tattoo had been sulking all week after she'd deprived him of his main source of sustenance. She was hungry too though. Hungry for him. Hungry for his smell, his taste. She wanted to his sticky, magic-bound seed erupting forcefully inside her, coating her insides one molten squirt after another. She ached for that delightful tingling and heavy body satisfaction that left her nigh insensate afterwards. Enough, Annabelle grasped the covers and slowly peeled them away from their naked bodies. Chris awoke to a strange dichotomy of warmth and coolness. At first, he thought he must have managed to wrestle the covers off himself. The incessant, hot, lapping his engorged cockhead was receiving quickly brought him wide awake in the light of the bedside lamp. Looking down, Annabelle's eyes twinkled up at him delightfully. Her lips were spread wide, engulfing his inflamed crown, her tongue teasing the sensitive underside. He groaned as she acknowledged him by applying a staggering amount of suction and increasing the grip her hand had on his thick root. Oh yes, he murmured sleepily. She flicked her tongue, attempting to burrow it into the little slit at the very tip of the prodigious member before slowly removing him from her mouth with an audible slurp. Streams of viscous, warm saliva cascaded down his length, only to be caught up and spread all over his shaft by her hand as she began a firm jerking motion. Her other hand gathered her long, wild hair out of the way and down across her left shoulder. She let out a lustful moan before she spoke, her lips retreating only millimeters from the angry, hot manhood. Mmm. I'm so worked up, Chris. God, I should have known I couldn't hold out for long. It's not fair. What's not fair? He asked, gritting his teeth and flexing his cock in an attempt to stave off the mounting pleasure. He was seriously on a hair trigger right now after days of forced abstinence. A little streamer of runny precum spurted across her waiting lips as his cock jumped. She didn't miss a beat. Her pink tongue snaked out to collect the delicious morsel before she replied. You shouldn't smell and taste so good. You shouldn't use pheromones and magic to ensnare a poor, innocent girl like me. She paused, pursing her plump lips around his tip and attempting to suck more of his fluid directly from him. And you definitely shouldn't have such a fucking huge cock. That's no way for a poor, innocent girl to talk. Chris chuckled. And this certainly isn't how one would behave either. He reached down and cupped her jaw, running a thumb across those sinful lips of hers. What can I say? You're awakening my nasty side. She smiled as her hand kept jacking up and down in a vain attempt to encircle his girth. Her other slid off his muscular thigh to gently cradle and heft his large pair of testicles. She just knew were jam-packed with his hot, potent seed. She craved it. They too overspilled her grasp, just like the fucking flagpole she was still wrangling in her other hand. Nasty Annabelle can come out and play whenever she likes. He groaned as she gently fondled him. Look at these things. Jesus Chris, I think we'd better let off some pressure before you fuck me. His eyes widened in lust and astonishment. You heard me. She continued, running her tongue down the underside of his shaft to accentuate her point. Opening wide, she barely managed to inhale one of his large, tender balls partially into her mouth. She sucked, pulling back gently until the orb was forced to pop back out, half of it glistening lewdly. His spicy musk was so thick down there, driving her arousal and anticipation higher still. I want you to come, Chris. I want to taste it. I want to see you shooting across my tongue and then I want you to roll me over and fuck me, Chris. Can you do that for me? What about? He didn't get a chance to finish his sentence. Sure. She hushed him. I know what you're going to say but I can't stand it anymore, babe. I need you. We're going to have to try sooner or later. I think I'm ready. She swayed her naked hips back and forth, giving him a wonderful profile of her perfect ass and narrow waist, all the while her hands continued their loving manipulation. Okay, D. 
Chris was eager and hopeful to discover what his enchantment had done to her yet reserved about getting his hopes too high. Above all, he had to avoid hurting her. Ye of little faith. Annabelle recognized the doubt in his eyes. Now shut up and let me get back to work. She smiled mischievously before tugging his resisting cock downwards, straining against the upwards force of his blood-engorged shaft, making him gasp at the pleasurable strain. While he was distracted, she slipped his fat, pulsing head into her mouth again and got down to the basics of coaxing out his fast-approaching orgasm. It was painfully obvious that he wasn't going to last. Chris couldn't help it as his dick hardened in preparation for the release he'd been waiting for all week. Her mouth was so warm and her lips stroked delightfully against the very sensitive edge of his cockhead, sending pleasure washing over his body. Moments later, she abandoned his testicles and brought both hands to work on his steel-hard shaft. They shucked sloppily up and down his length in unison as she purposefully expelled more spittle from her sucking mouth. Perhaps best of all, her eyes twinkled in delight as he tried vainly to stave off an embarrassingly quick release. She wanted him to come, wanted him to lose any semblance of control. His dragon instinct purred, releasing his resistance to give the saucy little minx exactly what she wanted. Chris's throat began a drawn-out groan of absolute pleasure as he finally peeked. His hips flexed up, abdomen tensing as his huge cock throbbed harder still. His eyes squeezed shut, unable to do anything but be carried away in the pleasure of her warm, moist caresses. Precum flooded up his shaft, coating Annabelle's tongue and drawing out a muffled moan as she finally felt his thick length reach an undeniable rigidity, swelling larger in her already stuffed mouth. She felt the first contraction rocket up the mighty beast and braced to receive it. It was a good thing she had, for the thick streamer of dragon cum blasted straight to the back of her mouth, almost overwhelming her. She didn't have time to try swallowing his unnaturally thick, sticky spin before a second titanic throb heralded the forceful arrival of the next molten spurt. Then she was lost, his taste and potent magical essence forced itself upon her very being. Her mind was reduced to a gently firing mass of pleasure neurons. A whimper welled up inside her throat as she was overwhelmed, her eyes losing focus and eventually shutting tight as her whole body quivered, magic zinging between her cells. All the while, she felt him splash hot against her tongue and teeth, quickly filling her already occupied mouth. Chris opened bleary eyes as his orgasm continued unabated, his cock throbbing repeatedly as pulse after pulse of semen raced up his shaft. He watched Annabelle falter, overtaken by her own pleasure and felt her begin a vain attempt to swallow it all down. Cum quickly leaked around her mouth, dribbling down his shaft as she gulped to keep up. But it was too much. With a high-pitched whine of satisfaction, her lips released the swollen, spitting head. Still he wasn't done, a thick rope of his seed spewed forth. Up across her lips and face, arching high into the air to splatter down in her silky chestnut hair. Another followed as his cock twitched, firing high up across his belly and chest. Annabelle opened her eyes cautiously and watched in wonder, regaining some control over her body as the initial intensity of her orgasm dulled to a low rumble. Now she finally had a chance to swallow down the spicy, salty cum inundating her mouth. She giggled insanely as the godlike phallus refused to stop. She was absolutely plastered with the thick white ribbons and loving the messy debauchery. Perhaps Simi was rubbing off on her. She stuck out her tongue and angled him down until the thick, angry head found a purpose-built resting place against the dexterous pink tissue. She squealed excitedly as she received another hot splatter across her cheek for her troubles. When she felt safe she wasn't going to get a blast in her eye, she looked up at his stupid, orgasm-scrunched face and watched his astonishment as she finally jacked the last few dribbles across her pink tongue to lovingly pool in her mouth. Chris' chest heaved, remembering to breathe as his orgasm finally gave out. His cock throbbed maddeningly, pulsing as if it never wanted to stop spewing his load over the gorgeous body of the slim teen. He tingled sensitively but she seemed to apply just the right amount of stimulation with her tongue to guide him down gently from the lofty heights of pleasure he'd been soaring. He watched in awe as she began the lengthy process of tracking down his errant streaks of semen. She was a beautiful mess. Several lines tracked up across her cheeks, more clung in the mass of smooth, brown hair. Her swollen lips were covered, but quickly being swiped clean by that sinful tongue of hers, more still glistened across her chin, on the naked skin of her slender shoulder, and up onto his chest. It was unbelievable that it had all been inside him a few shuddering breaths earlier. He even watched Bartholomew streak across her glazed skin, leaving no trace of the gleaming fluid behind as the greedy enchantment gobbled up what he could before his mistress had it for herself. Annabelle watched him stare, 
knowing he must be getting some serious man fantasy satisfaction. She was going to play the fuck out of this dot she known after that fateful experience in the shower that he was going to come like a prize bull. She shivered in satisfaction knowing that she, just a regular girl, had this powerful dragon in her thrall, that he loved her with all his heart. It didn't seem possible. I can't tell you how good that was, D. He finally panted down at her. MMHHH. It was my pleasure. She let out an extravagant purr, still working to clean his slightly softening erection. You know I love sucking you off, Chris. Look at it all though, no wonder Claire and Petra are pregnant. He looked away briefly, squeamish at the mention of the two dragonesses. What's wrong, Chris? I'm not allowed to mention that in the bedroom, how you knocked up two beautiful dragonesses. She smiled coquettishly up at him. The dichotomy between the dominant, confident dragon and the sensitive young man was fun to play with, and despite his apparent embarrassment, she could feel the massive shaft twitch as she stroked his ego. The flattery seems a bit over the top, but I guess that's part of your plan, isn't it? It was a new side he was seeing of Annabelle, still he was beginning to switch on to her teasing. The key was to just go with it. Not as over the top as this cock of yours, you come like a stallion, Chris. Jesus, if you ever get bored with magic your backup plan could be to move to LA and take the porn industry by storm. Annabelle chuckled, running her hands down his powerful legs as she finally sat up. She was satisfied that she'd collected what she could of his seed. Ha! Huh. If I did, I'd drag you along with me. Chris teased back. I don't know what's gotten into you that you're suddenly such a confident little minx but I can definitely imagine you in front of a camera. His eyes devoured her porcelain, almost cultish body. He loved those little tits of hers and the way her waist flared into that superb ass. There was nothing cultish about that ass. His cock twitched, eager once again at the sight of her. He couldn't see her snatch and he was dying to find out what exactly his magic had accomplished. All she'd done so far was hint. I'm only like this for you, Chris. Her eyes were serious for a moment before she cocked her head mockingly. I'm not sure what's gotten into me but I can tell you what hasn't. She reached out to stroke a single finger all the way from his root to his tip, making his entire body shudder. I in a great surge he leaned up off the bed, abruptly bringing them face to face. She squeaked as one of his hands' hand fell harshly on her ass, the slap of flesh resounding around the bedroom. She froze as his other hand encircled her and began working soothingly up either side of her spine, all the way to the base of her neck. His nose nudged against her ear and into her hair. She relaxed, teasing accomplished, the dragon had awoken. Feeling her posture soften, Chris pulled away to consider the beautiful depths of her mischievous doe-like eyes. Muscles surged with power as his mind opened fully to the dragon's instinctual thoughts. For a moment, his body quivered with the desire to change form but such feelings were becoming easier to control now that he leaned forward, kissing her gently to begin with, trying to convey his thanks and love for her. He could taste himself in her mouth as she enthusiastically returned his kiss, her nimble tongue darting out to tease his own. Their passion rose higher and the exchange became anything but gentle. She made the cutest little murmuring noises into his mouth as he kneaded her smarting rump, easing the sting and the big red handprint he'd left her for her teasing. His sensitive nose finally began awakening to her pungent arousal, forcing him to end the kiss out of eagerness to move his mouth downwards to the source that tantalizing scent. God, he loved this woman. He growled into her pursed lips before flipping them back onto the sheets, coming to rest directly on top of her. Annabelle giggled happily as his large body overshadowed her. She wasn't a short girl at five feet eight inches but his massive bulk dwarfed her completely, his broad chest hovering carefully above her, powerful thighs spreading her own legs open as he settled onto her. Their skin touched, sending a shiver of excitement across her high-strung body. Her stiff little teats brushed his chest, sensitive. Finally, his cock settled on her tummy, hot and heavy while his virile testicles flopped against the lush flesh of her swollen little cunny. She sighed contentedly at the whole body contact, looking up again into those in intense blue eyes. Then he was kissing her again. Annabelle couldn't help squirming, seeking friction and sensation against him in any form. She could feel the intoxicating effect of his pheromones working her lust higher with every second he wasn't inside of her. She wanted more, to be absolutely consumed with lust, to feel his fangs sink into her. It was delicious yet unbearable causing her to finally push against his heavy weight and break their kiss, panting dot no words needed to be spoken as her fingernails raked gently across his skin, her soft eyes pleading. He knew exactly what for. But before he moved down her body, he gently wormed a hand underneath her shoulder, lifting her.
She gave him an inquisitive look as he collected pillows with his other hand from around the disheveled bed, propping them behind her in a big pile, protecting her from the headboard that he cupped her delicate jaw one last time as he began smooching his way from behind her ear. Down he trailed torturously, tasting the soft, sensitive skin of her neck, her small but oh so well-formed breasts. Chris couldn't help but linger for a few moments, lavishing those little tits of hers with all the attention such cute assets deserved. Each breast could almost be inhaled entirely, bathing the pale skin with warm saliva and lashing the tiny sensitive peaks until Annabelle was forced to grip his short blonde hair and push him down where he was really needed. She couldn't help snickering at the almost reproachful look he shot up at her, like she'd just thrown his favorite toy in the garbage or something. His honest appreciation of her breasts would ever endear him to her. Her hand didn't let up with its downwards pressure, forcing him to shuffle backwards on the bed. He felt the wispy tickle of her pubic hair on his chin as her scent grew overpowering. Still, he didn't break eye contact until she finally released her authoritative grip, moving instead to stroke across his scalp encouragingly. There was an anxious look on her face. He moved his hands to gently stroke the outside of her widespread thighs encouragingly before finally glancing down at his prize. Ripe. She was obviously ready for him, glistening in the soft light. Chris could finally see what she'd been teasing, what his spell had done to her most intimate area. Any guilt or apprehension he'd been holding evaporated, his dragon spreading an excited sense of vindication inside him as he stared. Chris? Annabelle asked that he looked up, seeing the look of impatience on her face. He smiled wolfishly, kissing her in a thigh. Beautiful as always, he replied. Well, don't just stare at it. Get to work, she huffed, her fingers once again flexing dangerously in his hair. As you wish. He smiled roguishly that he wasted no time, placing his tongue flat across as much of her swollen pussy as it would cover, holding it still momentarily, collecting her familiar taste before flicking quickly up across her engorged clit. Fuck! Annabelle groaned in response, her hips bucking upwards, seeking more stimulation. He skillfully avoided her little nubbin for the next few minutes, exploring her labia with a languid enthusiasm that drove her absolutely crazy. Chris couldn't get enough of her natural taste and scent, mixed with the perfume of whatever vanilla based product she favored for hygiene. There were certainly plenty of her juices to lap up. As he kissed, licked, and even gently gummed her plush labia, it oozed copiously from her slit. As her cries of pleasure mounted, he finally noticed the subtle change of the consistency her lubrication. It seemed thicker and stickier like he associated with Susan. Interesting that his enchantment had changed her so. His tongue had instantly fallen in love with her enlarged inner lips, playing the soft, frilly tissue as his hands slid up to grip her behind the knees, spreading her wider. He moved back for a moment to look at her laid open, the deep pink, glistening tissues of her vagina just visible between the wet slit of her cunt. Damn, she was swollen. She must be really worked up. He lunged back in, determined to bring her relief but not before a little healthy teasing. His tongue quickly bealed its way into her tight opening, sinking deep into her hot channel, his nose grinding into her clitoris. Annabelle screamed, her body shuddering as he finally gave her some heavy stimulation, using his dexterous tongue to bathe her sensitive inner tissues while his nose mashed her happy little clit from side to side like some ungodly bulldozer. Her thighs tried to close automatically against the intensity of her rising climax. He held firm under her knees, pushing her legs even wider in punishment for her squirming. He didn't let up as her breath left her throat in a tortured moan, abdomen tensing, her legs kicking ineffectively against his inhuman strength. As if to drive home his control of her, he held her there, right on the brink, backing off so she couldn't quite crest that beautiful wave. Chris. Ah. Uh, F fuck you. Make me come you bastard. Annabelle shrieked, opening her eyes to glare down at him and taking a savage grip of his hair, shoving him back down into her bucking hips that he chuckled into her slick pussy, abandoning her gushing opening and latching onto her hypersensitive clit for the death blow. He trapped the firm little bean between his tongue and upper lip, sucking gently and running his tongue rapidly back and forth. It never failed and her body soon bucked uncontrollably, sweet profanities gushing from her mouth as her fluids began escaping her quivering pussy en masse. He abandoned her throbbing clitoris to savor her essence, the slight saltiness, a tangy sweetness. His dragon couldn't get enough of their mate's pleasure. Eventually Annabelle relaxed, lazily wiping away the little beads of sweat forming on her forehead. She didn't know why she was sweating, he had done all the work. Her body hummed contentedly as he lapped away at her inflamed petals, collecting whatever nectar he could like some hungry bumblebee. Her entire nethers throbbed, 
hot, swollen, and pink-red with the extra blood flow. She felt heavy, satisfied but by no means sated. She looked down to find him watching her salaciously from between the V of her spread legs, noticing for the first time that he had her stretched open so far that her knees almost touched her shoulders. Come up here, babe. She whispered, hesitant to stop his tender ministrations down below. His entire lower face was shiny with her fluid, little milky flecks clinging to his chin but she kissed him wholeheartedly. He shuffled above her and settled his weight down once again, his cock butting against her thigh. That was fucking awesome, thank you. Annabelle murmured, her breast still heaving her chest a little. So, does this mean I'm getting an official pardon for my magical tampering? He chuckled. I'll consider it, she said with mock haughtiness. Perhaps you need some more convincing. He smiled, giving her lips a parting peck before sitting back on his haunches, looking down between them. Annabelle followed his gaze as he moved away, taking in a deep, calming breath as she saw the fearsome monster laid out on her tummy. It was hot, pulsing angrily against her skin, veins latticing below its surface, supplying blood to keep it inflated. The massive flared head was exposed from his foreskin, reaching up above her belly button in a staggering reality check. A little puddle of shiny fluid already leaked onto her from the tip. She couldn't deny it was beautiful though, and reached down to run a finger up the steel hard length. She needed it, she had to. This was her mate, her love. We'll go slow. Chris watched her trace her finger up across the ridge of his cockhead. If it hurts just say so and we'll. Chris. She smiled up at him, moving to slide both hands up her thighs, gripping behind her knees and holding herself open in obvious invitation. Shut up and fuck me. He gave her a nervous smile, shuffling back on the bed to align himself. One hand took up position on her waist, stoking his thumb across her tummy reassuringly while the other took a grip just below his mushroom head, angling it downwards to her leaking petals. Annabelle hissed as he finally made contact, spreading her labia with small, hot nudges. She watched their juices mix. He became firmer, pushing her swollen lips this way and that, striking her clit, and making her hips hunch against him in response. His head was so fat though. From her view down across her body, it looked wider than her entire mound. Chris groaned, her heat on his tip was so good, yet such an incomplete sensation. He wanted to be buried as deep inside her as possible. Finally, he allowed himself to slot in low against her labia, forcing them to spread. He pushed in, never taking his eyes away from their joining. He had to push a little harder. It felt like her widespread lips were nipping at him in protest as he tested their elasticity close to the limit. He watched in astonishment as her womanhood rose to the challenge, wrapping around his thick member, strained obviously but by no means incapable of the task. Her warmth welcomed him home, wetting him, squeezing him, melting onto him. He was inside her again. Fuck Annabelle, is that okay? It's so snug. He looked up, abandoning the grip on his cock to lean down and kiss her again, full of heady emotion. This woman just kept rolling with everything his screwed up life threw at her. She was unstoppable. Annabelle cooed back into his lips, letting her thighs wrap around his waist in wordless response. Her arms snaked up his back, one into his hair and the other to grip his large bicep as he settled in on top of her. He felt fucking huge inside of her but there was no pain after that initial stretch, just a very satisfying sensation of fullness, heat and friction against her sensitive tissues that he was probably letting her get used to his size but she wanted more, letting him know with an impatient buck of her hips. The resulting few inches of thick dragon cock she claimed had a profoundly unexpected effect, overwhelming her with almost hypersensitive pleasure. Gah! She wailed as her muscles clamped down on the invader, her body shuddering and breath evacuating her lugs, leaving her panting. Chris let out an animalist groan of his own as her tight pussy tried to strangle him. She'd never gripped him with such strength before. It was exquisite. His cock throbbed inside her silken depths, spewing out little streamers of precum in response. D, what's wrong? He breathed as he saw her creased brow and concentrating face. He could barely resist the basic urge to force himself deeper. She gripped his bicep fiercely and opened her eyes. You. You're fucking hitting my G and bumping my clit at the same time. You're so goddamn big. Chris, this is insane. He laughed. So, what would happen if I did this? He asked, pulling back until he felt his ridge barely struggle free of her clutching grip. Without pause he jabbed forward forwards, a shallow, powerful thrust back inside her dot he began a rapid rhythm, his shaft pushing against her clitoris by virtue of how wide she was spread to accommodate him. 
Meanwhile the top of his buried cock head ran repeatedly across that highly sensitive section at the roof of her little box, not far inside. Their joined sex began a lewd, moist squelching as Annabelle floodgates opened to the pleasure and doused the monstrous intruder with melted love butter. Fuck! Fuck! Fuck 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 fjordiga! Annabelle screamed at him, beating her protest against his impervious backside with her heels. This was way too much stimulation, it was too intense. She tried to fight it but the added tension in her body somehow made it worse. The climax was upon her in seconds, ripping up her nerves like lightning as both her most sensitive zones were overstimulated by his plundering cock. Her body seized, insides trying to milk him. She couldn't breathe, couldn't think. It consumed her, dragged her under like a savage wave and rolled her flailing body around on the seafloor. If ever an orgasm was torture this was it. Holy shit! Chris murmured, watching his handiwork play out on her shuddering, quailing body dot he had to stop, her entire body flexed. Her back arched then her hips bucked upwards, forcing him involuntarily deeper. Her vagina once again gripped him fiercely joining forces with her arms and legs as they struggled to hold him still. Oily juices flooded her depths, leaking out around him to dribble down her butt and onto the sheets. It wasn't her usual, smiling orgasmic mask he saw as her head shook back and forth across the pillows but a somehow pained look. Her hair was in absolute disarray as he held still and watched the climax ravage her body. Through all this, she still looked undeniably gorgeous squirming helplessly on the tip of his cock. Are you trying to fucking kill me? Annabelle complained. Finally, she opened her reproachful eyes, the last shudders of pleasure still sparking through her slim body. Muscles on the verge of cramp relaxed after too long, blessed oxygen was once again circulating in her blood as her breathing restarted. Sorry D, I thought it would be good. Chris was genuinely apologetic, a bit shocked, definitely smug. Too much. She groaned, her eyelids drooping again. Overstimulated. We'll stop. Chris began withdrawing gently from her tender, leaking pussy. Don't you fucking dare. She mumbled. Just no more bunny fucking. Bunny fucking? He couldn't help chuckle, kissing her sweat-beaded brow. Yeah, whatever you did to me. No more, I'm throbbing. Okay, babe. He relented. You did look adorable, though. You're too big to go fast like that, Chris, at least to begin with. How much do you have in me? She asked, looking up into his azure eyes before trying to look down between their bodies. He pushed himself up a little and they both looked down at their coupling. Unfortunately, the better part of his absurd length remained outside her. He pulled back until the ridge of his cock had popped free, his shaft glistening with her cream, an easily visible ring of viscous white lubricant marked how far he penetrated. It wasn't even halfway. Jesus. Annabelle let her head flop back onto the pillows in despair. Just put it all the way in, Chris, I need to get used to it. Are you sure? He asked doubtfully. No, but do it anyway. Slow. She looked at him meaningfully. He lowered himself back onto her. One elbow supported his weight, while the other hooked under her thigh to angle her hips just right. He sank down with agonizing restraint, using tiny thrusts. Forward and back, forward and back, it was surprisingly easy going. Perhaps easy wasn't the right word. He had to apply pressure, and Annabelle squirmed all the way at the sensation of such a large intruder forcing her tight quim open but there was little discomfort.it had everything to do with how wet she was. Chris couldn't believe it, it was like her snatch was experiencing a volcanic eruption. Hot girl come bubbled up to soak him, easing his passage ever deeper. It was incredible to feel her pulse and ripple around him, she developed a tantalizing rhythm to her milking. Whatever his magic had done to allow her to accommodate him so well, he offered thanks into the ether that it had worked. Annabelle huffed and puffed as he sank ever deeper. It was starting to feel really good again as the hypersensitivity of her orgasm settled down. He was fucking huge inside of her but there wasn't any real pain. She only felt soft pleasure and an addictive fullness that made her wriggle involuntarily. It was delicious. This sensation of having the dragon inside her, knowing that she could handle his size okay and provide him relief in return. Soon he would be planting his scalding seed deep in her belly again, right where it belonged. The thought made her shiver in anticipation. She missed that this last week. They were both jolted from their reverie as a soft bump reverberated deep inside her his bullish cock head introducing itself to her cervix. Sorry. He mumbled sheepishly. It didn't hurt. Annabelle admitted. Chris nudged into her again, testing the waters. 
It did feel good to rub himself gently against the gates of her womb, and she had an odd look on her face that told him there was something in the sensation for her too. That feels strange, Chris. It used to hurt when you did it before but it's sort of good now. Are you all the way in? Annabelle asked, running an inquisitive hand down between them but suspecting that he wasn't. She could only just feel his balls ghosting her upturned rump, not pressing down hard. They both felt her hand run across her strained labia, onto the couple inches of him remaining outside, the thick root of his improbable cock. Hmm. I guess that's about as much as we could have hoped for. I'm not a dragoness after all. Annabelle sighed. I wouldn't want you to be. You're Annabelle, by beautiful fiancé slash familiar. He replied, kissing the tip of her nose affectionately as she felt around their swampy coupling. You say the sweetest things sometimes, usually while your cock is inside me. I wonder why that is. She teased. I can't help it. He smiled down and gave an experimental flex of his tool, watching her inhale sharply and her eyelids flutter. I'm powerless against your wiles. Chris? Could you um could you? The words refused to leave her mouth and she blushed harder if that was possible, turning her head away. What? D? The dragon. Do you think, could you transform? Please, Chris? He chuckled affectionately in that infuriating way of his, like he had all the confidence in the world and her desires and sexual hang-ups were trifling. She knew he didn't mean anything by it though. Of course, Annabelle. He hesitated to say what he had on his mind but went ahead anyway. You know I'll probably get bigger, right? I know. Leave it in. I want to feel it. Fuck your hot. Was about as eloquent a response as he could manage. He made sure to pull his hips back a little, her caressing channel resisting him. Then he closed his eyes and reached for his dragon, effortlessly merging into their equal form. The ease of transformation after his full bonding was still new to him. He barely felt the ripple of magic that flowed down his body. His skin turned to tiny scales, his wings sprouting gloriously above him his body enlarging slightly and hardening to godlike physique. Annabelle looked up at her dragon in awe, feeling him grow fractionally thicker inside her, hotter. Her womanhood fluttered in protest as she felt his shape slightly change too, his cock head becoming more pointed and flared, like the tip of some great spear. Above her, his nose flattened to a little snout, his skin instantly painted a fetching royal purple, his chest a creamy white. His already giant body thrummed with inhuman strength, growing and toning before her disbelieving eyes as his wings extended in a triumphant stretch. Her dragon, Soon, the tickle of overwhelmingly potent pheromones she'd been waiting for invaded her nostrils with a waft of cinnamon. The effect was instantaneous, lighting the smoldering embers of that desperate desire he inflicted on her in this form. This was what she needed, the heady lust, an uncontrollable instinct to be bred by this savage, primal creature. She cried out. Hot need blossomed deep inside her core. She flexed her inner muscles against his huge manhood, hunching her hips up into him. She needed him now. His serpentine eyes flashed open above her, purple flecked with gold. They twinkled with laughter at her desperate humping. My beautiful Annabelle, you are eager. He chuckled down at her. He leaned in to sniffle against her neck, collecting her scent. Massive claw-tipped hands raked her flanks with an unsettling delicacy. His split tongue flicked out to taste her skin. All the while his pulsing heat radiated into her core. The combination made her entire body quake in a delightful mixture of instinctual fear and irrepressible lust. Suddenly, she felt his razor-sharp teeth take a dangerous grip of her earlobe. She froze, a pleading whimper escaping her lips, entreating him. I do not enjoy being denied the pleasures of your body. He hissed menacingly. Never again. She whispered with conviction, turning into him and locking her arms behind his powerful neck, kissing him with unbridled passion. She felt his hands slide down under her body, taking greedy fistfuls of her buttocks as he finally thrust forward with his hips, driving his huge, pulsing cock back into her depths that he made no efforts to be gentle, pushing as far as he could with the massive power of his body. She gasped as her cervix was battered by the impact, her vagina quivering, expecting pain to flower within her. It didn't, but she could now feel his now-pointed tip nuzzling into some sort of tiny entrance. She knew exactly what was on his mind and it terrified her. Please don't, you'll hurt me. She entreated. I have no intention of taking your womb today, Annabelle. I am not cruel, despite how the thought excites me. He contradicted his words with a small hunch forwards, forcing her cervix to spread around the very tip of his gigantic member in an entirely alien sensation. Though I would dearly love to plant my seed here, with your permission? Yes. She nodded hesitantly. 
Would he really do it, shoot his thick cream through her barrier, right into her womb? The thought was arousing in all the wrong ways. Or the right ones, she couldn't make up her mind. What would her mother think of her now? That thought made her giggle, tensing her abdomen in ways that must have felt delightful to him, but dislodged his precarious coupling with her cervical opening. He groaned in pleasure, as her insides massaged his thick length. Securing his grip on her spectacular ass, he slowly eased back out of her exquisitely tight vagina, feeling her hot, slippery tissues resisting him all the way. It was a long journey until the ridge of his flared head felt cool air, her labia straining outwards in a final attempt to coax him back in. The dragon paused for a moment, taking a breath. He savored the thick scent of her arousal, the look of pleading devotion in her soft eyes, her thin, youthful body offered up to him. Then, with a powerful thrust, he pushed himself back into her until he bumped against her limit once again, releasing an animalistic snarl of pleasure as she yelped cutely beneath him. Soon he was fucking her in earnest, pumping steadily in and out of her clinging sheath. Her frothy fluid soaked their joining, running onto the sheets below as he basked in the pleasure of mating his beautiful wife-to-be. Annabelle tried to get into a rhythm as his cock shuttled in and out of her. It was impossible, the sensations were too intense. Anyway, he seemed to enjoy manhandling her with the giant handfuls of springy ass in his draconian clutches. So, she held on around his corded neck and let the pleasure build inside her, feeling him pound into her again and again. She was so damn full and despite the fact that he wasn't deliberately targeting them, her G-spot and clit were again taking a hammering as he long-dicked her with as much of him as she could take. All she could do was squeeze her enhanced inner muscles in rhythm with his retreat as the tingles and twitches of pleasure built inside her. That and voice her rising passion loudly to the world. I'm doing it. She squealed. I'm fucking doing it, and I love every second. I love this fucking cock. You're so fucking good. He groaned back, reveling in the initial feeling of his own threatening climax. Hold on. He pushed himself upright, never faltering with his steady thrusts as he balanced on his knees, supporting her on his mighty cock and still kneading her bubble-like ass. Annabelle moaned as the change in angle put more pressure on the roof of her vagina. A mini-orgasm blossomed instantaneously as most of her weight forced her cervix down onto him. Eh he! She squawked adorably as her sweating body tensed, quivering like a skittish mare as her orgasm fired over tax nerve endings again and again. The dragon only gave her a moment's respite, letting out a pleasured growl before he resumed his hunching thrusts into her tight, squeezing passage. Having more freedom of movement now that he was on his knees, his motions became more forceful as he worked towards his own monumental release. Let go and lean back. He ordered gruffly, his cock never letting up. What? Oh shit, I don't think fuck. Annabelle was reluctant to comply. Her arms were the only thing holding her upper body in the air. A sharp sweat to her rump and a yelp later, she was convinced to slowly lengthen her grip around his neck until with a final slump, her shoulders were back on the freshly soiled bedding. Oh fuck. He moaned, the movement tightening her entire channel as he still held her ass suspended. He redoubled his pace, letting more of his dragon strength free to fuck her as it became clear he wasn't going to last. He had to sacrifice the length of his movements in this position, switching to shorter, deep thrusts. His incredibly sensitive cock head twitched fiercely as her tight walls buckled down on him. Oh god, oh god, oh goo-gooed, yes. Annabelle wailed as she felt the fire inside her roar in approval, devouring his thrusts in an inferno of pure bliss. The climax was too intense again. She tried to reach back up for him, change this hellishly contorted missionary wheelbarrow position. It was like doing a sit-up and with his huge dick firmly embedded in her tummy, impossible. Where on earth had he learned something like this? From Susan Clare? Her efforts squeezed him harshly, inflaming the sensation of her already spasming core muscles. Overcome, she slumped back down into the pillows with an adorable yelp. She relaxed, it was her only option. Smiling, embracing the sensations rolling through her. She accepted wonderful defeat, closing her eyes. The wet slap and squish of their sex lulled her as the dragon took her as he willed. As her orgasm faded its zenith, his body finally gave in to the pleasure of her coaxing, molten, little cunt. With a satisfied rumble, the dragon felt his large testes drawing upwards, eager to breed this young vixen. His cock tensed, expanding at the height of pleasure. He relaxed his muscles briefly, trying to capture that pinnacle of sensation. So good his eyes squeezed shut. It was no use. His abdomen clenched as a deluge of slippery precum raced up his mammoth shaft, spewing forth in her already overlubed depths. 
With just moments to spare, he thrust home, planting his very tip into the slot of her cervical opening. Instinct told him to drive it home, to claim her completely, and sink his fangs into her flesh, sealing their bond that he denied himself, knowing it would come to pass one day. Then his thick, sperm-laden cream was racing up his shaft in great spurts, firing forcefully from his planted tip and hopefully into her deepest recesses. The idea satisfied his instinctive urge to breed as more pleasurable shudders expelled rope after rope of his magic-infused semen on its way. He made sure to give her as much magic as he deemed safe, he would need her strong in the times to come. Annabelle moaned as she felt him notch into place, his almost scalding heat blossoming into depths she'd never knew existed. She could feel it, each potent, warm surge, sating her pheromone-induced lust so delightfully. It absolutely flooded her, filling her untried uterus quickly until it had nowhere to go and began flooding back into her already occupied vagina. The sensation renewed her orgasm to a gentle, continuous rumble. His magic infused her with that wonderfully familiar heavy, tired pleasure. But rather than waning, the intensity of the sensation grew as he pumped more and more into her. See, Chris? Oh, oh shit, what are you doing? She protested weakly, overcome but squirming beneath him in a feeble effort to get away. It was unlike before. Her body could somehow sense the vast energy being poured into it. If she'd been able to muster the strength to sit up, she would have seen Bartholomew twitching in seizure-like fits, perched directly above her womb and the great vortex of magic that was being deposited there. Finally, Chris groaned his completion as the last dribbles of thick, sticky cum left his throbbing tip. He gently laid her down, avoiding the large wet stain directly beneath their coupling. He held himself deep inside her, but left her beleaguered cervix be, hoping it would seal his offering inside and allow her to absorb as much energy as her body could catalyze. His large bulk settled onto her flushed, trembling from providing gentle caresses and a comforting warmth now that their sweaty bodies were cooling down. I'm sorry, D. It must have been intense. I gave you a lot of magic. I need you and Bartholomew strong. We're not going to be able to rely on staying out of sight if Michelle's plan goes ahead. I want you to hold your own and be safe. Her eyes stared up at him searchingly for a moment before she raised her exhausted limbs to wrap around him again, urging more of his weight onto her tired body, eager for the contact dot he complied, settling further onto her, eliciting a happy sigh. I'll be at your side, Chris. She assured him tiredly. A lot has changed since your transformation. I can't sense your presence like the others do, but they're looking up to you now, I can tell. You're even more powerful than before. I refuse to be your Achilles heel. I'll do whatever I have to keep us safe and you should too. If that means overloading me with magic and getting more training, I'll do it. Would you? Do you think you could forego finding a job? I think your time would be better spent learning more about your bond with Bartholomew. He asked. Yes, you're right. She admitted. They lay together like that for a long time. His cock softened but they found he could stay inside her if they didn't move. It suited Annabelle just fine, surrounded by his warmth, completely overshadowed by his huge half-dragon form. She could feel his cum oozing slowly out onto the soak bedding. They were going to have to air the mattress and leave a window open tomorrow. Okay, time for me to get up. He kissed her cute little nose. Gotta hit the shower and make Susan her coffee. Who knows what will happen after that. I'm back in action, baby. No. She complained impishly. More cuddles. I love it when you're on top of me like this. She squeezed her vagina around his softened member, as if coaxing him to stay. Okay, D, just a few more minutes. He nuzzled her soft, sweat-damp skin, moving to coax her wild sex hair around and over one shoulder. He moved his head next to hers on the side with less hair, and they began whispering sweetnesses to one another as dawn broke over the city outside their little bubble of love. With the hot water cascading down his half-dragon body, Chris leant his head forwards into the tiled wall with a happy sigh. He was enjoying the full-body sensation of heat soaking through his tiny scales. The mixer was set all the way in the red, testing the hotel's industrial gas water heaters to the limit as steam billowed around him stimulating the flow of thoughts milling around his head. Annabelle, currently indulging in a post-codal sleep-in, had said something that had inflamed an issue he'd been worrying with recently. She'd said he was more powerful, that others were looking up to him. It was true. But why? He certainly wasn't used to dealing with that sort of pressure. However self-imposed it might be. To make matters worse, this power was not entirely his own. At the very least, he couldn't explain how he came to possess it. That was all he managed to conclude so far from the mysterious, 
painful encounter with that visiting presence that he hadn't received any great epiphany, gifting him divine purpose. Wouldn't that be nice? Knowing exactly why he was the way he was and what he needed to do, that left him with a lack of purpose. He had this power, but what was the point if he didn't use it? He began examining his immediate goals that IT was good to be in his hybrid form, letting his dragon out was always deeply pleasurable. It also granted him a fuller perspective of his true desires. Procreation was at the top of the list. Chris might try placing most of the blame on the dragon but couldn't deny the power of that most basic desire. It wasn't just about saving his endangered species either. The thought of his child growing in Annabelle, or Susan sent blood surging to his loins, and his itch dripping from his fangs. That urge was becoming stronger too. Whenever he even interacted with a woman, those thoughts would pop into his perverted brain, distracting him that he was going to be a father soon and that also weighed heavily upon him. He needed to provide a safe, nurturing environment for his growing family. Building his stronghold and coming to grips with his new powers must therefore be at the top of his priorities. It went beyond that though. The world must be made safe around them so that he and his brood could raise their young ones in peace. They should lack for nothing and enjoying everything this wonderful planet and its diverse inhabitants had to offer. There was no reason for the maladies beleaguering both humans and beings. Magic existed but he had yet to see it put to any widespread good to help people selflessly. There must be a sickness clawing up from the depths of their societies that they found themselves in this state. Whatever it was, he wanted to be a powerful force opposed to it. To do some good so that not only his children but all young ones could inherit a better world than this one, balanced on the knife's edge of disaster. But what could he do to make that happen? Become some sort of magical philanthropist? Maybe. But humans had plenty of problems too and magic couldn't help them. Not yet anyway. All he'd gotten for his efforts into unwrapping the mystery of that fateful encounter so far was a better understanding of the physical universe. It wasn't that this knowledge wasn't interesting. In fact it was opening his eyes to the complexity and wonder of everything around him. It still didn't explain his strange existence or that of his visitor. His musings were interrupted by the flutter of tiny bat-like wings and the feeling of little feet landing on his shoulder. Immy. He raised his head and turned to look at her ever-naked, miniature perfection. Good morning, master. She chirped. Good morning, little one. He replied more happily. Her infectious mirth was hard to ignore. What have you been up to? She giggled, bringing one finger to her lips and cocking her hips impishly. I shouldn't say, was her coquettish response as she took a hold of his hair and tried to lean out over his body, looking down admiringly at his heavy package. Clearly, she was in one of her teasing moods. He waited, suspecting that she couldn't wait to spill her own beans. She had that mischievous look about her, not that that was unusual by any means. Sure enough, after a few moments she stamped her little foot in frustration and began her tale. Well I was sleeping just fine in the linen closet when I was woken up by this great deluge of magic nearby. She was drawing out the details but Chris had a good idea where this was going already. Naturally I went to investigate, make sure everyone was okay. You know? She continued. Naturally. He chuckled. You wouldn't believe what I found. My mistress lying fuck drunk on a sodden dirty bed. There were traces of all sorts of nasty fluids everywhere so I just had to clean them up. Any good sprite would. Even worse, there was a huge ball of magic deep inside mistress, so far up her I couldn't get to it. That was certainly frustrating. But do you know what was worst of all? What was that, Emmy? He asked, humoring the little blue devil woman. Well, I just can't believe someone would have so much fun with Mistress without inviting me. Aren't I a good sprite? Have I been bad? She squeaked with apparent distress. No, Emmy, you're a good sprite. He smiled. Although teasing your master like this won't earn you any gold stars. Gold stars? Doesn't master enjoy my little teasing? She asked curiously. Never mind, Emmy. Yes, I do enjoy your antics, but sometimes it's very frustrating that I can't act on my desires with you. He tried to explain. Oh, Chris, what would you do to me if you could? Her breathless question whispered directly into his ear made him growl in frustration, his unrelenting cock beginning to stir. An errant thought made him pause mid-growl. He'd done it with Annabelle. Master? She questioned his sudden pause that he reached up, offering his hand as a perch. She quickly flounced onto it, straddling a thick purple finger and leaning forwards into his palm. With a sigh she brought her head to rest upon his forearm, 
her little blue tits pressed firmly into him. He turned out of the shower spray, observing her for a moment before asking his fateful question. Immy, would it be okay if I cast an enchantment on you? She rolled over languidly, looking up at him with curious eyes. Her wings wrapped around to conceal her breasts with artificial demureness. Of course, master. I'm bound to you. I will accept any gift or punishment you see fit. Well, hopefully what I've got in mind doesn't turn out to be a punishment. He laughed. If the enchantment works, I think we will both enjoy the results. What are you going to do to me? Her inquisitiveness was piqued as she sat up to regard him. It's a surprise. He loved the impetuous frown that formed on her brow at being denied. That's mean. She complained. Sure, sit still little one, this is going to be big. Let me concentrate. He hushed her. With the sprite still, he wrapped his hands around her, cupping as much of her footlong body in his clawed grasp as he could. He began concentrating on the energy that was already gathering within him, reaching deep into that shining well and pulling up metaphorical bucket loads of rich, purple-tinged magic. His intention was clear in his mind's eye. His dragon was confident of the outcome. A normal-sized Demianth, just as tall as Annabelle, beautiful and mischievous as ever but having overcome their staggering size difference. The enchantment he prepared was to be the guide for this change, the blueprint. It would be too much to change her all in one go, he could sense that. Her body would rebel against it. But over time, with unknown quantities of magic, he dearly hoped his vision would be possible. The energy was quivering through every cell in his body now, rising higher and higher, painful to hold. It was becoming dangerous. Steam suddenly billowed into the bathroom. The hot water was evaporating instantly against him, his scale skin growing hotter and hotter. The steam overwhelmed the extraction fan instantly, creating a thick, hard-to-breathe mist that scalded their sensitive airways. Imi was squirming uncomfortably in the heat, using her own magic to shield herself against it. Master, not so much. This is dangerous. She panicked, her attuned senses warning her of the volatile magic he was struggling to contain. A little more. He wheezed between interlocking, sharp teeth. Just a little bit more. You'll hurt. She was interrupted by the bestial roar that ripped up his throat, rebounding around the sauna-like bathroom. More shocking was the feeling of cool tendrils of energy brushing against her, seeking entrance that he had loosed his enchantment, and she felt it worming slowly through her natural defenses. She was frightened as one after another. Her strong barriers fell helplessly, like concrete being cracked apart by the roots of some great tree. She hadn't bargained on this. What was he trying to do to her? Imi panicked, screamed, sure that her master had betrayed her and was about to use her in some sort of sick ritual. That was the fate of her race, was it not? Tears streaked her cheeks as she was finally laid bare, her defenses shattered and the evil enchantment tickling her very core, about to consume her. She struggled against him helplessly, the cruel master to whom she had given herself fully. She had so hoped for happiness. Chris had to physically restrain her diminutive form as she railed against his protective hold. He could tell the enchantment needed more time to integrate. It had a slow working nature on purpose to increase the chances of success. He hadn't bargained on her fighting him at this crucial moment. Imi! Please! Calm down! I'm not trying to hurt you! Thankfully it was then that the spell began merging with her own pure essence, flooding into her senses and giving her a glimpse of its intention and method of action. She gasped, stilling her struggle. It was beautiful, a wonderful gift. She should have known he would never hurt her and began admonishing herself harshly as the images swam lazily into her blurry vision. She was straddling him, sinking down on his erection. Her hands supported herself on his muscular chest, looking down at his happy face. Her fingers looked so big and he was actually sinking easily inside of her, filling her so wonderfully. As the vision faded, she looked to the side and saw her reflection in a mirror. She inhaled sharply. Her body was huge as her ass came to rest on his thighs, wings twitching in obvious pleasure. She was the size of a regular woman. Her eyes snapped open, gazing up at him in wonder. The last of her magical resistance fell as her very being raced to embrace the enchantment that offered her everything she could desire. Her vision blurred again, fresh tears wetting her eyes but they were happy tears this time. Oh, master! I'm sorry! Her throat was thick with emotion. It's okay, Immy. He slumped down the wall of the shower cubicle. Wings ace true as the last of the energy he'd gathered left his body. His enervated limbs heavy and tired from the effort of containing such magic. Still that new wellspring bubbled up in his core, refilling his depleted reserves at a steady rate. 
Imi fluttered up to his shoulder again, pressing her entire body against the side of his head. You make me so happy, Chris. She cooed adoringly. I'm going to grow. It may take time but I will make it worth the wait. I'll hold you to it, Imi. He turned his head, giving her small tummy a playful raspberry. A feeding right now would get the process started nicely, don't you think? She angled, even thoughtful of the bottomless pit that was her stomach. Good lord, what have I unleashed? Chris was momentarily frightened by the potential seriousness of his actions. Will your appetite increase as you grow? Who can say, I'm sure you're up to the task, dragon. Especially when the extraction process can be so... rewarding. The coy little creature teased. Well, when you put it like that, I suppose the prospect of being fucked dry by a ravenous sprite doesn't sound so bad. Master, you know exactly what I want to hear. Chris concentrated again, bringing forward a comparatively tiny chunk of energy, transforming it into the sprite's breakfast cube before he forced himself up and out of the shower. He left her munching happily on the bathroom sink as he toweled off, putting on only a pair of boxer shorts. He had plans to stay in this form just a little longer. Annabelle was still snoozing blissfully so he went to the kitchen and set the kettle to boil, putting some coffee grinds in a modest-sized plunger. He browsed Maginette for a few moments as he waited for the water, clearing his inbox of several solicitous messages which had gotten around his spam filter already. It made him think though, he could be more generous with his energy. There were beings who struggled to scrape together enough magic to increase their basic quality of life above human levels. The rumbling of the kettle brought him back to the present and he turned it off just before it finished, carefully pouring the sub-boiling water over the pungent coffee grounds. That wonderful scent bloomed into the room, tickling his sensitive snout out a few minutes of steeping later, he poured a large mug and snuck quietly into Susan's room. He left her coffee on the bedside table to wake her as he knew it would once her mind registered the smell. He only took the liberty of brushing a lock of the witch's beautiful midnight hair away from her face and leaning down to plant a loving kiss near her ear. As much as he would have liked to climb into bed and wake her with his affections, he had a pair of dragonesses to deal with. Lillian wasn't present to question his departure from the apartment, and he wasn't about to barge into her room just to ask permission to walk across the hall. So, he didn't feel too guilty as he snuck out the door. Despite his recent romp with Annabelle, his excitement was palpable as he knocked on the door and waited for an answer. It was a sleepy, ruffled Petra who opened the door hurriedly after using the peephole to see who was calling at this unsocial hour. The specimen of dragon perfection that greeted her made her insides churn instantly. His hybrid form was huge, exquisitely masculine, and smelled so damn good that she didn't even bother to ask why he was here. This was her mate, her sire, father of the new life growing in her womb. She wrapped her full figure up against him, purring provocatively. Her pink sleep shorts hit the wooden floor as the door closed. He shuffled her inside, kissing her firmly. The almost identical layout of rooms and furniture to his own suite momentarily confused him. It ended up working to his advantage, though, as he knew there was likely a couch in the living room, perfect for what he had in mind. Scant moments later, Petra found herself bent over the end of said couch, feeling his monstrous erection playing up and down her already glistening slit. Having had a fleeting glance at it when he dropped his boxers, she could tell he was certainly the largest lover she'd attempted in her four and a half centuries. Not that she'd had that many. She wasn't too concerted, though confident she could accommodate him with a little time to adjust and some restraint on his part. Besides, her dragon was nigh rabid with lust. At this point she didn't care if he hurt a little. She needed her mate inside her again. She keened happily as he leant down and sunk his sharp fangs into the tender skin of her shoulder, right next to the white spaghetti strap of her loose tank top. His itch flooded her system again, inflaming her, priming her entire reproductive system. He'd already knocked her up though so this was just for fun. The energy he gave her would help make his offspring hardy and strong. He could feel her opening rippling around the very tip of his cockhead as his venom spread quickly, making her body shudder and needy noises pour from her lips. It was going to be so satisfying to ravage this mature goddess before moving on to her also pregnant daughter and doing it all over again. As an excited spurt of slimy precum twitched from his tip, he retracted his fangs and took a firm grip on her waist. His fat crown sunk in slowly with consistent pressure from his hips, finally slipping into her talented, snug vagina. He felt her quiver beneath him, adjusting to his large intrusion. He allowed himself tiny thrusts against her reluctant labia. Spread wide around his girth, it wasn't long until her leaking juices told him it was time for more. Looking down at her wide hips, he watched the erotic sight of his huge, throbbing member sinking deeper into her naturally hairless quim. 
He groaned in pleasure as her velvet channel squeezed him relentlessly. She was panting. By the great wind he was big, filling her all the way up, just like he had when he'd taken her as a full dragon. It wasn't long until he was bumping up against her cervix. She felt for him, there was no way he was more than two-thirds inside her. She wished she could give him more room to work with but it was just the way dragons were built. Now that she carried his child, no longer was the end of her vagina the squishy, welcoming ring of muscle that she'd happily allowed him access to. It had become a firm barrier, protecting the still microscopic spark of life embedded in the nourishing tissue of her womb. As he nudged against her in combined pleasure and frustration, she scolded him over her shoulder, calling him a naughty, wicked boy for wanting her womb again. That earned her a series of harsh sweats to her creamy rump, turning the jiggling flesh a fetching shade of red. He backed off on the length of his thrust though and got down to the business of fucking her. After his hand stopped tingling from spanking her deliciously full-bodied ass, Chris remembered how effective his shallow, rapid thrusts had been on Annabelle. He applied the same technique to the mature dragoness, plunging his now glistening erection down into her pungent, slippery pussy. He would have liked to be able to sink a bit deeper inside her but it was simply impossible with her pregnancy. His hand reached forward, collecting a huge fistful of her silky silver tresses. He was careful to grip near the roots, applying constant pressure, as he pulled her head back while pushing her lower back firmly into the cushions. Her arched body provided the perfect angle for his assault. He sped his thrusts, breathing heavily as her tight passage squeezed around him. It didn't take much of his shallow thrusting against her sensitive G-spot before she was a quivering, gooey mess. Absolutely consumed in her orgasm, her silken, experienced cunt offered up every caress and ripple it could muster to coax out his seed. A few little gushes of woman cum even splattered out around their tight coupling, making a mess of the couch beneath them. She sang effusive praises from her lips all the while, stroking his ego, promising she had never had a better, larger, or more virile lover. She promised too that together they would repopulate the entire dragon race single-handedly, that she would happily allow him to impregnate her over and again with no end.it was quite exciting for Chris. This woman knew exactly what buttons to press to appeal to his base draconian desires, for she had them too. He loved her for it, redoubling his efforts to pleasure her into oblivion. She deserved everything he had to offer, this beautiful, fertile dragoness who had already experienced the sadness of losing her mate. He would give her everything she desired, filling her over and over, keeping her in loving captivity by virtue of constantly carrying his children. He roared his triumph, thick pulses of energy rich cum basting her cervix. She cried out her own joy as well, more and more of his pearly cream flooding her strained cunt. It quickly overflowed her capacity and squelching back out around their joining in snowy, shining globs. His abdomen flexed in pleasurable contractions as his mighty phallus seated her again with every twitch. Meanwhile her exultant pussy milked him, squeezing for everything he had in a prolonged climax. His magic soared through her body, astounding her with its quantity. It was like he was trying to get her pregnant all over again. It was insane that he had that much to give away. He pulled as far out as he could, making more room for his come inside her. With just the tip of his cock in position at her swollen labia, he deposited a couple more thick blasts. Unfortunately, she was full to the brim and so he pulled free of her altogether, panting heavily, sweat trickling down his back. His last few squirts shot violently up across her jiggling ass and sinuous lower back. One particularly tenacious streak made it all the way to the back of her neck. It made a long, wet streak on her tank top and finished up getting lost in the sea of half-wet platinum blonde hair he still gripped. Releasing her impromptu ponytail, he took a hand to his dribbling, throbbing shaft. He lewdly played his seed over the rosy skin of her ass, marking her as his. He pushed softly back into her quivering snatch, watching indulgently as his seed was forced to dislodge, running down over her mound and tummy, onto the couch. Finally satisfied, he leaned down, kissing the spent dragoness ear and murmuring that he was going to come back tomorrow morning and have her again. A flicker of motion at the nearby bedroom doorway caught both their attention. As they looked up in unison, they caught a glimpse of her daughter's sultry strut back into her bedroom. She'd been watching for some time now, enjoying the sight of her mother being so thoroughly mated. With a parting sweat to her cum-splattered, rosy bottom, the male was up and after the younger female, eager to sample her delights as well. Petra sighed happily, catching her breath and reaching back to massage her smarting rear end. Her hand came away slimy and she quickly brought the offending digits to her lips, sampling her mate's rich essence. His magic was riding her veins like a ship in high seas, inundating her. 
She hurriedly diverted as much as she could handle towards her womb, towards their precious creation. It wasn't easy to concentrate so much magic in one part of her body. Still more of him couldn't be contained, dissolving slowly into her cells, invigorating her. Even more was pooled in her vagina, slowly leaking out with his spend. This was what she'd been missing. All those lonely years raising her daughter by herself. Her heart thumped heavily, circulating joy around her system. She had a mate again. The dragoness rolled over, uncaring for the hygiene of the already ruined sofa. She got comfortable, snuggling into the cushions for a lazy nap as her daughter's lustful cries began issuing from the bedroom. This story is continued in the next part. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allow members to request future stories and themes. Links are in the description. Thank you for listening.